0: Back to back to back, no rest. All you crossfitter? Stuff. No. <laughs> you heard Battle of ropes? You heard just, it first you, when, you, when you talk about it, it's like the only thing you can compare it to is that style. But no, I don't do all the stupid fucking movements that just ruin your shoulders.
1: What kind of gym do you go to? Is it like a, a big warehouse with like pull-up bars no, and that kind of stuff, boxes? What, no,
0: that's what I'd prefer to go to. Sadly, I go to like a... Like regular gym? Corporate bullshit, yeah, Globo gym. Globo? Yeah, you ever seen Dodgeball? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Glibow Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. You know, that corporate bullshit. I thought that's what I was picking up on. Now, my my brother-in-law and I, in our old house, is when we built, uh, because he lived around the corner from me, and uh, we had the garage built out, which was awesome. That's how I prefer most more than anything, is just work out in in a garage. Yeah. Um, You know, that, like, come to Jesus light when you go you can go that hard in that gym, you know what I mean? Sure. That kind of a gym. Um but our my new house when we I moved out to the north so I could actually have some space for everything. And I think we're gonna transition everything into this garage, but we haven't done it yet.
2: Garage gyms are the best. It's I the love best. my garage gyms. Yeah, Brady's best. just got his all put together, huh? It's yeah. the best. You've been putting it to use. I get, once i got back this last week i've been getting back at it again 2023 is coming up you, you and look it's like, this, like you've lost some weight i, I, weigh oh. I weighed huh. no joke when i got back from last hunt i weighed 174 pounds that's, i started so at like 188 insane. this last year and then once i started getting into the hunting season and started doing more cardio and stuff i just lost every single you would have muscle.
0: been the best 145 fiver <laughs> mma ever you could make 145 so easy in your fucking you would be 6'5. a
1: rail at 145
0: Dude, some of these you'd be like That'd like so Dan fun. Hooker. Dan Hooker's six hmm.
2: three. I just can't gain weight and, and stay it. And that's why, like, I'm writing an article right now about my New Year's resolutions. It's like, literally, I'm trying to talk about. I need to figure out a way to gain muscle weight and keep it throughout the whole hunting season.
1: Have you tried to? Have you ever tried to gain weight? <laughs>
2: I like, mean, he says he has, but then he's eating. He's yeah, fucking he's eating, microwaving yeah, tilapia. <laughs> yeah,
1: rice and and steaks. Uh, uh, Brent, why, brown rice and steak. This thing gonna put that's weight That's co-
2: co- I'll throw Cody on the bus. He always jokes with me all the time. He's like, "Bro, you eat a donut," and I'm like, "You understand? That's not the weight I want to gain. It's just eating freaking donuts all the time." You should try but it. He tells huh? me eat donuts. You try need. It.
0: A, you need just add a stick of butter to everything.
2: I was I was here listening about your. Uh, Crazy coffee the other day in the podcast. Yeah, I mean yeah. you guys were talking about your super coffee. Super coffee. Put a stick of butter in your coffee, Brady. Yeah, but I do. B- I only do just one tablespoon. So stick of butter is a little every year, and I try to gain it back all winter. And all that wasted time. Well, not wasted time. I enjoy working out and lifting, but then I just lose it all.
1: Yeah. gonna we'll eat more, man. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. You look thin. It's time to put some weight on you. Put some weight back on.
2: Yeah,
0: his he went from hunting sabbatical to this absolute. Yeah. Fucking adventure of a hunt, and now he's 174 pounds, (laughs) (laughs) which we're here today to talk about.
1: We're going to talk about Brady's biggest adventure. We should we should call this Brady's big adventure, like like Pee Wee's big adventure. Do you guys remember Pee Wee? (laughs) Hell yeah, I remember Pee Wee. Brady's big adventure. But before we get going, we're going to hit you with a promo. So. Anybody that's looking to sign up for a Go Hunt Insider research account, which if you're not a member, you sh- you should be a member. And sh- that's just a shameless plug.
0: <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless
1: plug, but you should be a member. Um, we are headlong moving into application season. Yep. We're, we're just prior to Christmas. Once I, As soon as I get over Christmas, like, I'm I'm looking at
0: applications. And I already have. anyway. Oh, I've been thinking about it for a while. I no. haven't, like, dove in yet. But, like, man, I've been surface level going you know, it's through time to Insider start. trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah. I've been writing uh, – application strategy article for wyoming elk um so i've been headlong looking at different units and looking at some mm-hmm. proposals that they maybe have coming down the pipeline in 2024 so i've been digging deep into application strategies
0: so seems now, like there's a lot of changes coming for oh a bunch man of i states. was thinking about that today on the way seems down like so you've, a you've lot got
1: utah yeah utah brand new elk plan yeah. um you know the 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 issue that Idaho just had, I think you probably see some changes there. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's hope. Yeah, Wyoming's definitely—they've got a Wyoming task force that's looking at some pretty significant changes for their plans. Um, you've already got like a 90-10 split. They've got once in a lifetime now for what they're calling their big five species. But yeah, I think 2023, 2024 for sure—you're going to see some some changes. And
0: it seems like there always is, but it just and, seems more than usual right now. to me at least
1: yeah it no I think I think you're spot on and that's one thing I was thinking about on the way down today is like nothing ever really stays the same within the hunting rule and it's largely it's because a lot of this is like you know you have the science part of herd management but then a lot of that is socially driven right the number of applicants what people want out of a hunt you know whether they want quality opportunity those kinds of things and as such those state agencies got to change which is why I think it's like more important than ever to like stay up on those things you really
2: you have to stay with them which is why you need an insider account. Which is why you need an insider account. Cause Shameless
1: put, plug. Yeah, we we put all that uh, in application strategy articles. Um, you know, you got draw odds. We've got draw odds for Wyoming, Arizona, uh, New Mexico, a bunch of the other states. Utah will be coming soon. Um, so we have a, a promo podcast. If you use the or, uh, the uh, promo podcast one hundred, right? So one one promo podcast one hundred. We're going to give you one hundred dollars. 100 points back in the go hunt gear shop that you can use towards the purchase of any gear that you want in the gear shop so i would say now is definitely it's the best time to sign up for an account start digging deep do the research get yourself 100 points back to the go hunt gear shop and pick up pick up some gear that maybe you didn't get for christmas that you actually wanted
2: and with Insider Membership, you get access to Go Hunt Maps. So I use Go Hunt Maps a lot during the app season, trying to look yes. at where that public land is in yes. the unit and trying to apply for. So I like, think it's go a, hand in hand together with each other. Yeah, I think
0: that's a little bit misunderstood is how important maps are right now. Not, I mean, obviously not like boots on the ground e scouting. Yep. But man, like that surface level, looking at where is the country that I can hunt. Like, where is it situated in these units? I'm comparing that I can draw. You know, this, that, and whatever. So yeah, I mean, it's to have this all connected is. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Maps are super important. So get yourself a Go Hunt Insider membership. Use the, the uh podcast one hundred promo. Do it now. Now's the time to do it. So Brady, you're back. Where have you been?
2: Oh man. I I've been all the way across the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I actually dropped a waypoint when I was over in hunt camp. I thought it was really cool because I was still using Go Hunt maps when I was over there because you can still use it. In other places that we, we just don't have layers, but I yeah. can still have satellite imagery.
0: You still have offline maps,
2: everything. Uh, yep. So I was dropping waypoints and stuff like that. So where, where our camp was, to my house in Las Vegas, seven thousand three hundred eleven miles away. Whoa. That is mind boggling to me how far <laughs> away I was. Yeah. I think the time crazy. difference is like was like thirteen hours. So you're that almost the exact opposite oh, wow. of us. It's crazy. Yeah. So I've been in uh, Tajikistan for quite a while. Well, well not
0: just Tajikistan.
2: Yeah, not just tajikistan so i was i have so
0: many questions for you that i've been holding off because i knew we were going to do this podcast but like i have so many questions
2: yeah travel logistics were crazy just like so basically i flew from vegas to minnesota to meet up my dad. so i wanted to make sure i had a little bit of window in there so because this flight from vegas to minnesota was not a connecting flight with everything else if i lost my bags Mm -hmm. from vegas to minnesota i'd be screwed for the rest of the time so and this is a good point, too,
0: something I'm, I'm super happy for you and your dad because, like, having experiences like this as a father-son, it, I mean, it is, it's, it's absolute pinnacle. So you got to do this with your dad, which I think is the coolest goddamn thing ever. Yeah. To like, would, a real true adventure with uh, your dad is, I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't get any better than I that.
2: I want to go back. How did this come to be? So to go way back, I actually uh, was asking my dad while we were there because I knew a little bit about the backstory, but I wanted to hear more of it. Mm-hmm. So it was actually filmed my dad talking about this, too, which was cool. My dad picked up, he said it was from one of his friends, gave a bunch of old Outdoor Life magazines way back in the day when he was 16 years old. The first one he picked up and opened up, He never read an Outdoor Life before, He's 16 years old. There's an article in there about Marco Polo sheep hunting. Hmm. And he said from that day on, that's the dream hunt he's, ever, he's wanted to do his entire life. Mm-hmm. And it took him from 16 years old to right now in his life, he's what, 63, to finally make it happen. And... You invited me on this hunt which was <laughs> mind-blowing to me so
0: that's so badass though like that's before youtube and before instagram yeah. so that's I mean, that's like the true once in a lifetime dream you yeah. know that and, that
2: and you can imagine back then too, like logistically how crazy it would have been to go to tajikistan oh way back and i day. don't
0: even want to think about it it's a, it's bad now in yeah. 2022 <laughs> i don't yeah. want to think about it back then
2: so it's been his life dream i've obviously known about marco polo for quite a while as well and i've always thought that is literally the pinnacle of mountain hunting everyone knows i am literally addicted to mountains i'm addicted to the craziness the adventure pushing my body that, that's why i do all the crazy that's why i think yeah. why i'm a mule deer hunter is because i can't go on sheep hunts every year because mule deer gets me as close as i can to sheep hunting mm-hmm. as possible because i get on that terrain and get budget. that budget yeah, and I can just, just see, I can go into mountains, I can experience everything that I would on a sheep hunt, but I'm not hunting sheep, I'm hunting mule deer. And it's like all that stuff just, the mountain adventure, that's why, that's why like my mule deer sabbatical was so crazy because I just put myself in a crazy place. I love the struggle and love yep. going big, and hunting big, nasty mountains. And then Marco Polo has always also been on my mind. I've never known I could actually do it. And then having this come to fruition, like, hey, I'm going to be a sheep hunter. Like we started playing this hunt like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And to have it finally be here, and now it's over—it's still so hard to put into words. I literally can't describe how amazing this hunt was. If I literally could have dreamt how this hunt would have went, it, I don't think I would have dreamt as well as it. it is the outcome win. of it—that's awesome. It, it was so amazing. Way. Everything, everything about this hunt was perfect. I think the
0: most common thread between. Western hunters and hunters as a, as a whole for that matter is like that adventure side, mm-hmm. just not knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. you know, wake up before the sun comes up, brand new day. You have no idea what's going to happen. I think that like that allure of the unknown and that adventure, like whether you're going in, you know, a whitetail hunter, you're going in the backyard, or you're going in a backcountry hunt in Colorado, like there still is that unknown of the adventure that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, two different adventures, obviously, but there's just that, that unknown thing in your head. So I would imagine, I mean, I I would imagine there's not very many hunters who don't know about Marcos and the Argali species and all that, right? I I mean,
1: I think people know what one looks like. Yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of it. And I I I think if you ask me right now, I mean. I didn't know I don't know anything about them other than what they look like I could but do, you're I, drawn are you drawn oh, to them absolutely yeah, I, I mean, so
0: I think everybody if they see it like that magazine or you see nowadays a youtube video or or a story on Instagram from Brady when he goes in depth about what what happened on his hunt like i i I find it hard to believe there isn't anyone out there or that there is anyone out there for um That's not like attracted to it. That's not super Mm -hmm. into it when they see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. It is the pinnacle of.
2: They are the longest horned sheep species in the world. And it's the pinnacle
0: of adventure. The pinnacle of the unknown. Like everything that we are drawn to and that we do and we talk about and what we get excited about. Like, in my opinion, doesn't get any bigger than.
2: Do you know if they exist anywhere else? I mean, they're in like you know Afghanistan. They're in uh, Kyrgyzstan. Okay there's a good population and
0: isn't kyrgyzstan like a smaller species of them
2: yeah it's like the um i can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head right now i should know because like i don't know, know shit time. about them either i don't know but either
0: but, <laughs> but i know you got to travel a hell of a long ways <laughs> to get to them i know it's an unbelievably crazy adventure i know tajikistan is the iraq border yep. which is like well afghanistan border. or sorry sorry afghanistan border and then i i've have heard that there is that, like, there's a subspecies smaller.
2: There's a little smaller one. We actually saw we actually saw one of the other species while we were hunting. It's actually right next to the ram I killed, too, which is really cool. So there's a smaller species that do, doesn't drop down. It drops down, like, pretty deep and has more mass, but it doesn't have the big, long, double curls that come out. It's interesting. It's and, really but if interesting. you want to hunt the biggest Marco Polo, That's Tajikistan. Tajikistan's yeah. the biggest Marco that's, Polo. Uh, I've heard that. Like Yeah, Kyrgyzstan has good population as well, but they're not as big.
1: So did your dad... How did your dad find this hunt?
2: So my, my dad's been, you know, he goes to SCI every single year. Okay. He just wants, he's at a stage in his life now where he wants to do a bunch of bucket list hunts. Sure. So he's trying to cross, you know, a bunch of these stuff off while And can. good
0: for him. He's, he's pulled it off. He can do it. That's awesome.
2: And uh, so, yeah, he's been talking to a bunch of people at SCI for over years, jumping on phone calls, meeting with him in person. And finally we landed on the outfit we went with was hunting consortium, mm-hmm. which they're a big name booking agency. Like Shocky's used them before. And all these, you know, like they they do so many different hunts all across the world as gotcha. basically the booking agency. But it was really nice for that. was like, they handled and helped us through all the permit process. Cause this is not just like, Hey, we're booking, here's money. And then here's, you know, your plane ticket later on, you're going to go. Like it's a long process to leave I me mean like, Start to think about. I mean, going let's there. be
0: let's be real. It's it's unfriendly territory. Yeah. So th- I would imagine, like, this is what I have a lot of questions about. I would imagine there is like some shit you got to go through mm-hmm. to make sure you're you're good, right? Yep. Like, because I know even going to Mexico, like crossing mm-hmm. the border. I mean, my paperwork has to be dialed yep. with with the weapon and the bullets that I'm taking when I leave. The bullets got to match, and because the, they're really, you know, they're really careful about. That stuff crossing the border, which they should be, with you know what's yep. going on. I yep. would imagine going to to an unfriendly territory that's like massively more unfriendly. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I would imagine there's some some stuff.
2: Yeah, you, even like going through the rifle permits, like you said, you have to have your rifle serial number written down exactly, and that makes me super nervous because I had to, you know, make sure I see it. I had to text him a picture of it, and also had to write it down, and then they give me the paperwork back. And I have to also look at the paperwork right away to make sure it matches because now it's on me yeah. to make sure they filled out their side of the paperwork correctly. Yeah. Because if there's one number off on there yeah. and you're going to international hunt, that gun is going to get confiscated. Mexico's the
0: same way. And I, I have good handwriting, like my wife. Uh, <laughs> I have very good handwriting for an adult male who you know doesn't take – very good uh, penmanship. When's the last time seriously? you tried
1: to write something?
0: I write all the time. I don't type. I only write. Really? So all my notebooks, everything I write, because then it'll it, it stays it stays in my mind better if I write it out. Yeah. If I type it out, it, it I, I,
1: I. I tried to write something not too long ago, and I'm like, I lack the ability to. <laughs> to I always write. To write.
0: I'm a writer. I'm old school writer. But I, my handwriting is never worse. Than when I'm filling out one oh, of those paperwork, I'm like trying to I make a so two. Nervous. I'm like, that doesn't look like a two. I got to uh, like, I, how do, can I not? Cause yep. I'm so concerned about making it perfect. So they can't misinterpret what number I yep. just wrote or like which letter I just wrote on the c- mm-hmm. serial number. My handwriting is complete shit when I have to fill yeah. out one of those things. So, yeah. so,
2: I, so I had also fill out a, a visa application for Istanbul, Turkey and a visa application for Tajikistan. And then later on we found out we didn't need the Tajikistan one, but the anyway. visa.
0: Why Why visa?
2: I don't know. We, need, we needed to actually to be in that country for a little bit of time. We still needed a visa, so yeah, we had just to fill a better out. checkpoint of understanding yeah. who's in the country. So we had to fill all this paperwork, and I'd like you said, it's like it makes you super nervous. Yeah, like, it has to be perfect. So I'd get, I'd do this top part perfectly. I start getting down to the bottom, still like I might train of thought. Like I need to do it perfectly, and all of a sudden I get to like the last little thing I have to do, and I mess up, <laughs> and I have to tear that paper up and do it again like this happened multiple times because I just want to make sure everything's perfect and through the whole process so I kept communicating communicate with them hey all my ducks in the road do you have everything I need and earlier too I also had to reapply for my uh United States passport because mm-hmm. mine was going to expire when I was going to be out Ooh. there so I had to also do that
0: while you were there it was no no
2: no it was going to would have expired um on the hunt if I didn't uh renew it ahead so of to time. come back so would have been a two, problem. so yeah two years ago I had to renew <laughs> it early to make sure it was all good uh. That could have been fun. That, that
0: would have been really You could have been trapped in
1: Tajikistan with no return passport. That would have been great. Just become I, a I, Sherpa. I told the guys just, when I was there, yeah. I'll stay there and guide. There, like, there you go. Did you, um, when this plan started to come together, were you planning on hunting? Or was your was your dad just planning on hunting? Uh, or well right?
2: At first, I was like, you know, I can only, you know, I was like, my dad's like, yeah, we're, he, he brought this up to me that he was going to go shoot a Marco. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. And he was like, I really want you to go with. Like, do you want to, you know, sh- shoot an Ibex? Like I would love to shoot an ibex. I could easily start saving up money for an ibex. Ibex is still going to hurt, <laughs> like hell. Like the cost <laughs> of an ibex is still not very cheap, but I could start saving up.
0: Priorities. Yeah, and I then mean, we then we end up work. going
2: then we end up going to Montana, and I took him deer hunting, and on that hunt, that was uh, what two years ago. He's like, you know, you're you're only going to go to Tajikistan once in your life. Like mm-hmm. you're never probably going to go there again. Yeah. I'd really love if you take a Marco Polo. And I was like, I can't afford this by any means at all. And he was really cool about it. It's like, "Well, to make it fair with your brothers, we're going to set up a you know a payment plan thing where no interest. You set the payment back whenever you can, like God, that's just, awesome. Whenever you can start kicking me money, like just do it that way." And I'm like blown away. Like it's just, a good are, dad right there. Like, are you serious? Like this is a, what's going to happen? Is, like no, I want you to do this. Like you've never killed a sheep. I want to do this with you as our last, like not our last big hunt, but like you know it's it's like the biggest hunt we'll probably ever go on together. Maybe yeah. we'll I'll to share those memories. So like I want you there and I want you to experience everything and I want you to also taking Marco Polo.
0: Mm-hmm. god that's
2: awesome so like then it's like you had that thought in your head like i'm gonna be a sheep hunter but you still don't know anything that's gonna happen coming up you just know eventually i'm gonna be a sheep hunter what would you get up for too?
0: christmas <laughs> this year because that's pretty Abs- good <laughs> absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing
2: he's already told me absolutely nothing
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> so, so first installment back on your loan yeah, yeah exactly
2: so it's like that whole process was just mind-blowing that i found out while we we're in montana that i was eventually gonna be a sheep hunter trying to wrap my brain around it and, and not
0: so, only a sheep hunter it's so, it's a marco yeah i mean, yes. like, I've literally, who I've literally starts starts with that?
2: i literally uh. just yeah spoiled myself by starting at the pinnacle of all sheep species and it's like it's like what people say once you taste sheep hunting yeah you're addicted yeah. i am literally addicted and what i love too about like everyone knows my background how i love to read and i have a biology background like you trail so like i, d- I dive into everything about the species so i picked up every single book possible about marco polo hunting and not just even marco polo hunting but I read a bunch of, like, biology reports about the species, too. I wanted to learn everything I could about this animal before I would step foot over there. Mm-hmm. So I have a giant list of books. Some of these books were, were published in, like, the early 1900s, like, super old books that were, like, you know, they cost, like, 150 bucks. Some of these books, they're really hard to find. But I was, like, I want to know everything it is about this, about the travel, about all these old people's hunt stories. Just immerse myself in it before I even went over there. Any
0: of those ex-legends ever kill Marco? Fred Bear? Um was the guy that killed the big doll hours forget his name He's Jack O'Connor tra- Jack O'Connor any of these guys ever kill Marcos do you guys know I honestly
1: don't think I have no idea I don't either I really don't i've I think I think I'm sitting in the presence of probably like one of two yeah. you know guys that I've ever personally you know been around that have actually been over there and hunted Marco Polo
0: I agree like while you're talking about these books that's where my mind went is like wonder if any I wonder if any of them had ever ventured there you know, yeah it's like one
2: of the coolest ones is uh East of the Sun, West of the Moon by Theodore Roosevelt, and I think his brother, it's like Hermit Roosevelt. Really cool book. Super old book. has a bunch of sheep stories in it. Another really good book was uh, Sheep Hunter's Diary. It's this guy who basically had been mountain hunting sheep in Ibex for 30 plus years, and he had a bunch of stories of hunting in China. Obviously, hunting in Tajikistan was one of them, so I read that like multiple times, just you know like learning about all the elevations and what they're dealing with and all the cool camps and the shepherds and all that stuff. Like I had a pretty good idea of what I was going to get into. And then also, like you said, and like in the last podcast, I heard you say like we were throwing mm-hmm. back videos the whole time. Like I literally have a playlist on YouTube called Marco Polo and I have every single Marco Polo video saved. I don't care where it was country wise. I've watched every single Marco Polo film multiple times mm-hmm. just to fully immerse myself in what I was going to get into.
0: Like, I'm not a jealous person. I, I'm very ha- happy for people to succeed and do things i had some jealousy while you were over there so while you were there i watched i can't even tell you how many marco films i watched while you were there i'm like god damn it, this guy's over there doing this for real it's, yeah yeah oh, holy shit like you, you, wa- you i wa- literally watched i can't tell you how many i watched because every time i'd wake up and like man i wonder what brady's doing go watch a video freezing that's what yeah. doing. It's awesome
2: so yeah and then, then back to like the whole like preparation for it like you said you have to have the ammo dialed so we can only take 40 rounds of ammo over there
0: that's it 40? 40 rounds that's it
2: 40 rounds per person mm-hmm. hmm. and so my mind is like well 40 40 rounds that's a lot like yeah. I, I practice all year round like literally i made it on one of my instagram posts like everything i did this year shooting wise was leading up to this hunt like i kind of kept this hunt under wraps for a while because you know it's a big hunt it's really expensive it's kind of out there didn't know what people were going to think so but, like, everything I did, my body, gives a my shit shooting. Yeah, think. I was going to say, do, who you, gives k- a do a shit? you care? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't. It's like if they, people want to hate about it. Oh, it's this like whatever. Is it's a, like,
0: this is you and your dad. The, the, who gives a shit what people think? Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know why anybody would. I mm-hmm. mean,
2: regardless of how it came to be or, you yeah. know, I mean, what an adventure. It's, li- it's literally more of – it's not really a hunt. It's an ad- Like you said, it's an adventure. Yeah. Everything about it is new to me. I've never left North America before. I've literally nef- never left the North American continent. That's
0: yeah. really interesting. I did not know that about you. Yeah, I've been. That too, makes it even you know, more I've been, interesting. I've, I've hunted
2: in Canada and I've hunted in Mexico and obviously I hunted in the United States and.
0: Yeah, but you've never flown across the ocean. I've never so left maybe. the motherland. Wow, I did not know that about you. Yeah. that makes yeah. this even crazier. <laughs> so this this forty rounds thing, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, seems like a lot. Yeah, it seems but, like a lot. But like when but I think then you about start it, going like, to like, what if my gun gets fucked up and I got to start exactly. shooting it? What if you know? So what if a sto- my story there too. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so so
2: like, I I brought like extra rounds. Like we're gonna jump around in this story. Extra, a
0: extra more than forty. No,
2: but more, yeah, I brought more than forty to Minnesota. Oh, So, this is it. the thing. Yeah. So like, I we you know, I flew to Minnesota on the twenty second. We had two days. We didn't leave until the twenty fourth to fly to Chicago. But in between there, we had an early Thanksgiving with my my family, my mom, mm-hmm. my brother, my brother's wife. I've my said brother. this
0: about his family since day one. His mother, saint, saint. Yep. absolute saint. They've been hunting over Thanksgiving for this is. All I want in my family is a tradition of hunting over Thanksgiving. And your dad has pulled that off. And I gotta We set that down. precedence
2: and you can never break it. I've got to understand that's the, that's the how thing.
0: we did it because I'm doing it.
2: This is the first Thanksgiving we've ever spent together as a family. No joke. <laughs> like maybe in high school. But still <laughs> I was like, I was awesome. always duck hunting or we were doing something back in the day in high, during high school. First Thanksgiving ever as a family. And we celebrated it two days early, So it's not actually on Thanksgiving because we hunted every year. And since I moved out west, every year I would take my dad and my brothers to Montana. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate early, early, early Thanksgiving. So I brought extra rounds so I could shoot my gun in Minnesota. I want to validate that first flight. Even though I'm, I'm going to get some time over in Tajikistan to validate, I wanted to validate. So me my dad went out on to. One of real his, one real of his quickly,
0: because all this change in elevation is where my mind's going. Yep. What did you have? What did, what did you bring with you to, to dope and check? and
2: oh, well, well, my SIG 8K rangefinder, it basically calculates all the atmospheric for me. So, so you were good with just that? Yeah, I and mean, that's, that's why I always tell people, too, like a 100-yard zero on a gun is way better than a 200-yard zero because 200-yard zero, you end up having a little bit more environmentals impacted. Yeah. There's a little yeah. bit more wind, and when you get to elevation, it could change things a little bit. But 100-yard zero, whether you're at sea level or whether you're going up higher, is going to be so perfect. Yeah, but it's then half of 200. Yeah, yeah, it's everything after that. And so I – so I had my Sig AK rangefinder and I had my Kestrel 5700 Elite for wind. For wind and and all that stuff too. Also has my ballistic data in it. So my Sig and my Kestrel are perfectly matched. Right. I I matched a feet per second with it. So when I get to Minnesota,
0: so you sh- had no stress going to Minnesota. For no stress shooting.
2: going to Minnesota. I shot 100 yards. It was perfect. I went out and shot like uh, 400 yards. Well, actually, when I got to Minnesota, I did have to. Uh, I think I bumped it up a cl- like a a click. That was it. Just a, a quarter MOA. My dad shot his gun, too. It was shooting great. But the thing about my dad's gun, let's jump into this real quick, is his gun. So there's this, like, weird phenomenon with guns that when I set up a gun, I shoot basically 200 rounds through my barrel to break it in and season it. Because if you do a bunch of load development beforehand, there's a spot in a barrel life, usually around 150 to 200 rounds, that your barrel will speed up. Hmm. It's just a weird thing. I like just get, everything gets broken in all of a sudden it speeds just up where it, it could be the exact smoother. same load exact same powder it'll speed up at that point. I wonder why. I wonder How what much? that phenomenon is. Uh mine I think did like 75 feet per second. So it's pretty pretty good good amount, <laughs> pretty decent. And so that is pretty decent. So my dad has a uh 28 nozzler. and he handles Do you know it. what
0: the phenomenon is? You, I can't it,
2: really exactly remember. I probably should because I I load to prevent that that's, that's interesting i haven't heard that so like, that's why a lot of people say don't do load development until you reach that point because if you do load development beforehand all of a sudden you have it speed up like my, my dad's gun did so my dad's a 28 nozzle we've been using it for several years but he doesn't put a lot of rounds on it because it's dialed like literally it's perfectly Shoots perfectly but his gun sped up when we were in minnesota all of a sudden he was getting hard bolt lift and pressure signs like he literally had to take his, his bolt and yank it up as hard as it could to get it out it's still shooting good but his barrel had just sped up to the point where now all the pressure in his load, his, so his feet per second went. We didn't put Does the it ever go, uh,
0: it. do you know of any other time it goes
2: up more than 75? Like did our no, guns once, once it hits that, it's, it's pretty much will stabilize it at that Is it getting it. high impact but, but will point some at, that, at that? Yeah, so you're, it's speeding up, and so it's going to change how it shoots, but mm-hmm. also then it's changing some of the, uh, like it's going to start blowing out primers, and it's going to give ejector marks in the bottom of the brass so while all has happened there he's like well i don't have enough time to change this right now because you to make it back even again you can just drop like three three tenths of a grain, grain off there yeah. and kind of bring it back down and then that pressure will go away
0: so my question though is like so you said they'll speed up about so se- your gun mine mine up 75 about sometimes some, sometimes
2: it could be it could be 20 it could be 50 some could it ever be 150 probably could yeah easily that Is your
1: impact be. point not changing, though? It's going to change because it's going to be a little hotter.
2: It's yeah. faster. So, so yeah, my, dad, it's my dad much hotter. Had, my dad had to make his a little bit adjustment, too. He's like, man, my brass. So he did
0: it through the math of the load. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So
2: he's like, man, it's hard, super hard boat lift. He actually did have a primer fallout. So it was basically like, dad, you're burning your brass right now because you bought brand new ADG brass. And I'm like, you're just burning your brass right now because once you get that hard ejector mark on there, it's basically – you know, it's, it's torching where that primer goes, so you're going to have a loose primer when you when you mm. put it in there. So he's Nobody like, I don't... Nobody wants a loose primer. No. So he's like, I don't have well, enough time to change this.
0: Especially <laughs> this. when you're going to Tajikistan <laughs> on your hunt you've been waiting for since you were 16 yeah. years old. So yeah. we were trying to figure out... Was like, your dad stressed? He was, was, stressed, was, he a, was he stressed. He, was, he, was he seems stressed like right a very calm, he's very calm, very he's, calm guy.
2: He's the guy, too, that learned everything about reloading, and he also knew this was going to happen eventually, but it happened literally that morning, and then we had Thanksgiving, like, that night. So, like, he didn't have enough time to go back home, reload, come back out and shoot again. So like, I'm just going to deal with this when we get out there and hopefully it'll be okay. So we loaded a bunch of same rounds at the same thing. Your dad,
0: I've I've been around your dad at what, two, three, four times a year since the day you started with us, Mm -hmm. right? He seems like the calmest, collected, just like super down to earth, very like, thoughtful, just kind of like, you know what I mean? Just very grounded individual. Mm-hmm. Was he not <clears throat> that, or was he still himself? He was still
2: himself. Really? He was, he was still himself, okay, but he's I like, he's think. like, what's going on? And I try, I try to explain it to him again, and he's like, well, we don't have time to change this. I'm going to let this just ride. And I'm like, yeah, if all else fails, you know, we have my gun there, too. Like, we have two guns. So we have 80 rounds between two guns. So, like, I'm not, like, 40 rounds to me is a lot, because mm-hmm. almost every animal I shoot one round or mm-hmm, maybe two mm-hmm. rounds. You know, I shot a few more of my elk this year, but... So I'm like, we have, we'll, be, we'll be able to deal. So when you're there at home, are you reloading rounds there? My, my dad was, like, yeah. Like,
1: de- decreasing the grains?
2: No, he didn't want to decrease it because we, we didn't want to go back to the range yeah. and redo everything. Because it was still shooting good. He sure. just had to lower some stuff, but the pressure signs was a little bit concerning. Can you define shooting
0: good? Like, it was still within a...
2: Oh, yeah. It was still, you know, three-quarter of a minute group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's still right there. Like His yeah. gun, it definitely shoots better because it's a custom gun, and he hand-loaded everything for it. But, like... We didn't want to change things because it was shooting good, and then later on that kind of added some some stress to the hunt when we get. Oh, I can't on the story. imagine. So, <laughs> can't imagine. So yeah, that was like a.
0: So it did lead to something. Did lead to foreshadowing something Foreshadowing, Yeah, foreshadowing. Interesting. Hmm. That's what the the whole like we'll take care of it when we get there. Oh shit. Yeah. Would have yeah, been, I mean,
1: if you're going on an elk hunt, that's one thing. But one if you're thing. going across the world, yeah. it's entirely something different.
0: Yeah, if we had one more day. And like, you can only bring 40 bullets. yeah, It's like once you're there, if you do have to, yep.
2: you know. Yeah.
1: Make some adjustments.
2: So you flew from Minnesota. Minnesota, then we uh, had Thanksgiving. The next day, we we basically also took all of our gear, laid it all out again. So I had all my gear packed from Vegas still over there. But once we got there in, in Minnesota, we basically opened up all of our gear put everything all across the floor and Sturkey start going inventory. Start inventory of what we really need and what we really don't need. Was so my, weight a uh, concern? We, so we took six bags total that includes the gun cases. So I had Sika Nomad and I had the Yeti Panga 150 liter. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad had a Nomad and he fit, fit all the stuff in his Nomad. Then I had the gun case and we put both our guns in my, my gun case. Ooh, both guns in one case. I know. That's the one thing I was nervous about because it gets lost. Pucker a little. Yeah, for sure. um, So here's the thing, though, too. Like when I flew from, I don't know what it is with airlines right now, but they gouge you on freaking everything. Everyone's
0: (laughs) gouging everyone on everything
2: right (laughs) now. Everything, everything. But there's
0: no inflation. How dare you guys say that? You guys don't know what you're talking about. There is no inflation.
2: So I flew Delta from Vegas to Minnesota, and I checked in. Obviously, I had my, I said, my Yeti bag, my Nomad, and the gun case. Two hundred and twenty bucks. Holy shit! I was like, "Whatever happened to first check bag free?" They're like, "Yeah, we don't do that anymore." Hmm. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh this gosh. A,
0: my brother-in-law and I were talking at the gym the other day. The the best saying right now is is market adjustment. Yeah. Like, oh, this is it's market adjustment. What the fuck does that mean? That you means know, market am You pay more for everything. So, but so, like, I but like, you're not paying. More. Mm-hmm. I I'm the only
2: one paying more. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: you know, everybody. I mean, the consumer. Yeah, just a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm.
2: So it was market 200, adjustment. Two hundred twenty bucks to find my bags to to Minnesota. That was more than my plane ticket. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. The, the my my three check bags were more than my plane ticket cost. That wow. is outrageous. That is outrageous. That is crazy. So that's how we got there.
0: We're like, we're going to. What's be the What was the total? If you don't want me asking. Total. To like f- plane luggage to get there. What was like the the travel expense?
2: Oh. I don't know, ungodly. 5 grand? Really? Yeah, like the tickets over there are crazy. I think the tickets really?
0: were 4 grand. Mhm. To to get there. Yeah. Like just the the seat on the, the plane. Seat on the plane yeah. There. Yeah. Holy shit. And
2: so every time we flew because then from flying from Minnesota to Chicago, that was another giant expense. And then for some reason it wasn't like a cuz we had to go from Delta then to jump on an international flight, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a weird thing. So you had to, things. So we had to we had to pay for our bags again Yeah, from,
0: you had to leave the domestic, right? And then yep. go through the international, yep. like, recheck everything? So we had yeah. to
2: pay So we had to pay again all the baggage fees in Minnesota. And then we also had to pay the baggage fees again in Chicago. Holy shit, man. So we get s- screwed over multiple times. So back to, like, organize all of our gear. I brought a bunch of clothes for my dad. Uh, some extra sic- insulation layers, extra gloves. And started looking at inventory. What do we really need, what we don't need? My dad's like, I already have a bunch of international charge cords. You don't need to bring yours. And I, like, already brought mine to Minnesota. So we start like, separating out gear, trying to, like, make these mm-hmm. bags as light as they can. One of our bags ended up being crazy. It was, like, 70 pounds. My, my
0: weight question, though, is more, like, how we pack for a backcountry hunt, where everything that's going into your bag is, like, very weight-conscious. Were you thinking like that, was or was v- very, it a very,
2: very weight-conscious as well. For the hunt, for not the,
0: not for the luggage, like, for, for the hunt. For the, for the hunt, yep. yeah.
2: So everything was dialed, like, do we really need this insulation piece, or do we really need an extra yeah, pair of pants? Yeah. Like, even the clothes I was wearing, I literally wore these same pants in a different jacket, and that's, like, my travel gear. Mm-hmm. And I wore an extra pair of boots in case I needed them, and, like not an extra pair of shoes or anything like that like yeah. trying to fully wait on the plane but also then when we get there too i don't want to have extra gear in camp did, and not know where my stuff is did they give you a gear list they did give me a slight gear list like are you taking a knife are you taking
1: game bags are you well, taking yeah, that's that, a really that, good question that's
2: the, that's the crazy thing because i thought about like you know i had on my gear pack let's do a gear list video before i leave because mm-hmm. we, we always do that with all yeah. of our hunts so, but, but like we know what we're bringing on the hunt perfectly
1: well you know they are up against yeah for yeah.
2: this hunt, i had no really clue yeah, so even I though the, even though there was some gearless stuff out there and they give you it's basically like yeah bring some insulation layers these are the good quality did brands. they tell you what kind
1: of temperatures you're going to be looking at yeah
2: last year at the same time we're there with negative 40 that's fahrenheit montana tomorrow yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> minus 44 in missoula tomorrow thank yeah. god i graduated yeah. oh, minus Oh, 40
2: minus 40 last year this time so that's why we were like we need all these insulation layers you know i had these like you know outdoor research ultimates that are basically like yeah. almost reverence type stuff yeah. and like we had you know a bunch of different Bring down booties no i didn't no i just had a thousand gram that's a contract. that's a trail special
0: right there yeah. the down booties
1: i'd just be living in those
2: yeah so like we had to prepare for the worst yeah. and so i also i didn't want to do a gearless video beforehand now i want to do a gearless video after that because there's a lot of gear i brought that i never used gotcha and so you mentioned we should stuff. we should do that yeah, I have al- I have already to bring at the office tomorrow do a gear list because do. I want to. Even though this hunt is so out there, but there's a lot of people that go on international hunts. Yeah, and I sure. haven't. There's no good gear list to be found. Like I, mean, I, no. I struggled to figure out exactly what to bring, and now that I been, went over there, like I mentioned, knives. I never use my knives the whole time. Yeah, because the guides. Yeah. They're they're so good at what they do, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can like you, if you want to cut up your animal, you can. But they know how to do this. Like I've never cut a, a sheep before. I've never f- cut a sheep for a full body mount. Yeah. I don't know how to. Like, I I want mean, I'm
1: sure it's the same, but I I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they do for you. I don't know what's part of that whole package. Yeah, there. and
2: I, I was like, do I bring game bags? And my dad's like, no, it wasn't on a list to bring game bags. So yeah. I left all the game bags in Minnesota. Yeah. Because I, I wanted to save some weight and not bring too much gear. Yeah. And so now that I came back from this hunt, literally I have a big pile of stuff I didn't use, so I'm not going to include that in the gear list. And I want to make a gear list for people to help out who are going to do a hunt like this in these – cold temperatures but again you have to definitely know what you're going into like if i was going to go on a horseback hunt mm-hmm. and it was a backpack style thing in like kyrgyzstan that might be a little different and i might have you know i'll have a sleeping bag and that sort of thing and probably my knives and probably my game bags then as well but it sounds gonna be a little was a little different than that. i
1: mean I'll, I'll probably never do this hunt but i'm interested yeah and oh yeah I, I i'm i'll watch it just I'm because i'm interested to see what it, what it was you know and, and, i want to know what kind beyond of equipment that you, that you took yeah
2: and the, the biggest thing we learned too so like even the logistics side like so obviously I have to have gun locks. I get to the first airport, they're like, "You need four gun locks on your case." I'm like, "Isn't no, it two? Yeah, I'm like, "No, you don't." They're I like, don't always oh, put th- four. My gun right? case doesn't One even have the ability side. to put four on. Yeah, and huh. I'm like, "You guys don't know what you're doing." And they're like, and I'm trying to talk to him like, "No, you only need these two locked yeah. on there. They're locked." I'm like, okay. But, like, so I had these two locks, but I also brought extra locks. So my locks I brought were TSA-approved locks. I normally don't use TSA-approved locks. I use my normal locks. But I figured going on an international hunt, all these other international flights I'm going on, even though I looked it up, like, yeah, TSA-approved, you can have your own ones as well. So I had the TSA locks, and inside my gun case I had two extra locks as well. So that way in case a TSA agent had to break into my gun case Mm -hmm. to see what's in there, and now I don't have a lock, now I could be screwed on the next flight. So I made sure I had doubles of almost everything I went Went over there with, mm-hmm. even passports. I had three copies of my passports printed off. I had Damn. copies of my Tajikistan visa, my Turkey visa as well. Copies of my gun permits. Make sure I have everything. Just died. I would
0: be so stressed with this. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's
2: it's so much you have to, to think about when you. Because I've a
0: so I've been to Argentina on a duck hunt. Mm-hmm um back when I was super into duck hunting that was like that's something I just had to go do super affordable awesome especially back then so I did that and I I, so some of this international stuff the two locks I I went through that and then I've been to New Zealand same thing but like then you start getting into the visas and traveling multiple countries Turkey to to Tajikistan like I would I mean just what I had to do to go to Argentina and just what I had to do to go to New Zealand is like
2: just going to be super organized. It have then, to be organized. And then even for the rifle, like a lot of times I'll pull my bolt out, and they make those, uh, they're basically those child safety locks that go mm-hmm. through through the, through the yeah. action, you know, yeah. and then yeah. they have a lock on it too. I brought two of those as well. Did you have to have those? No, but I brought them just in case. Just in like, case, what if yeah. I got to Istanbul, and they're like, yeah. hey, you need that to fly, and that's it's in good, my case.
0: That's a good thought. If I was going a country like that, that's, pr- that's a good thought.
2: I, I even pulled out another bolt from one of my other rifles, and I brought two bolts hmm. for my rifle, just in case something went wrong with my bolt yeah I'm going all the way over there I, I'd rather Which have people this is
0: yeah. the Brady Miller I know right here yeah. I he's just
1: how far died. in advance did you start putting all your stuff together
2: the summer summer like no joke I, I started like I knew like I had the late season Idaho Colorado hunt Yeah. so a lot of that gear was going to be going in there but I also had some extra gear set aside like all these big mittens all the blizzard type parka stuff that I had mm-hmm. the and then my overwhites and, you know, my
0: boots. I'd you brought the overwhites? I yep. saw you wearing that in your yeah, picture. Yeah, those are the Sikha uh, okay. Nodak overwhites I was wondering if that was through the Yep, They recommend,
2: or... recommend overwhites for sure. Okay. And even though I was going to wear, you know, the open country yeah. camo pattern. Did you see the
0: new King's camo overwhites? Mm-hmm. Those are really good looking. They look so good. Yeah.
1: I was hoping you'd just wear some, like, white painter's
2: coveralls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. yes. Go get, like, a hazmat suit. That's it. My That's old
0: it. my old goose hunting uh, field days. That's so you just yeah. spray paint a bunch of shit white and go lay down. <laughs> yeah, so, so the so call it was a college kid stuff, right? But there. it
1: is pretty cool now that you can get sick. Uh, King's white, Camo, Sika. Yeah, Kings makes the, the new pattern is sweet. It looks awesome. Yeah, the, the release I saw the yeah. other day looks I, pretty good. I incredible. thought of you
0: too when it came out. I'm like, God, that would have looked really good out yeah. there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and even though the Sika whites are made for snow goose on, yeah. like they definitely work for that for, for sure. Ba- sure. It's basically like a rain show. White is white. It's it's really <laughs> I mean, yeah. I wish it had some outer pockets though. Like there's no pockets on the pants to put my range finder in uh, like that. Yeah. So like c- that's tough. But, yeah, so we finally got, gathered, all, gathered all our gear, figured out what we need to bring, what we don't need to bring but in Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, then we headed to from Minnesota to Chicago, and that was our first flight. And then you land in Chicago. And then, How long
0: was the layover? How long did you stay in Chicago?
2: Oh, I think the layover there was six hours. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty a good brutal. one. A good so one. we had to wait in line forever. Cause we had to basically you land in Chicago. You have to go back down downstairs to baggage claim Mm -hmm. grab your bags go back up to the the international international side that's what
0: i remember going to new zealand and going to argentina i went through lax on both you fly domestic there and then you got to check all the way back out go to the international side which is not easy
3: Mm -hmm. it's like
0: they are not in the same (laughs) the same area and then you got to go back through all the bullshit to get back into the terminals for international such a headache
2: and then from from there that was then that same night we flew from Chicago to Istanbul, Turkey, and that flight's what twelve hours. Ooh! So that was my first experience on a flight like that, and I was blown away. When you get in those planes, those planes are freaking big. Yeah, they're are huge. They're, they're absolutely giant. It's, yeah, there's it's two
0: aisles. It's mm-hmm. a magic trick that the, they can stay in the air for that long. It's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. They're,
2: but but I really enjoy I really enjoy their boarding process though. <laughs> How so? This is a weird turn because in the story right here. Because you, you board way earlier, so you have way more time. Because the plane's so big, so you have to allow other all people to come in there, mm-hmm. and they board from the back to the front.
0: Ooh, it's that great. is nice.
2: Like, obviously, first-class people got to go in first. But yeah. then, then they brought then they from the back to the I mean, front. obviously. I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they're so first-class uh, sales. So my dad and I are, you know, trying to do as cheap as we can. So we're literally yeah. in the freaking back of the plane. <laughs> and so we walk back there, you know, like, we're, we have I had enough time to open up all my bags, grab my book out. My dad was grabbing his iPad out. We're normally, flights, like, you're, you're, like, sitting in your seat. Yeah. The person next to you trying to push you to, like, get yep. you to sit down. We had so much time. We're sitting there, you know, all of a sudden they walk by, they hand you a little, like, bag thing with all the, you know, the sleeping mask, and if you want to take off your shoes and put the little slippers Which on Which airline did you fly? Uh, Turkish Airlines. Uh-huh. Hmm. And uh, I've heard of it. The uh, <laughs> flight attendants, too, are gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> Not bad. We're, throw that out there. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <are> <laughs> out there. You are single, aren't you? Brady's
0: single. single, everyone.
2: Yeah, so, they're, like, they're really helpful, too. Like Like, I never knew... You would get uh, two meals on an international flight, by yeah. the way. Damn. They two meals.
0: Not even not first class? Still got two meals? Still got meals. Two, two meals. Yep. Makes and me wonder here, what first class thing. got. What do they, they got up there? The steak buffet? And cocktails. It was Surf really good. Turf.
2: Like They had some like crazy like meat burger-looking thing and a bunch of good vegetables. And like I'm not a big dessert guy at all. I don't eat sweets at all, but I was like, you I'm on a not. flight. Yeah. I'm going to splurge. I'm going to a cool place. So dessert was really good.
0: But the thing, I—it's weird. Your 174 frame body at six five. Yeah, you need to be a big dessert. dessert guy. <laughs> yeah, I
2: know, I know. But then the biggest thing I kind of regret is like international flight. We found out coming back that beer is free. Oh, that's a good one. I did not know that going there. You, would,
1: you wouldn't have pounded that much going there anyway, no, would you? Com-
2: coming back, we yeah drank quite you a got bit. Hearty. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, like I'm so jacked up because I'm flying internationally and like i try to stay awake as much as i can like i kept looking at the screen i kept watching the screen as we're starting to travel across Mm -hmm. these places like going over like wherever it was i don't know this is
0: a really dumb question but you obviously went atlantic around right so went from the atlantic side around so you flew over the atlantic ocean not the pacific right from chicago dumb question i realized how (laughs) dumb that is (laughs) as i was talking through it
1: (laughs) sometimes you gotta just work it through your head Yeah, (laughs) sometimes
0: though you always hear of like a weird way you wouldn't have thought of.
1: I mean, I couldn't pick out any of these on a map right yeah, now. I, I mean, I. Did you go up? I
0: mean, honest. the earth is flat. We, yeah, let's we went, be we honest, went up. But did you go up and over? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just, and, and then, just uh, making sure since <laughs> the earth's flat, you know?
2: <laughs> the, the only thing I didn't Still like far. on international, <laughs> and because, you know, we're in like general area or whatever, there's not a lot of room for a big, tall guy like me and my dad. No. We're both two giants.
0: Giant. And clearly, you got your size from your dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's giant.
2: Yeah, so we're, like, crammed with our knees. Of course, the guy in front of me puts his seat back. Yep. And then I'm the, I'm the type of guy, too, though, I'm a giant person. I never put my seat back on an airplane because I always feel bad with the person behind me. Mm. And if I look back, and I was like, oh, that's a little kid. Oh, that perfect. back.
0: Was it a kid that kicked your chair, though? No, he didn't kick my chair. Oh, that's a good kid.
2: But it was a little scary, though. As we were flying over there, they jumped on the, uh, the plane announcement thing. They're like... If anyone here has a medical background, please come up to the front right now. Oh, they had like a little that's unnerving. Yeah, yeah they had a I've some, had something happen with not a good feeling a person on the plane, but luckily they they were able to do whatever they needed to do and it was yeah, okay. It but for a while it was scary. All like people are walking around, people are getting out of their seats and like letting them do their Did you thing. ever know what it was? I didn't ever hear know.
0: what it was? Mhm.
1: Yeah, that's awful. That's not a good feeling. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. already unusual that you're in the air, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, then, and then to have some some sort of emergency like that's just never a good vibe. Yeah,
2: but the the crazy thing is again international flight. So I think I've hinted at this before. One of the biggest things I was like concerned about in my life because I think I should know how to do this. I've never actually gone to the bathroom on an airplane, <laughs> and now I'm at the point <laughs> in my life where I'm kind of embarrassed by like how do I do this? Like, is some kid going to be sitting behind me in line like Hey, you, you could go in there right now, and I just don't know how to use an airplane bathroom. <laughs> So, like, I'm trying to prep myself. You're talking, like,
0: you're talking number one or number two?
2: I never, I never use one at all. I've never gone to the bathroom on an Are airplane. you a camel? Like, what? So, <laughs> you've never so my, so my, taken a leak on an my, airplane? My mom and dad are both like, you're going to, like it's easy. You just go up there and use it. I'm like, I know I'm 36 <laughs> years old. I should know how to use an airplane bathroom. but I've never had to use it before. You were anxious. time in, it.
1: You were anxious about this. Yeah. I always time thought my, about it.
2: My bathroom break. I always have coffee at the airport. Like I go to the bathroom before I jump on the plane. I never have to go to the bathroom. So my dad's like, Oh yeah, you're going to have to use it. Can I, you, I can't, can't wait. To, I can't wait to see you be embarrassed and like walk up there. Like maybe you should do it at like three in the morning. When everyone's sleeping. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll throw the story out there. I still, on all these flights there. And back, I still have never used the uh, bathroom on an airplane. Somehow, in a twelve-hour flight. Because you're part I didn't goddamn camel. Go.
0: How do you not take a leak for twelve hours?
2: Remember my remember my theory though. Uh, yes, I you drink my, coffee I and you dehydrate yourself. I keep my body at a constant level of dehydration, so it's just normal. So when I'm in that mountains <laughs> hunting, it's normal to be and dehydrated. And I still so I still? still
0: refuse to believe that there's actual science. There's science, science to it. <laughs> Trust me. No Were you
1: holding it? <laughs> no.
2: That's the weird thing too. I the, You're um, too anxious. You've talked yourself into this. Yeah. This is subconscious. you you I mean, this but since we're, this, since we're on the since subject, we'll talk about when we flew back. Like when we flew back, when we found out beers are free. I had three beers, two coffees, and a water, and never had to go to the bathroom. That's on weird. On the on the return flight back,
0: you guys are like Navy SEALs. You too. You guys can control. <laughs> Trail, tra- 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 me, hunts. dude.
1: I gotta pee every thirty seconds.
0: Yeah, but on the other side of that, <laughs> on the other side, you're the like, other side of it, I've you're got like, some. You're like a Navy SEAL. I've got so, some stamina. So
2: I kind of feel like I was cheated on this because I still have never gone to the bathroom on an airplane.
0: There's kind of so, experience. There's, there's I kind of want to experience time. going
2: in there and like. Have I'm going to gonna be down. honest
0: with you. You don't want to experience. That. Okay, it's you not, do not, not that fun. It's the size of the it's, human you are. You do not want to go in there. I promise. Yeah,
1: it's like a compressed porta potty. It's
2: even it's small. It's not a I very mean, big. It is tiny. It's so tiny. But I did kind of enjoy the little slippers I give you on the airplane, so I took mm-hmm. off my boots. That's nice. But the slippers, though, are like a size 8. <laughs> 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 like my foot was hanging off like 4 <laughs> inches from the slippers. Excuse me, do you have size 15 slippers? So when you land in Turkey, yep. do you have somebody waiting for you? Yep. Hold so, no, what,
0: did, what did you do on the flight? Yeah.
2: So I, I watched uh, a couple random movies that are just... So Dumb like, and dumber.
0: New movies? Yeah, they were new movies to me. <laughs> or old movies. You've never seen them before? Never seen them before. Okay. What else?
2: Uh, I had my laptop and I had a couple uh, YouTube videos that I'd saved on there for Marco Polo Film. So I was watching a couple of that. I did a little bit of writing. I started up like, writing about the trip, logistics of it. Started looking at some things. I did a little bit of work on the plane too. That's more fun. Yeah. So I was trying and I was trying to, like, you know stay awake and stay excited and keep thinking about what's gonna happen was your dad night. sleeping he was sleeping did you guys sit next to each other yeah we sat next to each other yeah my dad has iPads he was watching a bunch of like Netflix stuff he had download
0: on there so did the flight feel long or no
2: actually it didn't feel that long okay. honestly oh. it didn't but like I said I was so jacked up I kept looking at the screen and kept like panning around like the path we were gonna go on yeah and trying to look out the window when I could before it got too dark and Like, I was super excited. I took so many pictures of the screen and just the airplane and just trying to soak it up. Like, I just like that. Because, like, again, the reason I do a lot of this stuff, like, documenting the whole hunt, like, I have, I don't know, three and a half some thousand photos and an endless amount of photos on my phone and took a bunch of video. Because I want to be able to document this hunt for people who can't go on. Yeah, for sure. Because it is such a bucket list hunt. Everyone dreams about doing this, but not a lot of people probably will be able to or can. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, I need to do my justice to showcase it for people so they can see everything that goes on. Yeah, kind for of. sure.
1: That's all you really get in life is
2: memories. Yeah. So the opportunity to flip those open and look at them from time mm-hmm. to
1: time just take you right back to that
2: moment. And even yeah. if it was just a photo on the airplane, it's like, to me, it means something. Yeah. To other people, it might not, but it, it's a memory to me. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And so I tried sleeping a little bit on the plane too, but obviously it was really cramped. And so we're getting over there now, time's crazy different already land in Istanbul.
0: What time is it in Istanbul?
2: Uh I think we landed is it dark? Yeah, it was dark again. So we missed a whole day of daylight yeah. going yeah. over there. That's
0: weird. Yeah, going that way you missed yep, we it. lost lost Coming a full back, lost a full it. day. Yep.
2: yep. So we get there and we had a guy uh his name's Sonny uh who was our person helping us with all of our firearms and, and hunting that, consortium guy? Yep. He was paid paid through the hunting consortium. And uh, so he met us there Helped us grab our guns because we had to take our guns because we were going to spend two full days in Istanbul doing a bunch of sightseeing. Hmm. So we booked the two days because we're like, oh, yeah. we're going to be over there again. We might as well see all this cool stuff yeah. in oh, Istanbul. Cool. Istanbul is such a gorgeous place. Like, hmm. amazing. And uh, I've fun- heard it's amazing over there. The funny part is, so we we get there. He deals with all the gun stuff. And he's like, all of a sudden, Sonny hands me, like, a bunch of cash. A shit ton of cash. <laughs> and it's in uh, – Nice. It's uh whatever it is it's just oh, well, turn tur- tur- me some cash it's <laughs> yeah. tur- turkish money yeah and i'm like i don't know what am like asking my dad like w- what, why did you give me much of cash like what am i doing with this cash and my dad's like i have no clue souvenirs so i start i start like figuring this out <laughs> we're, we're we're waiting for these two other guys uh Brent and Brian they're uh, potato farmers from Canada they're also going to be hunting in camp with us father son
0: that's cool two yeah. father sons that's So it was awesome. super great huh? we had like these yeah. guys too were What was salt. their what were their ages?
2: Uh, same age as my dad and he was probably, I think he was 28, his son. Oh, mm. that's awesome. That's and his really son, cool. son's married, has, uh, one kid, I think another kid on the way. That's Super awesome. cool guys. Like potato farmers from Vancouver. So we've talked like, we literally hit it off with these guys right away because sure. they're, they're both like, like my dad, you know, my dad's like, doesn't like fancy things yeah. at all. He's like blown away with how this whole trip went, but he's like, these Canadian guys are exactly like us. They're like, this stuff's crazy. Like, what are we doing here? Down like, to earth. yeah. Down to earth dudes who like, I could literally... If they came to Vegas, we'd both be like, let's get out of Vegas and go to some small place yep, over here yep. and just go hang out. Like, I could literally hunt Salt them. to the earth, people. I could have them in my house, like, super great people. So we land there, and I'm telling them, too, like, I have all this cash. Like, this guy just gave me a bunch of cash. Just you? Just me. And I'm trying to figure out why he gave me the cash. So we found out later that uh, he wanted to go to the duty-free store because, like, he wanted to buy a bunch of alcohol for himself. And so he handed us the cash because you can only do it with visas. Oh. That's awesome. So he wanted to get a bunch of... Alcohol for himself, so I, so we went to the duty free store. Did he speak English? Yeah, he spoke English. So finally, I, like I, because like he was talking really fast and wheeling and dealing and going over there and yelling at all the guns people, like hey, take these guns, and <laughs> hold them for these guns for two days. And I'm like, this guy, like that's uh, his job to like, you know, push yeah, people around a little yeah, bit, but yeah. also like, you know, help us with the guns and store them in, and store them in this place because we have to store it at the airport for the two days we're going to be in. Is isn't it a weird
1: feeling? Because I've been in these situations too. It's weird that like here in your day-to-day life you don't feel vulnerable really yeah like you're in control right I mean I got up this morning drove to Vegas I'm in control of my day I never really feel this like feeling of vulnerability when you go on a hunt like that you go to some place like that you land you step off the plane like there's this overwhelming feeling of like vulnerability
2: yeah Yeah. I am not in control
1: yeah I'm not I'm completely left up to somebody else's devices and and that
2: in that airport is ginormous I've been around a lot of United States airports that airport I've never seen an airport that big before Holy it was shit. so confusing trying to get from the plane down to customs to check our stuff but like there was no one there because it was like a, it was crazy late at night over there and then we got there got through customs obviously like met Sonny and going back and forth but like then we finally went to the duty-free store he literally bought a metric shit ton of <laughs> stuff for himself because like he couldn't do it he needed to use our passports he used yeah. my passport my dad's passport and one of the canadian guys passports to oh, like wow. get he a bunch went of all stuff in. he went all in i think he was what like, a what a nice perk of the job oh, there wow. <laughs> yeah and so like i'm like oh that's kind of cool huh. and then right right away from there i had to go get a COVID test because I am not vaccinated, of course. You yeah. had to go get a COVID test. So I had to get a COVID test. So I needed a COVID aid. still exists. So the, 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 weird. This, the scariest thing about this hunt. How dare you? Trail? I'm not
1: even heard. I, yeah. I When's the last time you heard somebody tested positive for COVID? I have no idea.
0: I, I have no
1: clue.
2: I don't remember. Anyway, we're gonna get shut nor, down for talking about uh, it. Ne- but, neither yeah. here nor there. But so that was the biggest thing I was nervous about. So the whole like prep with the hunting consortium. They're like, all right, if you have a vac- if you're vaccinated already. You can go travel to Istanbul and get into Tajikistan. But if you're not vaccinated, you have to get a COVID test and it has to be negative when you land there. I can't do it in Minnesota. What ha-
1: happens if you test positive?
2: Quarantine? Did you know this? I have no idea. Yeah, I knew this. This was really scary part going. Over, part Did
1: you test yourself before you got on the plane from Minnesota?
2: No, I don't believe in that stuff. <laughs>
1: So I uh, get over there. That's pretty crazy. That is yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, so that's, you, that's your entire trip on so, that test. So that's why yes. I was very
2: nervous about anything I did bef- leading up to that hunt. That's why I kept explaining before. Like, you
1: didn't go to a bar and make I I out d- with some randoms <laughs> the night <laughs> before. Then So I was really saying. concerned yeah. about
2: every, all the hunts I applied for. And that's why I wanted to make sure they were early November hunts and I was done. And once I got back from my sabbatical. You just quarantined. I basically... Did normal stuff like I do to stay at home. Coming, that's to the why office. you were so
1: nervous when I was down here. Probably, I was stay away. <laughs> and I then, was, like I'm I was sick too. Were you sick? Yeah, now I feel terrible. Actually, <laughs> I, I was telling some people I was <laughs> avoiding people
2: in this office do who were. Do you remember like that? Yeah,
1: I was here that day, the yeah. day before you left, and I actually was sick. Yeah. Now I feel awful.
2: And, and uh, I felt
1: great about it then, but not now. Now yeah, I feel terrible. Now. I didn't know your entire trip was rested on it. Yeah, my bad, Brady. That's all good. I don't you? I've How never
0: I've never trusted those tests either. Well, remember the f- I swear you what guys have, have, have you guys ever get... been to Mexico? Yeah. yeah. Cleared customs in Mexico yeah. uh, in a in a fl- off a flight. Mm. A commercial flight where you go hit the button, green red. It's been a while and it's just a totally random green you get to go in, red they check you. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's some of that in these COVID tests like so, there's some of them are just like pre yeah. preloaded preloaded yeah
2: and then the funny part though so what kind of COVID test it swab just, it was just a no swab like it, it wasn't I mean, the deep one I had to do a deep one last year when I went to yeah a hunt mm-hmm. and uh but so before that we had Dave Brinker here in the office podcasting and he had COVID a week before I left. He texted. Yeah, Neville that's right. He texted Neville, and I was like, "Hey, man, I texted positive." So it for COVID. is a thing. Dirty Dave so was, Brinker. So, so it was literally a week before I'm going to leave. He <laughs> Dirty te- Dave. He, te- he texted me and said, "Hey, man, I shout out Daybreaker." And we were just hanging out with him. So I'm like, "Thanks, Dave. I leave for my biggest hunt of my life in a week, dude. What? Wow." And but luckily, I didn't. You know, I didn't have anything. But then I'm thinking to myself too, like, well, now I'm doing all this international flying. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to Minnesota. I'm in the Minneapolis airport. Well, I'm the research, Chicago.
0: the 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 way the airlines recirc the air too. Yeah, yeah. Like you that's, got everybody on the plane. I mean, you have how Were many you people ma- are on the plane? A thousand people? Oh shit, done.
1: Were you masked up? No. On the plane? No. No. Okay. No. I he know likes they to lifted breathe. that. I, yeah, my man likes Yeah. I, 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 I likes did to I breathe.
2: bring a mask in case we would go somewhere that required it, because I want to be limited from going into some mosque or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I did have one in my pocket. I
1: might have been in full hazmat gear if I'd have known my entire hunt was resting. <laughs> on no
2: COVID on a
0: research airline air going, going through airports. Crazy. So
2: then the crazy thing is too, so I land there right away, get my COVID swab. I'm not going to find the results of that for two more nervous?
0: days. Were you nervous? Were you stressing? I was oh, little,
2: like I was popping. So much vitamin C beforehand, <laughs> and like airborne stuff, like I was just like yeah, D, popping them yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah, hmm. and so I get my COVID test, and I'm like, you're not gonna find your results for two more days until you leave from Istanbul to Dushanbe, Tajikistan. So I'm like, all right. What, what was the name of that town? Dushanbe. Oh, okay. Dush. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah, right. It's the it's the <laughs> it's the capital of Tajikistan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So great name. Yep. Yeah. So then we finally, you know, get all our stuff taken care of, get my nose swabbed, we go to a hotel, and the next day we start our first. Day of touring, uh Istanbul. You're pure. You're in pure tourist mode. Tourist mode right now. You wearing mountain boots. I had uh, my scarpas on.
0: There you- of course. <laughs> <laughs> is it hot
2: or cold? Yeah, it was. It was a good temperature. I don't know, like fifty degrees. Okay, it's pleasant. Yeah. It was. It was supposed to be rainy, so it was cloudy, which was really nice because I didn't want to see sun because we see sun all the time in Vegas. <laughs> so yes. I was stoked. My dad was like, "Oh, it's going to be so horrible. It's going to be cloudy and hazy." I'm like, "Could no, not
0: agree not. more." That's what I look forward to. Yeah. Is like going on those hunts. I want it to be cloudy and yeah. rainy. <laughs> So nice,
2: <laughs> and, and so the the one of the crazy things about Istanbul is we went to a bunch of these mosques. Got to go outside of uh, one of the big famous one, Blue Mosque. I'm not sure what the other ones were named, but we went to a bunch of different mosques. Super cool to see them. Went. To those, I heard like,
0: they are insanely impressive.
2: Insane, like the architecture and yeah, like how did that. they build these things way back yeah. in the day? And I'm not sure what the. I can't remember. I'm not a big, like, history buff. I wish I was because, like, when he was rattling, like, our tour guide was awesome. Did you yeah. have a tour guide lined out? Yep. It wasn't sunny. It was somebody else. Someone, right? el- someone else, but it was also booked through the hunting consortium. Like, these oh, are okay. people that like, So it was, like, an entire package, entire all, all, all yep. taking care so this, of. So this guy, like, he does do this for hunters all the time, but he also does, like, summer trips, and he'll take families out, and they'll basically gotcha. tour the entire thing of Turkey. A,
0: turkey sea level, right? Oh, yeah. It was, like, 30 right feet there. above. Yeah, sea that's above. right there.
2: Yeah. So now I'm like super low elevation, but we're like going through all this stuff, walking around, checking all these cool mosque. And like, do you him, remember him, when the mosques were built? How, that's what how I old wish I are? remembered right now. They were, they're very old, like crazy old. I can't remember exactly.
0: I'm into some weird shit right now down the rabbit <laughs> hole of <laughs> ancient, kind of weird shit, ancient human history, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ancient human history. There's okay. a show on Netflix called, uh, ancient apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Graham. it's about Graham Hancock. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's got that younger Dryas theory about mm-hmm. the big flood and all this stuff, and then pre pre and post that flood, and it's it is super interesting. It's got me like into it. That's why I'm asking how old of where yeah, it would fit I, in d- that I don't remember. Field that trip, because, field trip let's go.
2: because I'm into the hunting mode right now, but I'm also like yeah. I'm trying to soak it up. I'm taking a bunch of photos. I'm trying to listen to the tour guide as we're walking around. Were what? you allowed to take photos? Full yeah, blown. Yep. Yeah, I asked him a couple of places. Cool. There was a couple of places we went into. It was like a. Uh, a palace of some like Sultan guy and we weren't allowed to take photos at all. So I had to put it in my backpack. I had to get my backpack scanned. And we walked in this one place where it was like a maze of walking around touring this like kind of castle looking thing. And there was crystals in the ceiling everywhere. And I can't remember exactly the prices, but it was all these crystals are worth like multiple millions of dollars. Like this place was super amazing walking through it all, seeing all the old stuff in the town, seeing everything. But one thing I was blown away with the town is, everywhere you walk fresh food fresh fruits fresh mm-hmm. vegetables it's like an open market everywhere on the streets and like we stopped once so we are like how much do we want to buy some fruit like 1 one US dollar got us like a giant bag mm-hmm. of like the cornucopia fruit yeah like cornucopia US <laughs> dollar nice US dollar Thanks goes a long way big over brain there. over there <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then one you know what I've, I've noticed in, on the um, international travel i've done too is like we are so commercialized in our food situation yeah they are still like very much like family farm to farmers market type thing i've noticed that everywhere i've gone internationally is it is a huge difference it's
1: really kind of gross like i do my grocery shopping on sunday and i every week inevitably i will look at my cart as i'm going through the checkout and 99 percent of it's in a box yeah it's just it's just not right. i right got punch. Yeah. just it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel
2: good. Honestly, I can't recall if there was much boxed food at all. It was all just yeah, fresh. Yeah, it's all fresh. fresh everything. Yeah. yeah. That, that's,
0: everywhere that's, I've gone cool. internationally, I have noticed that everywhere I've gone. And it tastes different. Like, whether it tastes different because your five senses are, you know, a little more um, hypersensitive, yeah. hyper heightened because of where you are in new plate. I don't know if it's that. But, man, I swear
2: it tastes different. Mm-hmm. Food good? Food is amazing. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I won't even be able to describe because I'm not a big food guy at all. Like, I don't know what really ate, but it was phenomenal. <laughs> food is fuel. Food is fuel. Not food gone. is, yeah. <laughs> but it was, like, we went to a bunch of it's restaurants. So it was Brady. Super cool. And then the crazy thing is about the restaurants, though, and walking around the town, I was like, why are there so many cats? Like, house cats? Everywhere.
0: You mentioned this to me. I got a lot of questions on this. Everywhere. He, told, he mentioned to me how many cats. I'm like, don't hold know it. I about this. I hold it. We'll get into it on the
2: podcast. Yeah. So, like, yeah. as we're walking around... There's cats just all over the street. I look up in the trees. How there's, there's many cat. cats?
0: Like literally how many cats?
2: One alleyway, I probably saw 50 cats.
0: <laughs> One alleyway. One alleyway. Like how normal was it for cat sightings?
2: They are everywhere. And like I, so I, so the.
0: Like it's impossible to not see a cat. Impossible to not see a cat.
2: There's just you, you look, feral you look, cats. You look up on the house, like on the house that's right along the side with like a little basket outside the window. There'd be a cat sitting there and then all of a sudden it would jump down run down into the street. Not a lot of dogs cats everywhere like cats on did on you see motorcycles, dogs cats on table kitchen table things sitting outside the, the restaurant walk into a restaurant so, and also there's a cat that comes over and sits next to my leg as i'm in the restaurant totally cool did you see dogs very there's there is some dogs but there's more cats like there is dogs just randomly so what's, like very like, like, old dogs, feral too? dogs what's the deal with the cats so i think it's a big thing there that they just take care of the cats and it's a cool thing to have cats like i asked my but the second day, at a different tour guide. No one owns these cats. No one owns They're these cats. They're just entirely feral. feral. So I was like, I see I see these cats, and I see, like, cat food in, like, little areas of the street. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I love the cats. And I'm, he drops his backpack, pulls his backpack out. He had a bag of cat food. He had a water dish for, for cats, and he had water for the cat as well. And he's like, yeah, some of these cats now know me, and I'll be walking down the street, and they'll come to me. I get out my cat food. I'll put the cat food down for him. The cat will eat it. I'll put the dish back in the thing, and I'll keep walking.
0: Are they, like stringy weird looking cats no, like they're, they're very healthy
2: looking cats <laughs> clean i have i have a giant photo thing i'm gonna post eventually cats of Istanbul. you should have brought one back with you you're a big cat uh, yeah, guy yeah he is no, a big cat you guy like cats. they're clean though clean like, looking they're not dirty like you can i don't know if they can, can, can hear english but i'm like you know talking to the cat cat comes over to me sits right next to they're me starts rubbing up on me. very friendly they're not scared of you at all like i said they'll be sitting on motorcycles they'll be sitting on tables like while well, people are eating there'll be cats on the on the next seat no one cares
0: no one cares it's My just, allergies would be. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it like one of the few things I'm pretty allergic to is cats.
2: Not a big fan of cats.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
2: so that's kind of interesting. Much more yeah. dog piss. And person. we went in this big, like, uh, underwater. It was basically like an w- old water holding tank thing back in the day. And it was like these giant, just, it was underground. So it's like it's very, like, humid once you walk in there. And uh, these giant pillars are just, I don't know, 100-some-foot pillars, like, all over the place in this the mm-hmm. water thing down below and that was super cool like seeing how they used to store water back in the day like
1: since you've come home have you done a bunch of reading and like kind of gone back and look at the history of the
2: place that you were i've been, I've been doing a lot more reading on tajikistan itself gotcha. like the istanbul part was really cool but again i'm not much of a tourist person and not much of a history buff i am when it comes to like ancient egypt yeah i, I love yeah. pyramids yeah. not that just is mind-blowing yeah. to me how we did that back in the day but even like we went to so the first day was we toured uh, the Europe side. so the a Europe side and then there's a big alleyway that separates Istanbul and full cats uh, on both sides. It's <laughs> we did So Europe. wild
0: to me, the cats like why cats? <laughs> They're
2: everywhere. Literally Literally everywhere. cats.
0: I mean, cats are like rabbits, if you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like they do not have an issue reproducing. so no. like where does it
2: end? where does it stop? there's all over the place like i said we we're in a restaurant eating like a nice restaurant who like
0: not, who like vaccinates these cats and like makes sure they don't make Bob sure
1: it's not big over there they don't have
0: fleas and like how does this work yeah. i'm so
2: confused on how this is like just a normal thing yep.
1: so istanbul's got a european side
2: you say yep uh, we're in the european side the first day and there's a big uh cut that basically separates that section of istanbul from both oceans and then the other side's Asia. So first day we toured Europe. You guys
0: definitely aren't as concerned as me about these goddamn <laughs> cats. It's so weird to me.
2: <laughs> it is weird. Like, I, uh, when, I, when I say I'm at a fancy, we, we had lunch at a really good restaurant one day. Tons of just meat everywhere. All of a sudden this cat comes in. Lily sits right next to me. I'm eating. Cats just like chilling. I, Do they I, jump up and eat your food? No, no. I eventually grab. They're a trained piece of, cats. I, yeah, I grab a piece of food. It's, uh, it's I, I feed, so insane. I, feed, I, feed, I fed the cat. The cat just lays down right next to me. And finally, the cat knew I was really friendly. And after after dinner, cat comes jumping up on me and just falls asleep on my lap it's as perfect. we're sitting there talking. It's just normal, and, and we're in a restaurant. This is not just like we're in like a. How are these cats so trained? My dog at home just jumps never on the jump table. On the and table. Eats food. Never jump on the table once.
1: Just used to people, I guess but they are everywhere that's weird
0: and how are all the cats so have such good manners how do they know
1: it's probably not much of a bird population
0: Pro- i yeah. was just gonna probably don't have rat, rats Bra- or mice or probably birds. not a lot of birds yeah god that's crazy
2: i mean i could pull up a bunch of photos but like,
0: huh. this is so, so uh, i don't know
2: what kind of food a what what kind of food you're asking the wrong person. Oh, just, really? We would show he just up. Open his mouth, close you know, we, we, we had a tour, tour <laughs> guide there. The and, and we're just like, we don't know what really to order. You know, We can't read any of the things mm-hmm. that are on there. And he's like, well, I'll just order for you. And most of the time, they just ordered a big like meat conglomerate of food and just tons of stuff. But there was one thing on this, we were on the Europe side, or no, the Asia side the second day, where they had these like really long like green vegetables. The Asia thing.
0: side? Is that what you were getting into? Yeah, the Europe side one.
2: and an Asia side. So it's really crazy about huh. Istanbul. Is like there's, it's on two different continents, but it's still the same city. Hmm. It's still the same country.
1: I don't so know. So so it's Europe anything. side and it's an Asia side. I'm really starting to feel like I did grow up in Animony, Utah, at this point. When you're talking, yeah, well. because I'm just like I don't know any of. Yeah. I've never heard any of this. Me either.
0: I'm like, I had a, was very blessed as a young kid being able to travel yeah. and like have seen some. Some stuff out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll I had pl- no clue about this.
2: I'll, huh. pull, I'll pull up Map for so at. I'll hand you the phone while I'm talking. Is
1: it two different culture? I mean, is it culturally different? Does it feel.
2: It feels very similar in a way. Like, mm-hmm. Isn't there, a, feel US- like anything different really isn't there a U.S.? Isn't there
0: a U.S. city that's half Canada, half U.S.? Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto? I think it might be Toronto.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it would be interesting though
0: yeah but like turkey and asia seems very different canada and u.s are very CMZs. similar <laughs> like that's a this is a weird concept <laughs> so you'll see, see we're right going here, from them. cats to this my my mind <laughs> right now in a blender back
2: on the cats so we're going to go on maps right now for you guys who can't see but like this is this is the uh europe side and this is the asia side Holy so shit. So it's, it's just basically a big slit that comes straight down Z- zoom, and separates the out. continent.
0: Whoa.
2: So, like, there's this big little whatever this bay thing is that separates out that goes into the Any ocean.
0: issues flying that close to Ukraine?
2: No, no. Nothing? They didn't say anything or anything like that, no. And here's this trail. That is it's wild. It's a big slit that separates both. So, so the second
0: day... My mind is officially in a blender.
2: Second day we were in Asia... On the Asia side of Istanbul. So you just cross a bridge? Yep. Just cross drive a, big, a giant, bridge? Giant bridge. Massive bridge. And it was really cool, too, because we went underneath the bridge at one point, too, and went down by the water and looked at everything. All these, you know, he's like, that's a cormorant. I'm like, yeah, I know that's a cormorant. Yeah. Got it. Like, Yep. Shot same, those same before. Bridge. And uh,
0: Dog won't even go get it. So
2: so we went in this one giant mosque on the Asia side. And it was one of those ones that was built recently. So it's not like a super old one. Mm-hmm. But I was absolutely, again, blown away with how did they build this. Giant, everything's marble on the inside. We mm. had to take off our shoes. We had to wear these little, you know. That ain't cheap. Plastic things around, around, our, around our feet. And then we would start walking in there. He starts explaining, like, you know, these are where these people, you know, sit there and pray, and they're facing a certain direction towards. I can't remember why they, This like this monument thing is facing a certain direction towards something else that means something religiously. I can't remember. Yeah. It's not a history buff, but I saw the sign that said women are not allowed on this, in this area. So what? even in these churches still to this day, he's like, yeah. So I asked, I asked my tour guide. He's like, he's like, you can ask us about anything. So i I'm like, I, this is really interesting to us. We're all asking about religious yeah. stuff and how this stuff works and how, who can come and pray in here and do all those things. And he was like, yeah, see all the balconies up on top. And I was like, yeah. He's like, that's where the women pray. They're not allowed downstairs. Why? Cause it's still like way back in the day how <laughs> men could pray down, downstairs, close close up front, and the women have to be up on top. Uh,
0: so wild! It's like with the World Cup and and Qatar, you everyone coming home and talking about it's just, man, it's twenty twenty two, shit's so wild. Yeah. But then honestly, you think about it in, I don't know, in U.S. terms, right? Like the Masters, Augusta, like they, bare. I mean, barely changed the rules. Really? Just barely change. Yeah. Hmm. Like women were not allowed to be members there as of, <laughs> I want to say, 10 years ago, maybe really? five years ago. Yeah. Like wow. it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's but bizarre. anyways, like over there, I mean, it's 2022 to think about that. It's just wild. Yeah. Different. The women literally can't go there.
2: Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so that was, that was really interesting to me, but
1: so you spent that, so the, you spent two days then. So you spent a full day on the. The Europe, you know, Euro- European, European side, side and then a day on the Asian side.
2: Yep. Just kind of sightseeing, checking it out.
0: Ethnically, on the Europe side, were they European looking? Were they Eastern European looking?
2: I would say you a little know? bit more Eastern European looking.
0: So more like Russian
2: type mm-hmm. look? Yeah, there's a lot of people that are there that are Russian and there's a lot of Russian vehicles and they kept talking about people coming over from
0: Russia. Russia after I that would imagine, happened. yeah. And then when you went to the Asian side, was it, it seemed
2: kind of very similar, honestly. Ethnically, it wasn't Asian wasn't anything stuff. Wasn't different, no. Yeah. Like, the, like, the way he was explaining it to you, like, it's one big area. Obviously, everything's, you know, there's different religions all across the thing. Sometimes it's very similar. But, like, I didn't see a lot of differences, honestly. Yeah. But Melting pot of a big city. Yeah. Just saw a bunch but of you everything. But just, you could just tell, like, different parts of, like, the old town and the new town yeah, area. Yeah, for sure. And, like, all the big mosques everywhere. And, like, I can't remember what, how we, there was a thousands of mosques like it's a, it's crazy how many actually muslim mosques. culture
0: mm-hmm. yeah what a cool opportunity like primarily muslim culture like mm-hmm. that was that's what it is
2: yep. and every every morning they had the, i think they have three different times of day that they pray, they pray or, yeah yep. and it's over played over the loudspeaker mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the whole mm-hmm. the whole country like whatever they're doing in the, doing the pray thing but it's every morning at like six thirty, 30 but i was like what was that noise outside i was like oh yeah that was that's their pray time Honestly, it's, it's, it's really kind of cool. cool, like that it's sense really of cool. community
0: of 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 that.
2: And again, I wish I knew more about that stuff. Community ritual, like I explain d- it right now. Think that's a very healthy
0: thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that kind of stuff. When you come home, would be I'd be combing through that just to I, I'm just to see. I'm, when I get back to and go, I'm gonna go back to Minnesota for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I think me and my dad. It has something sit down to do with the sun,
0: go. doesn't it? Like face the sun as it rises, and then midday as it's. Overhead. I have no I don't idea. Know. I should. I just. I know. Um, I don't. Um, I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah. There, there you go. Runs a little cat, just hanging out in <laughs> <on> an orchard.
0: <laughs> a healthy looking cat. <laughs> yeah. Like way too healthy.
2: <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a cat on an e-bike, or e-scooter.
0: Beautiful cat too. Just, That's just what's wild to me. E-scooter, just <laughs> chilling. How do they not look just mangy and nasty? Very
1: attractive cat. You should have brought that one home with you.
0: Yeah.
2: Put it in the new place. Wild man. So, on the third day, do you have another flight? Yep. So, now we had to go back into the Istanbul airport, talk to Sonny again, our little guy who wheels He never. Wheels. He
0: only stayed with you in Turkey. That was it. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
2: And uh, so, we're going through the airport, grabbing our stuff. And uh, here's a funny thing. My dad accidentally had five extra rounds Uh-oh. in his bag. Ugh. That wasn't in the 40. So, we had my dad had 45 rounds. Uh-oh. Dad did not know it because we were shooting guns in Minnesota. Yeah, and I had this; it was like an ammo wallet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we go through; so you have like go through security right when you walk into the airport. You go through a pre-security. There's two different securities. Mm-hmm. Pre one right away. Check our bags. Not and mad it, about
0: that. Just you know. It's pretty. Yeah. Makes you feel safe. Just different. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so obviously our guns and our normal ammo is already in the like the military security area. That Sonny yeah. helped our guns in the day before. So we're checking in. My dad's sick of a nomad bag. All of a sudden they're like, yeah, you got some stuff in here. And my dad's like, okay, whatever. Go through it. Like, what could it be? Like dad didn't totally forgot that he had those five extra rounds and, uh, they pull him out and they're like, yeah, this is bad. And Sonny, this is why, this is why like you could do a hunt like this without maybe a booking agent. If you knew how to do things. But like, this is why this guy, Sonny just told them basically what to do. He's like, Nope, this is okay. Like whatever, just get rid of it. Like, it's fine like and these guys were like kind of upset that my dad had extra rounds like it's not allowed you know it's like when you go through security and you actually have a, a firearm this on is the bar.
0: turkish security Tr- turkish security yeah and so, so is it the 40 round law there too
2: mm-hmm. well it's like i don't know if it's 40 round law there but the ammo was supposed to be somewhere else oh, it was not right. supposed to be on our on it's loose our person. ammo yeah, yeah it's it's loose, loose ammo.
1: ammo yeah it'd be the same thing
2: yeah right? if you have, yeah for sure if you're going through one of our things yeah, and you had yeah, a hunting backpack you know but this is there and you can't understand him and so this is why having sunny there because he could speak turkish yeah right and uh so he's just like he's just literally telling these guys what to do and we're like whoa like sunny you're talking sounds like you're getting fired up here and basically it's like yep whatever get, get rid of the ammo like it's okay and we're like how'd you just do that he's like oh yeah, i deal with this stuff all the time like he just basically told them what to do wow. and, like, Not his first smooth, s- smooth it all over wow and pulled better, out man. a lot of cash yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> cut into his alcohol budget but <laughs> yeah. hey. So that was a little interesting, and like both my so that that
0: right. flew over good though like over, all good
2: flew over really easy, but it seems really scary. At the Whoa! Time. Yeah, because here for we are sure. about to go in another flight, and we can't get detained here because you know we st- we, we made sure we were there, you know, four hours early before the flight. But yeah. still, we don't want
0: what a, logistically uh, how uh, how structured are the the times and days you need to be in Tajikistan? Like I would imagine it's pretty it's pretty tight, right? It's pretty like tight window as the. Whatever outfit you went with through Hunting Consortium, right? Because yep. that's not the outfit, is it? It's nope. a different outfit different. through Hunting Consortium. Yep. It's through a Hunting Consortium, but a different. I would outside. imagine they run it like pretty tight, pretty logistically. Tight. Yep. So if you got detained for a day or two, that's probably yeah. Because
2: then it's going to detain all the vehicles from us driving there, and then those guys need oh, to drive shit. there, and then some of those guys don't. They're, they're just drivers, so they just drive us to camp and then they leave again. So it detains all oh. that stuff. So if you get hung up and you, and if you miss a flight, like good I luck. would
0: love to talk to Hunting Consortium or the outfit about some crazy like yeah logistics yeah Would bad you? like some bad shit to stay because away because that's
2: from. why like i said having someone to go through like this to help us deal with all the permits help us have someone on boots on the ground with us to yep. help us walk through everything because yeah like i said you could do it by yourself but you don't know how to go through all this stuff and then once we got through there he instantly was like give me your passports give me your passports i hand him all his passports he goes and deals with our bags and he's like all right now i need to take your passport somewhere else and it's like it's very confusing we went through the pre-security checked our bags went through another little area had to hand her passport to someone else they had to look over everything they had to check them out we're not getting our passport stamped yet we didn't go with the customs and then from there we go through and then we finally go through customs and then you go through another security area like a normal plane type thing and you're getting checked again and it's just like knowing all those little pieces we had to go through just to even get to customs to get to security was very confusing to me Mm -hmm. and obviously like somebody's flighted attendant people like could speak a little english but like it's still right. very difficult to understand Yeah, it's still and then, yeah.
0: It, when you're trying to get like foundational information across that's like a necessity for what you have to do next that's where there's the communication breakdown i'm sure like the niceties is very understood hello how are you thank yeah. you right <laughs> but when you start getting to like yeah i need to know. do this thing and then, <laughs> yeah
2: and then now here we are in the istanbul airport and i have to go get my covid results oh god so now I'm like, how stressed were you? Honestly, I was, I was seriously, honestly how stressed? Very, very stressed. Cause like, what is going to happen here? How much money am I going to have to pay to get another test right away? Cause I had to pay, I think it was 250 us to get the Holy test. Holy shit. Oh really? Yeah. It was expensive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so I, we he, could've,
1: you could have just taken some with you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, <laughs> we got him kicking around all over. Yeah. yeah. So he, so yeah. he walks over there, grabs it and he's like, here's your paperwork. He just hands it to me. And I'm like, what are my results? It's like open it up, open it up. Negative. I'm like, oh my gosh.
0: Was your dad nervous?
2: His dad was vexed, right? Yeah, His, your dad, dad was my nervous. dad. My dad got he had
0: to because he went to uh, Greenland.
2: Something no, he like he. Well, he got he got he was supposed to go on a muskox hunt, but then that got Greenland. He was oh you know, he's going go to Nunavik.
0: That's what it was.
1: Yep. Isn't so it bizarre, though, that your dad is vaxxed and we yep, know my, that my you can still get COVID and pass yeah. COVID so being so vaxxed. How, my, how my, dare you, But, but he doesn't have to be...
0: How dare yeah, you say trail. that? <laughs> how <laughs> dare you <laughs> say <laughs> that majority, the vast majority of positive cases today are actually people who Va- are vaxxed. Yeah. And, and my dad is... You're not supposed to say that.
2: I know. I just think that's weird. My dad is obviously the type of person who hates that you had to do that, but he, he got it early on because... He didn't want to be limited in traveling because he's now retired. And he yeah, wanted i mean, to go I on those crazy hunts. I, I don't care one he, way or the other. I just think, look. Yeah, I mean, I was, he hates it now. He wishes he never got.
0: Th- it. If, if I so worked my ass off in life to be retired and now go on these hunts, of course, it, of yeah. course, like it's just what you got to do. There's right? just I
1: mean, so many things like that that are
0: just you know, it makes no sense, man. I mean, and he could still get yeah. it, but he
2: doesn't. He doesn't have to get tested. But because you had that stupid little piece of paperwork, you're clear to go. And it's like, and one little piece of paperwork could be the deciding factor if I can hunt or not hunt. That but for scary. him, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's so wild. Interesting. So I got that, luckily. Was your dad giving you shit? Oh, yeah. Like, you
0: stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why and, don't you and, get vexed? <laughs> and,
2: of course, the Canadian guys, they had to be because. Canada. Yeah, they're, they're forced Canadian. to. So I'm the only one here now. I'm holding up everyone while we're trying to go into this other place. And
1: Reality, they could have all been carrying it.
2: Yeah. It's so wild. It's, it's so Very wild. bizarre. So, yeah, then we you know walk into Istanbul Airport again, and now we're in the area where we go you know, going to go fly. Or Wait walk. off your shoulders now? Like Wait, now, you're everything's off my shoulders. Just super excited. Oh, one thing I mentioned too about we jump on to Tajikistan, Turkish coffee. Phenomenal. I've heard. I did bring some back. I've you did? Of,
0: yeah. So, so nice. when my son, when I was living in Philadelphia with my son, they have a very big Ethiopian culture mm-hmm. and coffee is a massive thing over there. And one of the, one of the guys I would, work with over there to help me get this long-stay apartment and he kind of helped with the logistics of the hospital my son and us going back and forth um he's he's i mean freshly out of ethiopia goes back all the time we got into coffee and he was saying turkish is turkish he is said so it's good. amazing
2: like all the little coffee shops like i was like hey guys i'm addicted to coffee like yeah. i want to check out these coffee shops i went in a bunch of different yeah, coffee he shops took me to coffee. a bunch it's of so freaking good
0: he took me to a bunch of ethiopian coffee shops in philadelphia and he's like Turkey's kind of the only one that's kind of the next the next thing it's Mm -hmm. probably
1: not quite as good as the maverick no i mean mean, it's your
0: the stop for your next adventure i mean i hit
1: hit that (laughs) one on my way home you know it's it's pretty good it is good
0: i hit that (laughs) uh, the come and go love their coffee i'd hit that every day in colorado twice a day yeah um so you know maverick's good too just the best tagline on the in the world too for a hunter your adventures next stop the adventures next stop every time i drive by i'm like that's my guy that's where I'm going.
2: Yeah. And then, then we finally get into the airport area, start so walking down to our gate. And I'm just like looking around like this airport is so freaking huge again. Just blown away. It's wild, man. Get all get all the way over there, sit down, just waiting. Um, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the, the ladies come walking up like, hey, we need to see your visa. We need to see your, you know, we need to check all your documents, check your boarding pass. They like, come walking up to you and they'll walk around and check everyone's stuff because now we're going to fly to a different country again. And they have to ask for my uh, vaccine pa- right. paperwork right away, and I'm like, "Yep, here you go." And I'm like, "Negative," and they're like, "Okay, you're good to go." And they asked the other people if they were like vaccinated and stuff. I was like, "That was weird." Hmm. But then we had another super long flight, and so now we're like, we've been up all morning till this day. We're gonna jump on a plane, and this other plane I think was seven seven hours from. So it's, it's another, another trip. Another Man, job, that's a long ways. Yeah, from from Istanbul to Dushanbe, and we land. So it's another international flight, get a bunch of food on there, just hanging out. Like, again, just trying to soak up what I'm about to do. Land in Dushanbe at 1 a.m. in the morning. And they're like, yeah, whenever we get guns, whenever we get baggage, we can just, we'll leave from there and start driving to, to, to camp. Mm-hmm. We didn't get our bags until three, or bags and the rifles checked in. Like, we got some of our bags and all of a sudden the rifles hadn't shown up. Ugh. So we're literally sitting there. All these other hunters are there. And unfortunately, a lot of these other hunters were other international hunters. So we really couldn't talk to them because they yeah. spoke another know the language enough. Where but are we, they from? They're all over the place. Really? Like, yeah, it was kind of really cool. Like they're all going to different areas of Tajikistan. Some and they're them, all going some sheep were, hunting. Ibex. S- most of them were sheep hunters. A lot of them were Ibex. There was a few guys going after Markor.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I talk, I met you a guy. You ever looked
2: at a Markor? Mm.
0: Talk, we no. talked to Kevin Smalls. Mm-hmm. phenomenal guy we met him in colorado when we were on our hunt because he was with one of my best friends uh, in his outfit and we'd meet up for dinner and stuff talk to him he the mark hunts <laughs> whoa yeah that would that's be that's pinnacle those yeah. are pretty penny though like go, beyond a pretty penny
1: going into this do you know what the like what's your hunt camp will look like do you know what your travel look like do i know you, what the
2: travel looks like because luckily there's a lot of good youtube videos out there that kind of describe the whole process, landing in Dushanbe, dealing with all that stuff, driving on some of these roads, stopping halfway at some of these ch- checkpoint areas, and then continue on. So I knew what when I was you say expect. going
0: sheep hunting, is it only Marco Polo? Is yeah. there anything else? It's only Marco, right there, right?
2: Yep. I mean, there there's some wild boar hunting as well in Tajikistan, and then it's just ibex, and then Marco, and, Mar- and then you, then you have yaks.
0: I wonder how many Mar- Marco Polo, not
2: Marco. Yeah, Marco Polo. But and horse too mark Hors. in, Chikistan? in Chikistan. oh shit yeah. i thought those they were in gi- Iraq they have, gi- they have giant mark like, how,
1: so, how many other hunters do you think there were
2: i think the majority of the the little area we were staging there's probably like 20 20 some people wow. all hunters there like all waiting for our guns Wild. interesting there's so, cause there's so many different outfits and yeah how many there,
0: like, marco polo outfits are there
2: that's what I'm wondering. And well, how like does it ha- run? Is many, it like Canada many, where they have so these blocks? Yeah, or how many f- so total sheep do they take? So here's the, here's it's the thing. It's a great question. There is a population in Tajikistan of 29,000 Marco Polos. Really? 29,000. There's only 110 permits issued per year.
0: Whoa. Huh. Talk huh. So about game management.
2: Yeah.
1: Even though, I mean, 110 is... I mean that's quite a few sheep. And it's the quite little, a few. The little
2: yeah, little, it uh, is. I mean, I mean the little concession area we were hunting, I believe. Don't fully quote me on this, but I believe it was three hundred thousand hectares. Not sure what Mexico goes in hectares too. So that's a giant concession area. There's nine thousand Marco Polos in the hunting area I was in. Nine thousand. Nine thousand. And in that camp, they do, they do sixty. Sixty total are in that giant area of Mar- Marco Polos. But there's only 110 tags. Total tags per year and that includes residents is it like a thing? is it like
0: a you know we use the term federal as like the government oversight so using it in the same terms over there do they have like a federal oversight yep. of yep. these animals and like which really, what's
2: really really cool about this so we're, the guys i was hunting at they run the famous hot springs camp yeah they're the they oversee it all there's that's a probably family, the it's been the family business for 40 some years Family business? family business. I didn't know thing. that. That's it's super that's awesome. cool. And the, the yeah. so like
0: the kids are now have taken it over, yep. kind of thing. So
2: the really sad thing is the one guy who owned it. He recently passed away.
0: The guy who started it.
2: Who was like one of the main guys. I don't know if he started it, but I think he. I think he actually did start it. Okay. So he is, well, I was told the nicest human in the world. He literally lives for wildlife. He's the biggest conservationist ever. He wants. He would have people come in from the tajikistan to stay there to do surveys he would help them do surveys he would help them with all the hunter numbers and they would write down all the sheep they kill all the measurements of everything all the ibex give them all that data take them out there show them where the snow leopards are do they age these animals did yep, you guys they, pull teeth they do everything that's with really it. cool and so he was really big. Or i guess the ram is easier to do yeah over. he was really big on just showcasing like what the population is in this area and what they can sustain and how many tags they actually could do and wanted more wildlife studies and research just to yeah. showcase that they're doing so well. And they have proof that they're doing so well because literally they see a metric shit ton of snow leopards every year. So because of their Marco population and their Ibex population increasing, the snow leopard population have is increased. also
0: increased. Yeah, I mean, like he said at that point... Two plus two equals four on that one, right? <laughs> so I mean, he said while
2: we, while we were there hunting, I'm not the
0: smartest guy on the planet, but it seems like that would be a natural progression. So this, yeah. this
2: season... At that point in the season, they had already seen 37 snow leopards. Wow.
0: Huh. Hey, so so on the on the aging thing, do, on those Marcos, do they age ring normally just age like our normally, sheep? Yep. Okay. Are they
2: not susceptible to disease like sheep that would, we, we would have in North America? That's really crazy. Like my dad was sitting down, so the, the guy who passed away, unfortunately he passed away because he got the, he got the COVID vi- the vi- shot vi- and then later on had some complications. But he was a jacked human. Can't mm-hmm.
0: say that. he was super
2: super super cool guy so like he was talking about his dad and all this did he have
0: the myocarditis like the heart stuff yeah
2: so he recently passed away but everyone's like he's the salt of the earth the nicest guy ever like and now his son and his uncle is also like taking over everything and so it's really cool just talking to them again about the wildlife side of it and all the research studies are doing and just you know making it what it is today not sure where That's it was awesome. going with that, but it's like. But no, no disease. No, the disease part. The disease part. Yes. Yeah. No so pneumonia. my dad was talking to him about it, and we were like, "How do you help deal with like there is some sheep down lower, like domestic sheep, and there's goats and stuff like that." How too. close? But they they do keep them separated.
0: Completely. They so try like to
2: keep them separated. Like he's, he's he was explaining that they work hand in hand closely with the shepherds in the area. So the shepherds are just living out in the middle of nowhere with these little tiny like you away like buildings they're they're tiny little buildings all built out of stone and just crazy so he will they will go around too and, and like not try to tell them how to live but like if you guys want you know m- more money in this area because like, sheep hunting has to continue mm-hmm. ibex hunters have to keep coming here and so you guys we don't want you to have an, a ton of domestic sheep in this area because it could impact our wild sheep and even the yak numbers too that are trying to help them control it because these guys take care of them like he's like, when we were driving around and we'd see a shepherd out there. Like they're literally, it's, you know, negative 15 degrees out and they just have the clothes that barely looks like they're going to keep warm. Their faces completely covered. Little eye slits and little mouth slit. And they're just out there walking. Do they have Western
0: birds. gear on or yeah. do they have their, their own, their
2: own stuff? We would just give them giant bags of fruit, giant bags of food as we're driving around. He's like, we have doctors in camp. These people use our doctors. We want them to do that. It's their own little infrastructure. They help all the shepherds out. And so, like, the shepherds are in their concession. Obviously, they live there, too. And all Mm -hmm. this land is government land. It's not, like, privately owned at all. So, like, they help the shepherds, and they help the shepherds, like, determine kind of how much population of animals they can can raise. Even though they're kind of, in a way, telling them how to run their business, but not. Because, like, they know the overarching thing is, like, these sheep and these ibex that's what brings all the money into here yeah. and it helps you guys out too. Because One then of the we coolest. get the doctors, we get the health, we get all, we take care of you guys. Like we you know, employ some of them.
0: Yep. One of the coolest things I have, I have seen traveling internationally specifically for hunting is the infrastructure that is built on the back of the hunt. Yep. Right. Like it, it provides its mm-hmm. own, just like you're talking about. It's so awesome that, but it, we were still that.
2: all concerned. Like how are your sheep numbers so big with having domestic sheep in the area yeah, Our are, ours are so messed up here.
0: With your biology your your animal biology background, will sheep will they get and and um, transmit pneumonia themselves just in their own population, mm-hmm. or does it take an outside force
1: well they they'll get it typically from an outside force, but yeah, then they'll transmit it one you know between each other yeah so
0: if they if if they truly are keeping the outside forces separate
1: yeah, I mean that's yeah I mean does that
0: keep pneumonia out of the herd
1: in theory. Yeah, right? I mean yeah, I mean in theory if you keep the two of them separated. I'm just wondering like do, are Marco's not susceptible to pneumonia It, it like, must they, not
2: be as it, much, right? We were asking, like deserts or rockies. We were asking it they did, they didn't seem very too overly concerned with it to yeah. be honest. Like it wasn't and, something and that's again, on top I, of their mind. And again,
1: it's my own ignorance. I just I don't know anything about Marco's. I don't know if and maybe yeah. maybe they're not. Maybe yeah. they co evolved for so long that they're I mean evacuating. they are
0: so hard just in body size they're alone, a lot bigger animal late, so maybe they are just hardier and less susceptible to yeah. smaller yeah, to things disease. like that yeah so but yeah. having
2: a population just mind-blowing to me 29,000 yeah that's a lot of sheep
0: for 110 yeah and they
2: obviously have to, they have to the factor in like there's a lot of snow leopards Snow leopards are de- yeah. definitely taking a toll wolves definitely take a toll yeah. and those those are the only predators there's no coyotes there there's red fox, but there's yeah. no coyotes. Those I've been and.
0: super fortunate to be to go up north three times now, um, once to to watch a hunt twice on a, a hunt of my own, and to get the rams up north over eight years old is a it's a task. Mm-hmm. Like it's the mor- the mortality rate of pre eight years old is is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Do they have that issue over there, or do you see a lot of like those eight year old plus type rams? We'll get
2: well, into in a little bit, but like I my, would think my give- my ram. 10 and a half years I was going to say, insane.
1: given a population of 29,000 and you're only removing 110, you know, I, w- I would think that the age structure through that population is probably pretty robust. Well, I
0: mean, up it, north up north is the winter that is really yeah. hard on that eight-year-old age class. But
2: there, it's horrible winter. It's so wild. It's, cra- just hardier, it's crazy to me. And like a lot of them do migrate from uh, Afghanistan. There's also a giant population in Afghanistan because you have that uh, little corridor right there. Can you hunt state. them in Afghanistan or no? I don't believe so anymore. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to do something, think but it would be, able be able pretty unsafe for any of us to do that. But Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we left Duchenne. So we we're in Dushanbe, Bay waiting for our rifles. I didn't get my rifle until 3.45 in the morning. We landed at 1 a.m. We're just sitting there Why? hanging out. Because it took so long to get off the plane or check them or whatever because Dushanbe Airport is not very big. Tiny? It's the capital, but it's tiny. Like, I felt like I could walk around and do anything in that airport without, like, there's no security really, like, the guys so like, are just like Bozeman. Yeah, and you walk like in there. there's, a, there's a there's a bar right there too, like a like a cool little bar. Like, you are always waiting there. So we get our stuff at three, four, five in the morning, start our drive. Is we it had, Muslim
0: culture there too? Yep. So huh. so
2: we, so we get, get all our stuff. Finally, uh, we, we met our next guy who's going to help us throughout the rest of the way. Eldar is his name. Super awesome guy. He's been working for hunting consortium for a long time. Hunted all over the place. Hunts all over the world. It's, very, hmm. sm- very smart guy. Um, Getting our little, like, Toyota Land Cruisers, those are the vehicles we use for hunting. And I was blown away, too, when I was in. Great vehicles. Yeah, when I was in. Istanbul, yeah, I'd love one. When Dude. I was in Istanbul and when I was in Tajikistan, I think I only saw three pickup trucks the entire time. There's no really? pickup trucks anywhere. And the pickup trucks there, are like, they look different than ours, of yeah. course. But, like, I was blown away. No one has a pickup. Everyone has these Land Cruiser type vehicles. Great vehicle. Those things. Forerunners. Are- and yeah. ev- everything's all stacked on top with the big racks. it. Really,
0: yeah. You Think about how many generations those vehicles have lasted. Like those are, <laughs> yeah. those are the ones.
2: Yeah. So now our next part of our adventure starts. Like this is where it starts getting wild.
0: <laughs> this is the only thing I know about this Marco Hunt because I've been drawn to this adventure. I've been drawn to all this stuff. Every time you hear about the the car ride, is oh, where yeah. I'm just like, yeah. okay. Yeah, me too. T- t- tell me all about the so car at thi- ride. So at
2: this point now, I've already been flying. I think it was twenty. One hours or 20, twenty hours, I think it was. That's not including time at the airport. That's actually time in an airplane flying. Twenty mm-hmm. hours. We get here, and at our total drive time now from this spot to camp, and this is broken up in a couple of days, is twenty-one hours of driving. That's a lot of time. That's that's where I just it, well,
0: that's where I'm like, okay, this is. And this, this is, is
2: nuts. this is this is not twenty-one <laughs> hours of driving at sixty miles an hour, smooth roads, just cruising. This is dirt road. For from Dushanbe, for a little bit, maybe an hour or two, it's a decent road, but still really windy. And I, I don't think there's any laws on speed limits or where you can drive. I think (laughs) anything goes. Because my driver,
1: Uh, are you and your dad in the same vehicle? Yeah, me, my my, driver. Yeah, me, my dad, and the driver.
2: And uh, this driver is hilarious. He couldn't speak any English at all, but we could tell when he was like basically swearing at other people like he's constantly honking his horn yeah. i've never seen a guy honk his horn so much yeah. like we're driving as one of those point, when, international the, the, cultures when the road, yeah, traveled, a cultural thing. they when the love was, their horns man yeah. they love them when the road was nice we're literally driving i don't know 50 60 miles an hour there'd be cattle on the road and we're just hauling ass right next to them. i'm like that cow could step out any second and we just nuke it and it's like <laughs> the cows kind of know just to walk in a straight line they don't like run over but like he's honking at them and he's like Sounds like he's swearing or whatever. All of a sudden we get to a big band of, you know, goats or sheep in the road, like all over the road, like everywhere. They're just running all over the place. He's just honking the horn the whole time. (laughs) The shepherd guys are like, you know, tapping their goats and sheep trying to get off the road. And he just flies by them. At one point, the road is literally like a two-lane road. And we made it into like a six-lane road because it was like vehicles all stacked up. And he's like (sighs) weaving around these vehicles. And I'm just like, this guy's a legit wheel man. Like he's... Knows he's a, he's a driver. driver. He's a professional. He's, he's, he's literally a driver. That's this what he is does. his profession. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Are you seeing a lot of other vehicles on the road? Are you seeing uh, like houses? I mean, pe- people?
2: Yeah, we, we we went through a lot of like little villages on the way. And finally, we got in a place where it was just nothing. And then we got up on top of this big plateau mountain area. And we stopped, and took some pictures. And we drove a little bit further. And that's when I we find, he's like, he kept pointing. And he's like, Afghanistan. So now from there on out, we're driving along the Pang River. The famous, this is
0: the famous, a lot of pictures, a lot of videos that I've seen.
2: This is is the area that's Tajikistan on one side, literally Afghanistan right on the other side. Gotcha. So So this is really cool, though, like drive. Massive valley, right? River at the bottom. Massive valley. The river is just nasty. Like, if you are a person who likes whitewater rafting, this would be the most intense whitewater rafting ever. This would put everything else in the United States to shame. Like this yeah. river is gnarly. Hmm. There's lots of places where it meanders and breaks off into big giant valleys, but like once you get in those canyon areas and this is where you just <laughs> oops, excuse me. Get into little like small villages here and there, like in those shepherds, sheep crossing the road. Is it
1: mostly snow covered?
2: Uh down this valley, no. It's, it's like it's like a high desert type stuff. Okay. And so they don't get like there's so many twenty thousand foot mountains around there that absorb all the snow that somebody. We talked about
0: fourteeners in Colorado. They're talking yeah. 20s. Not
2: a lot of vegetation. It's just like a little like high elevation grassland type stuff. It kind of reminds me a lot of just looking around here in Nevada. Hmm. Like islands of mountains everywhere, valleys, grass, rocks, and then islands of mountains. But really cool about driving along this border of Afghanistan, looking over and just like we were blown away. Like right away, like oh, there's some people in Afghanistan. <laughs> like there's like, yeah, such a yeah, stigma I mean, right they're, they're, they're li- yeah like, it's a thing but, but they're literally like they're normal people <laughs> i mean yeah like and they, like they're not like this isn't the taliban but like they're literally just normal people living with nothing yeah like there's like there's power lines on Tajikistan side there's nothing over there hmm. like when i say nothing there's nothing a shitty little dirt road and that's it and they're just like walking their yaks some people are riding the yaks like they're just Moving their herds and doing like see all these little like villages like they have all these uh, I don't know what you call them those little rock things built into the mountain to like hold the ve- like make green vegetation there's a big rock wall another little green thing underneath like a little step. Like, green terraced. areas yeah and there's all that stuff there's like old little developments that I can see used to be a town and now it's just nothing anymore over the years and it's like that's that Af- there's people in Afghanistan and all of a sudden we were driving along and the, our guide was our driver. He like, he like said something like white flags. And we we're like, what, what is white flag? And he's like Taliban. Really? You see these white flags on the Afghanistan side. And it's just like, I guess, probably like us, how we have American flag. We're proud to be an American. You know, people have American flags in the yard. Those are the people that are Taliban, Taliban supporters. Hmm. Whoa. So you drive along, you see some white flags. And that means that's either they're Taliban right there or they are supportive of the
0: Taliban movement. Whoa. How many of those do you see?
2: four or five maybe. Huh. And so that's kind of wild. Like you're literally driving on the border of Afghanistan for like eight, 10 hours, the whole entire way, the rest of the way.
1: You listen to the radio? No, it was a (laughs) silent.
2: I kind of wish we would have. (laughs) I'm
1: just curious. All the little, all the little things, you know, know. you wonder like,
2: but the thing that was kind of scary too, which again, why I loved being part of like the hunting consortium side of it. Like we had these drivers They knew how to go through all this stuff. There was security checkpoints all over the place.
1: Oh, so you were continually going through through checkpoints? Checkpoints.
2: Like literally the gate in the road. Like you can't go any further. You have to stop here. And they always dig in here grab some coins. And they go and just hand them to the military officer. And they, like obviously they can see a bunch of gear. And they never had to check passports or anything, but they had to see what we're doing in the vehicle. Did you ever
0: find out what those checkpoints were for? What they were serving as? They're mainly
2: for like they're so concerned about Afghanistan and Taliban. That's why they're on that side. Like there's literally you'd be driving, you'll see guys just walking with semi-automatic weapons like the military people just walking down the road and they just have this certain path. They walk every single day. They're all spread apart and they turn around and walk back and the other guys come this way to like, they're, they're just, just literally patrolling patrolling walking the down the road, patrolling the road For border.
0: Taliban. That's what yep. it's for.
2: Yeah. And so there's all those little checkpoints and he constantly would grab coins and has to pay them but other their cars are can go by but like we drive by a little security area there's no gate in the road but they would just like be out in the middle of the street flagging us down like they would constantly flag us and pull us over and then another car would drive by but i think they just knew like you know we had gear and stuff they want to make sure we're not mm-hmm. some taliban people or someone trying to help those people out maybe but so that was always interesting because you never knew like what's going to happen at a street security check point. because sometimes they're talking really loud but that's kind of the culture too they talk louder so yeah. i'm like are they it's like new yorkers are they ar- are going back and forth right
0: now? <laughs> new yorkers now? it's endearing to be like fuck you yeah. man yeah hey <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. i was
2: just gonna break out an impersonation but i skipped yeah it. I, I was gonna I th- try i thought, to. I thought I just, about it and i just left, left it, like, it at the nope. solid fu that's <laughs> <Yeah>. new york <laughs> so we had a long long drive that day just to uh get to the next spot which is Karag. it's actually a area that has a university in uh, tajikistan And then right on the border too is Afghanistan and the road before there started to get really nasty and the road after there was super nasty, but we stayed overnight in Karag, and just a little, like, I don't know if it's a hotel, it's kind of like a house hotel type Mm -hmm. thing. Had some phenomenal food. And this guy, you can obviously tell is like set up for like sheep hunters, like in his house, he had a bunch of sheep pictures everywhere and stuff like that. And, uh, so the next morning we woke up super early and then I think we had another 10 hour drive at this point. Whoa. Like, and this is where, your ass
1: hurting at this point
2: yeah and this is where <laughs> i jokingly said next time if we ever do a road like this this is like it's hard to explain what this road's like but it's like driving a logging road for 10 yeah, hours right. super slow potholes everywhere Ugh. one lane so like you have a semi truck coming by you get to pull off to the side and obviously you're just hauling ass my guy's honking the horn the whole time at people like
0: you're gaining to tons of elevation tons right now right the time, like yeah. the whole time you're just gaining
2: yep and this is the point where i was like next time we do this I'm going to bring a football helmet and a neck brace and find something to knock myself out because constantly <laughs> you're just like banging your head against the window anyway. That's the worst. And like, but what's,
0: the, what's, the, what's the movie? Is it uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, where the girl has narcolepsy and he gets her a football helmet so she can just fall asleep anywhere?
2: I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> it it is that movie. Yeah. That's what you need to do, yeah. the football helmet. But again, so we're this whole drive thing the day before and then once we left Karag, head into sheep camp, Like, I wanted to be awake. Like, I didn't want to fall asleep because I wanted to soak up everything we're driving by. Like, it was so cool seeing Afghanistan, seeing all the people. Seeing all the people, even in Tajikistan side, like, when we stopped at these security checkpoints. Like, some of these people are just super nice. Like, we stopped at this random, like, quote-unquote gas station once. All right? Like, with guys, like, we need gas. Pull up, and, like, there's no gas pumps. He literally walks in hands them whatever money. They come out with five-gallon buckets. <laughs> like, that's how they fill up, <laughs> uh, pay for and fill up gas for a vehicle. So, literally, they taking a funnel. A five-gallon bucket. A funnel with a five-gallon bucket and filling <laughs> up the vehicle.
0: Wow. That's cool.
2: So, that was really neat. And, like, even, like, we stopped at a little town like that, and we're not stopping there long. It's, like, a little village. Like, people can obviously tell we're not from there, but they're very friendly. No one's, like, giving us weird looks or doing anything. Like, that was, like, a lot of the people who would ask us questions who I told who I was going there, like, is it going to be safe? And literally, there was not a time where I where I felt unsafe at all throughout mm-hmm. the whole drive, which was really reassuring. For sure, because you're right next to Afghanistan.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's Afghanistan. There's yeah. a stigma, right?
2: No, but the mountains there, like on that road, are so epic. Like. Like, I, I tried rolling down the window a lot, taking a bunch of photos while we're driving. I had the driver stop a bunch because I'm like, I'm never going to see this country. Yeah. I, yeah. Wanna, I took so many photos, videos on my phone, video on my camera, like, just trying to soak up the drive. It was really cool. At one point, we got to this one big check station, like, really big check station. Mountains around there were epic. So, I'm like, well, we're stopping here. And my dad's like, I'm going to stop, get out and, like, stretch your legs because, like, your load is beating your freaking body. Yeah, like That's the, the worst. Drive. I hate that. That is the worst. And, and the problem is, too, like, I am... You know, yeah, you're almost tall. six foot six. Yeah. And so when I sit in a vehicle, my knees are always up yep. like this when I'm sitting down. Yeah. And so my ass cheeks are just demolished. <laughs> like, nice. I've never felt nice. so demolished in my life. Like, just from the drive, like your body's yeah. just wrecked. And we had this big checkpoint. So I was like, hey, we're getting out. We're going to stretch. It's obviously daytime right now. I want to take some photos. Start so snapping some photos. All of a sudden, Eldar comes like, hey, you should uh, hide your camera right now. I'm like, why? And he's like, well, the security checkpoint's right there i thought we were good because we drove through it, it was like yeah those guys could come over any second and just take your camera and yeah. literally you can kevin
0: smalls the guy i was just talking about he said the same thing like you got to be really careful when you have a camera out like mm-hmm. it's a it's a thing like there yeah. are times too and there are times to uh. just kind of stay <laughs> to yourself and not do anything and
2: at one point it was funny like we stopped at another checkpoint like a little while later and the guy's like right in front of us And my, i see my dad like pull up his phone i'm like dad <laughs> Put that phone down. He's like trying to take pictures of them having the conversation. I'm like, dude, he can see you right in here, and you're taking pictures. Not of him sneaky, right now. Dad. <laughs> you got to be a little uh. bit, you know, incognito with that. You
1: roll into Sheep Camp.
2: We rolled into well, we first we rolled into what they call Spike Camp. Okay. The spike Camp is still three and a half hours from all, from Hot Springs Camp. Isn't this
0: for a altitude thing?
2: No, not really. Yeah. So what, what kind of altitude are you in at that point? Uh, we're probably already at. Twelve thousand at Spike Camp, and so once we got to um, Dushanbe, I started taking diamox, mm-hmm. the high elevation pills. They told us we should, if we have the pills handy, definitely they, start. They told to, you to definitely, to definitely to start, taking start taking them. take taking them. So them in the morning and take them in the evening, just to, you know, even though I've been training all year for this, like I don't know how high elevation is going to impact me because we're going to be literally camps at thirteen seven. I like guess right. camp. Yeah, and so we're taking the diamox pills leading up to it. So we stopped at Spike Camp. And Spike Camp is where we were going to split up from our Canadian friends. Like, they were going to go at that camp, and then we were going to continue on to Hot Springs Camp and hunt. So we're, we all could have hunted together, but they said they had a bunch of rams spotted in that area. So Spike Camp's one of their newer camps that they just recently built in that area.
0: So the Canadians were there now. They were in Hunt Camp.
2: Yep, they are in their Hunt Camp, and we stopped there with them as well. We had lunch there together, and that's where we shot our guns. And this is where the gun thing comes into play. I want to talk uh-huh. about my dad's gun. Yeah. So we, they're, like, sitting there. Get our gear unloaded. The Canadians get their gear stuff. We have to switch vehicles some some reason because our driver now was going to drive that nasty road again that same day and go all the way back to Dushin Bay. Wow! And Just I'm like this driver is amazing because I don't know how he could do that. He did he have lives like, in the he car. did have like got live in the car at one point, but like he's a baller. He's a beast. Wow! Does he listen to the
1: podcast.
2: <laughs> probably <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what the go on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the big yeah. hunt guys podcast so, yeah. we, so we stopped at spike camp there and it's really cool we get out and i was just like looking around the guys are like yeah we're we're sheep up here right now like they had already had sheep spotted from from, from camp. camp and so it's kind of cool i think i didn't they like I said they they were there a little bit earlier but once we arrived like they couldn't see anymore so yeah. i didn't get a sight of a sheep yet but i was like dang it i want to see some animals did Absolutely. you take
1: what'd you take for optics did you take your Swaro?
2: yep i spoke my Swaro 115 with the atx okay and then I just took my, my SIG um, 16, what are they, 16 by 40? Yeah, the, the motion the, by now. Yep. Because I, I figured for, for the terrain we're going into and for how windy it was going to be, the the electronic stabilized optics yeah. were going to be amazing. And they but were absolutely had, phenomenal. You had a 115 wind. spotter, though. 115 spotter, yep. Interesting. So I, I busted that out. And, of course, all the guides were like, like what, whoa. What the yeah. hell is this? Like, they had swaros too, but they had never seen the 115. They're all looking through it. And they were also blown away because I actually had the all-in digiscoping thing. Yeah. They have the digiscoping setups, too, because sure. they like to film everything. But they were, I was like, yep, yeah. click on there. And they were all taking pictures of the back. All English? All, all English there, there was quite a few guys there that could speak English, like the main uncle who's like now taking over the place. He could speak yeah. pretty good English. His son could speak really good English. And there's a lot of other guys there that couldn't speak anything. But they were all like asking what this was mm-hmm. and the way that they could, like, how can I get one you of You never these?
0: felt a language barrier, though, because Not they could really. translate back and forth? Not really. with the could translate, could speak.
2: Yeah. yeah. And when we say, like, Marco and Ibex and all that stuff, they could understand what yeah. it was. But, like, the coolest thing I thought, though, is, like, they just would talk the whole time. And I would enjoy just listening to them talk because yeah. it's, like, a, it's a mix of, like, they said once you get past Karag, it's a mix of two different languages. It's, like, Russia and some sort of Premier... Premierian or something like that language. It's like their own language they have up there, mm. and so it's really cool just to listen to them laugh and talk to each other. And I don't know if they're making jokes about me, but I don't know I'm sure. <laughs> who's this big goofy, you know, American guy? <laughs> Look at the
0: size of this white boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do.
2: So right there, we started sighting our guns, and uh, my dad shot first. We, well, oh no, the Canadian guy shot first. They, they had a 200-yard zero, and would feel really bad for one of the guys, Brian, the son. Um, his gun, they hadn't really shot it in a year for like, they're really busy potato guys. So like I yeah. said, they didn't have a lot of time to shoot this gun, but his other, his dad's gun was really dialed. So he starts getting, you know, set up to shoot, puts a round in click, he ejects it out round lands on the ground. Didn't go off another amp. Was there a, was there in, a
0: dent in the primer?
2: Dent in the primer. I looked at it later it just and it goes, like go click. He's like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? So either he either had. It was factory loaded ammo. Mm. It was a seven mm Rem mag.
0: Was the firing pin not hitting hard enough?
2: Yeah. So, so we were all like, either the spring is worn out, the firing pin's not hitting it, bad primer, bad powder, it could be yeah, could be anything. What a, a, what a anything. bad time! What dude. a very bad. I mean, what,
1: are the, what are the odds that that
0: happens? Oh, and he shit. said it hadn't
2: happened before. Like, it, well, he had pro- the gun had some issues. Way were back they in the big day. hunters?
0: Was, I mean, clearly they're hunters they, doing they, a hunt they like this. They had just this, gotten
2: but. into big game hunting, big like six, seven years ago. Wow. Okay. So they've been around. They, they've done some hunts before. They yeah. shoot a lot of mule deer. And Moose and moving yeah. in BC, you know. And uh, so he's just going through rounds, just click, 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 and finally one would fire off. <laughs> and like, so I'm like, Russian roulette. He's I like, right yeah. Now? He's like, what can, I, what can I do? And I'm like, I know how to fix this right now, or I think I do. I was like, you guys, have a piece, piece of string? Like, what do you need a piece of string for? I'm like, well, I can take apart the bolt assembly right now with a piece of string. All I need to do is pull on the, on the back of the bolt. There's a little, little notch. I can pull that spring back and it will twist off the front of the bolt so I can see the spring assembly so we can see if it's a bad spring. So I pulled it all apart. We just found some random barn twine sitting hanging around, and all the guys. The like, luck of this
0: guy having Brady Miller in camp right now is yeah.
2: They're like even some of the Tajikistan guys were blown away. Like, how do you know how to do this? And I'm like, well, I've had to do this before. Yeah. just to clean it and stuff like that. And I have always carry a string with me in case something happens because yeah. you want to be able to take something apart when you're in the field. Like, you have to know your weapon and how to repair. Absolutely. It. It's like, you know, archery. You have to know everything about ins and yeah. outs of it. So when you're out there, something does go wrong, you can fix it with a shoelace or something like that sure. with your drop-away rest. And so I showed them how to take it apart. I looked at the spring. Spring was fine. I was worried it was, like, broken. I rotated the spring around. I was like, you guys got have any carb cleaner? Of course, they didn't have carb cleaner. So all they had was WD-40, which is not the best to use to clean that because WD-40 eventually could freeze. Mm-hmm. But I cleaned it all off, put it back together, and then had a couple rounds go off. But then he had a couple rounds not go off again. So it was possibly something with his maybe his firing pin wasn't going far enough to dent it yeah but normally a primer doesn't take much to ignite it like no not at all it it was had dents on the primer so it must have been something with ammo but it was factory ammo and he said it was fairly new ammo which ammo was it i think it was like hsm ammo. is that is it an altitude thing it might have been an altitude thing with his gun it might have been a lot of how cold was it cold yeah it was Probably at that point zero five degrees. Nothing crazy. Sheesh. It wasn't it wasn't crazy cold, but like it was very. I was like, this is can't be good for this guy. And yeah. So it's like his dad did have a, his gun, but his dad's gun was a three hundred one mag, so they didn't have ammo to share with each other. Which that's another big tip I'd probably give people. If you're going to yep. go with someone else, it might be good to shoot the same. Same gun Same gun, gun Same, same, gun, same cartridge. Ammo. So you have more ammo between the two of you, and maybe. It's like when
0: Trail and Trail and I shoot the mm-hmm. same arrow. So when we oh, yeah. set same, off in the battle, length. Same, yeah. length, same, same length, same length, same arrow. So, like, yeah. it's, it is a nice fail safe just to know, you hey, if I – You ever know if things yeah. get western. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Especially when you travel that far. And that's why, like, I wish I could have helped them more because I had two bolts for my gun. But, obviously, my bolt's not going to fit in his gun. But I had an extra bolt sitting there, but it, it wouldn't work for his system. Yeah. So, like, trying to figure out what to do with his gun, cleaned it all, put it back together. Like I said, he get, did get some shots, but it's like – not the best thing you want to have in your mind right now like my gun yeah you not got that to... oh
0: fuck moment in your mind when you're supposed to be like oh i mean i'm not shooting that gun moment.
2: there's yeah. no, no
1: chance there's no chance i just use no. I just but my, then my then the hard thing. my buddy's gun is, Then
2: the hard thing is too like we were all like going into it like we're all gonna hunt together like the father son canadians wanted to hunt together every day my dad and i want to hunt together every day yeah they literally told us and we were kind of like had a little sit down with them like we want to hunt together like, yeah I want to enjoy with my dad and have those memories with him and take photos and video and just hug my dad when he shoots his ram. Of and course. Of the same thing. But they were both, our guys and, and their Canadian guys were like, we had some people do this other week. There was a, a wife and a husband who separated. They were or, or they wanted to hunt together, and they almost didn't get their animals because weather and just the way the animals were and stalking, and they kept spooking. Like It almost made their hunt not happen because they tried to hunt together the whole time instead of splitting up. Because they were all planned on, you have your guide, Brady, and, have, and my dad Everybody has, has their own guide. Guide, yeah, so it split up. So that was the scary part because now they're going to split apart the father-son. With two two One guns. son yeah. has, yeah. has his gun that doesn't gun's really work. Go off. So now they're even more concerned about There's that. There's no guns in camp. Like they no guns in camp, yeah. Like a lot of guys.
0: Like a usable.
2: There were some guides who had hunted before who just gifted them a gun as a tip. But the crazy thing is they were saying ammo is... Like we think ammo's hard to get here. Oh, I can't imagine. I'm over sure. there. They were they were saying I think it was like twenty-five or thirty U.S. dollars per round.
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine over there with as controlled as that is. I can't and, I th- and I think
2: like one pound of powder, if you were going to reload, or like a, I think it was a pound of powder an eight-pound jug. They were like it was two or three thousand dollars in Tajikistan dollars for a, a pound, which that's hmm. that's a what is it every ten dollars of theirs is one of ours or something like that so it's a l- really expensive amount of powder maybe it was even more than that it was a crazy amount so like ammo's hard for them to get even for their camp guns so my dad then is up sitting down to shoot his gun shooting now to the right for some reason <laughs> wasn't shooting like that at home yeah maybe it was travel and all that so we kind of got dialed back in how far he, at 100 yards he was how far shooting. to the right uh he shot like four or five inches to the right oh so it's Ooh.
1: Pretty significant.
2: So we dialed it back over, which was fine. It shot decent right there. He went out to 400 yards and shot decent. But every time he's getting that crazy hard bolt lift where Lily has to take his hand and just grunt and click it up and then pull it out. And then you can see a giant mark on the back of the of the brass from the ejector. I rig. hunted
0: with a guy in Nevada, mule deer, that this was happening to. Same and, thing.
2: And so we, we dialed his gun in, but it still kept shooting right. I, I pulled it back over for him. My dad's like, you get down on the gun because you can shoot better than – that I can shoot better than he can because I have better eyes so I get laid down on his gun it was in the same thing so it wasn't my dad my dad's a phenomenal shot Yeah, I know he literally shoots his dad. whole, whole yeah. life he's a big long range guy but this, how this, many
1: rounds is he burning up trying he, to set he,
2: your gun in he, he burned probably 9 or 10 rounds maybe a little bit more right there. I mean, 40, my See, this 40 is what
0: rounds. I'm getting at is like 40 sounds like a lot. But sounds like a lot. Dicking around with yeah. your gun. Camp. All
2: the, all that flight, you never know what the elevation yeah. you're going to do. And now you're burning your rounds. And yeah. I
1: know I can go through rounds pretty quick, trying to decide to scope in. Yeah. So
2: we got his guns, got his gun dialed, moved everything back in, re-zeroed everything on his turret and his windage. I laid down on my gun. And my dad's like, how many rounds are you going to take? Now he's like joking with me. Like yeah. my gun has took a lot. Like maybe yours is knocked off. Literally lay down at 100 yards, Put, press the trigger.
0: Not pull the trigger. Pressed, Remember that. I picked press that up, the trigger. Press
2: the trigger. I picked that up. Literally, it went in the direct center of the bullseye at 100 yards. The guys looked at me. That's and like, the Brady I know. The guys looked at me and it's like, all right, go to 400. 400, they had a steel out there. I was like, all right, there's a line right here in the steel. Arranged it, got some wind. I was like, all right, I got to you know, adjust my wind. I <laughs> in the heat of the moment, because this is one of those things, too, where there's literally. 15 guys around you watching you shoot so there's a lot of pressure right now because they're all trying to see how you know well you can shoot (laughs) for the hunt
0: they they are yeah they are gauging their customer at the moment so i had
2: some uh some left to right wind and so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna dial it i always dial i don't hold because my natural point of aim will always you know pull me off Mm -hmm. and make me go back to center so i dialed i dialed the wrong way Oh, oh no! In front of all these guys, but oh, but, but no. at 400 yards, I only put an inch to the right, and I'm like, all right, it was because I, I didn't I dialed the wrong way, and I I knew it right away, and I was like, my guns, they were blown away with I was only an inch off at 400 yeah. yards, like. And you're pissed you're an inch I'm, off because you I'm an inch off. The <laughs> and They're like, no, you shot phenomenal. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I actually dialed the wrong way, so I would have dialed correctly. Also, the Brady I, I know,
0: or nope, we're, nope. Were, Could were they have been cheering better. For you? Could have been better.
2: Yeah, so they were like. Everyone was like, "Come over, look at my gun." They're picking up, like, "Wow, this thing's heavy." My gun's like, you know, four, fourteen pounds. That's your baggage charges, right there.
1: Yeah. No shit.
2: So they were all just like looking at my gun, like, "What is this gun?" I'm like, "Well, it's you know, like Browning X-Bolt, 300 Rom, all hand loads, It's quickly dialed." In there. And they're, it's like, "Yeah, your gun can shoot. We're we're ready." Yeah. And so I was still nervous about my dad's gun, though. But like, he burned a bunch of rounds. I'm going to foreshadow here. There's another. Cody
0: thing. Boer showed me a text about this gun. And what about his dad's good no about his oh guy. okay yeah so it was it was shooting
2: it was shooting so we left there at, at, as i said we had lunch we literally now are just grabbing everything we're like all right we have enough time possibly to get maybe three hours of hunting in so we weren't supposed to hunt this day or the next day was actually the quote-unquote first day of the hunt. But mm-hmm. like well we have three hours to drive to camp let's just drive part way over there get up in the mountains there's already some guys out there that have been scouting that morning had found some sheep like let's let's hunt our way back to camp it's like this is awesome we get an extra half day so my dad and i are just throwing our gear and like get whatever you need for just the afternoon some warm clothes and your gun obviously you're buying those rangefinder your spotter yeah like everything else is kind of on the top racks i'm like Do i don't need my backpack and they're like no don't bring anything just essentials right now we have to rush like yeah because that shooting process took a while so my dad and i are splitting up now which sucks Mm. I go my way my dad goes the other way. Canyon guys are staying at Spike Camp. We go off. I go up in the mountains. Finally. Are you hiking? Nope, we're just driving. That's okay. what the crazy thing is about this area is you can drive everywhere. Like, you can drive up the mountains. Road like, road system? Or there's just like a little bit of road system. And you get off the road and it's just tundra you know it's like tundra a little bit of snow a little bit of grass so some boulders and rocks everywhere but you're literally just you're, you're driving just up in the mountains huh. you're like, off road off road like obviously there's a lot of mountains you can't drive in at all but there's enough rolling they're big mountains still but so they're just, just kind of going, going, like va- going up valleys going up going valleys and all of a sudden you're getting on a little little knob to kind of glass over the country and we're just driving up we start driving up all of a sudden like i see a street i saw my first marco Polo, and it was literally the coolest experience of my life like Although the to the hunt was awesome, but seeing that first one—yeah,
0: that's what you're there for. I just like that's that's it. No, it's a U. A U. <laughs> of course, of
2: course. <laughs> How far? Yeah. It was like 450 yards away from the truck, and all of a sudden, like there's more down to the right. Look down, like there was a band of like 30 or 50 U's, and some small, like really, really small rams. But I'm like, look at all these sheep. Like you yeah. don't see the, this amount of sheep numbers. Yeah in the state they're hard to pick out in the country with they their kind of coat are. They kind of, they kind of blend in really yeah. well and like it's a like, desert sheep there's a lot of snow and it's the areas that are not snow and so they're they're very well camouflaged for it but once you see that first one and i'm the like,
0: complete opposite of hunting doll sheep in august
2: yeah so <laughs> yeah white yeah. on a green yeah. background yeah. but like their bodies are so big i was just blown away with the body size right away how yeah. big like they like what would they, you compare it to a very large mule deer Okay, like a so little, little bit big. It's definitely bigger than mule deer, smaller than like a maybe a maybe a calf, spike elk. elk? No, not, not that big. That. Yeah, I pulled up a picture. Help caribou. We'll show you guys. Start running through. You guys haven't seen this picture yet, but like we'll get into the story. But you can just look at the body size of my ram compared to the guys. It's giant. Giant. Like they're they're so big. Like they say they max out at like 300 pounds, but I you think ever seen a Rocky? A big, yeah, burly big rocky, rocky on you know, the
0: ground? Pulled. you ever seen one killed? No. I wonder how it would compare to that.
2: Like look at the body size of that compared to those
1: humans. Because they seem... Do you know what that picture reminds me of? Is like whatever that, uh, like from Star Wars, See, whatever. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where he's got to cut it open and go <laughs> yeah. inside? Yeah.
0: yeah the t- <laughs> I knew of course you know. Of course you Wars. <laughs> oh, we know, Brady. <laughs> That's what that looks um, like. Star Wars,
2: Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, you know me. I, I, my, my,
0: my dad's been fortunate to kill... And uh, Rocky and uh, I wonder because they look substantially bigger, and Rockies top out at that you know three hundred plus, and they look bigger. It 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 looks like a different. And their heads are so massive. That's it. They've got to be bigger. They've got to be
2: bigger. Like that picture is puts it really into perspective. For sure. So we're riding up, going up this mountain. Also, I'm like, dude, a deadhead, and like no one seemed to care, but like there's a deadhead laying right there, and the whole, whole course of this trip later on. There Ram? Is, yeah, rams. There is deadheads everywhere. They don't pick them up? Some, some of the shepherds will pick them up and just stack them in piles, and like, it'll be like little teepees of, of deadheads. There's deadheads all over the place. Holy and shit. Like, most of these are probably wolf kills, snow leopard kills, or died of old age. I was blown away. This is like why the sheep population, like I said, 29,000. Yeah. And there's just literally I probably saw 150 deadheads. No joke. When I say 150, I legit mean – at least 150 any deadheads. giants
0: like absolute Re- giants some
2: really good rams yeah they're just all over the place we're driving sometimes we're sometimes we're taking the truck and avoiding a deadhead because <laughs> it's holy like in our shit path. man that like, is there's wild there's no joke just all over the place unbelievable yeah That's, I mean
1: it's just, just different right it's yeah. just it, it's all relative they're just common I'm yeah. sure I'm sure for those folks with that many sheep it's just yeah. a common occurrence you know sheep yeah. die and they die
2: on the mountain, you look yeah. at them,
1: oh, dead sheep, no biggie, move on. Yep. So, so, so,
2: like, so wild. So here we are, we're just driving up the mountain a little bit, little bit slower because we see some sheep. We're, you know, we got her in four wheel low, a bunch of snow. We end up getting stuck, having to back up and keep driving up the mountain. I'm like, dude, we're just driving up the mountain. Like, literally driving up. When I say That's driving up the mountain, like, it's sometimes it's, it's steep. And we're just motoring up, super low gear, four wheel low, and get up to this top. We start glassing, like, dude, there's a bunch more sheep. Like, there's just sheep everywhere now. All over the place. You're just picking them up, picking them up. There's just sheep everywhere, and we're like looking at all these like small, small rams and ewes everywhere. And we're like, oh, there's got to be some big rams on this backside. We drive up further, get up on this top, look down this little valley. There's rams all over the place.
0: So, like behaviorally, you guys are pre-rut, rut.
2: We're just getting to the point where it's hard rut. Like it's it's going to. Later in the week is probably when prime time. That's why we wanted to go okay. late November, early December. So like is that's it, peak rut, and they're coming down out of the mountains. Yeah. So is it like, Afghanistan? is
0: it like comparable to us, where they're kind of like staging? So yep. if you do find ewes and those lamb rams, they'll, like they will be, be, be staged, staged somewhere. Yeah. So area. we so we
2: see all these rams. They, of course, a bunch of them spook and run off. Cause we're in a we're in a truck. Like, yeah. We're just driving, them, but it's so freaking cold. It's cold and it never stops. It's, the wind is just howling. I would imagine if you're that high in elevation, it's crazy. Like, are they running from the truck? They're kind of okay with it as long as you go pretty slow. Like, you can get to like six, seven hundred yards very okay. easily, like, an like antelope kind of a thing. Yeah, they, they see you. They're a little bit nervous, but they just walk away and they'll start feeding again. Like, there's just no predators up there, and yeah. only 110 permits a year, so it's kind of different hunting in a way. Like that day, we they, were just, they don't have that up. pressure sense. Yeah. yeah. So we get to this one spot, we park the truck, and we look out, and dude, I'm no joke, there's just probably 15, 25 rams, like, all over the place. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what is going on? This is like the first three hours of the hunt, you know, yeah. like, the day before we're supposed to start full day hunting. We're looking at all these rams, I'm like, keep trying to, like, the guide's getting out, putting the spotter on them, I'm not hearing what they're saying, you know, because they're just talking with yeah. themselves, and he gets back in, all calmly. And I'm like, so was that a big one? Because I'm looking at this ram, like, oh my gosh! It's Did a it big look ram. big to you? Yeah. And he's like, was oh, there I were any it. standouts? Like when you're looking at a band of rams, once once you can see a band of rams, you can start start to finally tell them apart. But this ram was by itself, and I was like, is that a shooter? And he's like, no, 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 no. We can do way better. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah,
0: to see a mark,
2: oh my god. <laughs> Just to see that, see one of these like more mature rams, like, no, we can do better. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we're gonna do better than that. And that's already like what I yeah. like I said. I made an Instagram post yesterday. My dad and I were literally sharing photos all year. Like, what do you think that one scores? Like, I'd crop yeah. out the score on the bottom to see, guess yeah. my dad. He would do the same thing back to me. Just trying to, like, not that we're, we're all about score and bigger, well, big, but we want to no. take the mature frame of reference. Yeah, what, yeah, it's we a we frame of reference. What,
1: what does a big Marco score? I'm not sure, I'm not sure, like, I don't S- even I'm even not
2: sure SEI-wise, but, like, they were all saying, like, you want something that's over, like, 54 inches. Like, everyone wants something over 60 inches horn length. That's... From the base, 60. 60 inches all the way out. That's, like, a true trophy in this area. Like, peop- he said people will talk about 70-inch rams. Like, those don't exist. He's like, what is hey,
0: that in feet? I'm not a math guy. 12, five.
2: 24, 36, 48, 60. Five feet Fi- of horn? Five feet in length. Holy shit. So these things are just giant. And so, like, there's not, like, the 70 inches you hear people talk about, he's like, he did talk about later, like, there is some... Weird, dirty stories about some of these 70 inchers are actually fabricated. Yeah, I would imagine so. Like these guys are just chasing, you know. Did they score a Marco
1: like they would a Rocky or Desert? Yeah, four mass measurements. Four mass measurements divided by the length of the rock. They're over 220,
2: 230 SCI or something like that. Okay. Way, way high. Like maybe bigger than that. I mean, I could be misjudging. Yeah. They're giants. I don't know, like, SCI score, but I just know. Everyone talks about inches, like the horn length. Yeah. And I, I always kept telling, showing my guys, I showed them some photos I had. I was like, I want a ram that comes off his horns, loops down, comes around. I want that I want that, that next, double curl. Yeah. I want that next one, the the typical Marco look. And all of a sudden, we get this a little, another little area, and he's like, Get your whites on right now. Get your over whites on. Because I didn't have my over whites on yet. We need to. This is the first, you get, three, you guys, hold on. First, first three hours. You guys
0: are driving slams on the brakes? Slams on the 7? brakes
2: because we could kind of see over a little ridge a little did bit did like, he glass it. it he glassed it right away he like could see it instantly he's like that's a good ram get your over on because he knew there was a bunch more rams down below because kind of see like he had be out of the spot or looking at these other this other ram yeah. that i thought was really good but he's like i i think i saw some other sheep down below like a bunch of ewes so like there's got to be more rams in the area because like i said that yeah rut pre-rut type yeah time. so they're, so they're all staged up together. around yeah yep. so get your over on so i'm like getting really excited he's like that's a good ram down below
1: are you kind of bummed out that you're not with your dad?
2: I'm so bummed out. Like, no joke, it hurts me that we were not be hunt together because that's all we wanted to do. Yeah. Like, this is a father-son hunt. Sure. And You don't have to go deep in it. Yeah. I was just curious. I'm, I'm super yeah. bummed.
0: Small detail, you riding shotgun or in the back?
2: I'm riding shotgun. I thought about that. Too. So I, yeah, I, I, have like, a, I have a yeah. new, dri- a new How driver. How does this work? Shotgun, yeah. back? Yeah, I have a new driver. So my one guide, the main guide, he's Russian. His name is Shorty. That's what everyone calls him. And the other, the other guy's like a kid. He's like... 26 years old shoga is his name and uh so the That's russian cool, guy the russian guy like he can speak pretty good english his, he said he loves america because his daughter's going to school mm-hmm. i think in chicago or something like that so like i love you guys um so he can speak really good english but he's more more russian but he's like yeah, so we got a good ram down down below us right now get your overwrites on i'm getting my overwrites on you know i'm getting my gun out getting, kind of taking my time a little yeah. bit. yeah all of a sudden, I see the ram, and he's like, "All right, well, we're gonna."
0: You glass the ram, or just see it?
2: I, I I glassed it from the from the truck. I could just well, I hopped out and I was like looking down this ridge because like we had a little ridge in between yeah. us. and Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna hike up here a little ways.
0: What was your first thoughts when you saw it?
2: Massive, like I but I saw I saw it. I'll get into this in a second. So I got out, started walking towards there. My guy's right next to me. He's like, "All right, lay down. We're gonna get set up, and this is a good ram. You want to shoot?" I told I turned to him and was like, "If this works out." and this is a great ram, and you tell me to shoot, I will listen to you. But I honestly don't want to kill one right now. I told him that because I wanted to soak this up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. first day. I would feel the I same. Have no question. And given the fact that the number of sheep you've already seen in the yeah. first two hours. No, I, mean, qu- I, I totally I, agree. Yeah, That's where my mind's like, at. So I was laying down, and I'm like, is it a really good ram? And he has his spotter, and I'm like. I Did have he appreciate sp-. that you said that to him? Yeah, he, he said afterwards he, w- he was like, because he said he, he doesn't want because I was all, all concerned about going into this. Like, they're just going to try to, like, get you a ram, yeah. shoot get, it. Because obviously, out, obviously they want, they want, they want a big out. tip money, too. Yeah, like, yeah. They want to make sure you kill. I understand it because that's how they make the living. Like, these people don't make a lot of money. I heard, like, teachers or government people, like, only make, like, I think it's not even $100 a month. Holy shit. So, like, the amount of money you get from a tip from, from a hunt like this is, like. It's big. It's big for them. That's, yeah. like, a year's worth of wages almost. So, like, I understand everything about it, but he was like, I'm not going to force you to kill something you don't want to. He did tell me that. If you don't like it, I'm not going to try to tell you this is a giant ram just to make you kill it. He's like, I am about shooting mature old animals, and I love hunting sheep. So, like, we're not going to rush this. And I was laying down. He's like, that's a good ram. I'm sitting there, and I I told him, like, I don't want to shoot one right now if I don't have to. And all of a sudden, like, a little bit later, we're sitting there looking at other rams, like, well, there's another big ram over here. There was a really big ram that was, um, like, 900 yards away. And I was like, I would rather see if we can get on that one. Yeah. All of a sudden, the wind switched while we we're, like, dealing with all this stuff. The wind eventually came from our back right to the sheep. Ooh. They caught our wind. He's like, That's that bad was, for he, sheep. He's like, that was the one thing you have to worry about. Like, <laughs> Yeah, sheep. Did they blow out? They blew out. That's bad so for sheep. So the one sheep. down below us blew out. And then it was kind of cool, too, because when that one blew out, there was probably – 20 some rams below us we couldn't even see and that's why i also like i'm very hesitant about shooting Some of them, i don't see everything around me because yeah all these other rams are running out and i was like holy gosh there's all those other giant rams and those other rams up there were still like there's a band of three and it was one of those other rams that i'm not actually sure what the name of it is, but was the it smaller, it was one. A smaller one smaller yeah. different species yeah. so like it, there's all there's a very rare chance you'll see one and we've got to see one. some guys like to go there to shoot that one if they want ever shot a marco yeah. but is it hard to pick out like the big from the once you're from the big the, the, yeah, i'll get to my dad's story okay, okay no we'll talk about that but like after that ram blew out i'm kind of like in a sense well, i was okay with it because like i said i want i didn't For want sure. I to kill something right away and it blew out like it was it was 530 yards i could have easily could've shot that ram enough. i could have got down a lot quicker got done but i was going slow because i didn't want to take something right away mm-hmm. so now all these rams ran off this whole giant valley starting to just Sheep everywhere. There's probably like a hundred some sheep right in front of me. Just wild. How many Absolutely. days are you booked for? I think we had six total days. To hunt. Okay, so you got full ton, six, ton, full, t- days of a of six time. full days. Oh yeah, I would like be. Yeah, I would. I think that was. I think that was Tuesday, and we had until Monday the next week to hunt.
0: Wow. Yeah, so, I would. I would. That'd be tough. That'd be so really
2: tough. So then we. Then we. Start, so now it's starting to get dark. We see those other big rams over there, and I'm like, I'm gonna get my spotter. I want to scope them. Start digiscoping them. And my gosh, one of these rams was just picture perfect. Everything I want I had the curl, double curl coming down. Just sitting up on that mountainside, feeding. I got to watch sheep and just soak up how sheep yeah. react to everything. Yeah. Like that was the coolest part because now the hunt's over because that those rams that were close to us are now yeah. at a thousand yards. Those other ones are still like eight, nine hundred. They're just chilling out there. We're like, well, we'll come back here in the morning, and I'm like, I want to get a bunch of footage of these of these rams because. of I don't know if I'm going to have more chances to For get sure. digiscopes. Somebody's digiscoping like crazy all these rams. All these other rams are walking up, digiscoping them. And I was just blown away with how epic, like, that first three hours were. Yeah. Got, into, got into an absolute metric shit ton of sheep.
1: Yeah, you don't ever expect. I mean, I went to I went to Alaska on that moose hunt. Mm-hmm. We got in the, you know, the boat, motored. We took off up, and all, all I ever hear about moose is like, you may not see any. Yeah. You might, you know? Like, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have done 10 day moose hunts and never seen a legal bull, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're 45 minutes into the trip going up river, and we come around a corner, and there's like a 65 inch bull standing in the river. And it's just like, this can't be happening. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, it's too, uh, yeah. It just is too. Yeah. It just never happens mm-hmm. like that. So I can imagine. What that must feel like to to go through all the
2: travel, all the dream, everything. everything we've been and through. And then the first just right then. And then right the first then. day, you're like, sheep everywhere. Sheep everywhere. I mean, and so got dark. We started driving down, buried the truck, of course. Of we try like We tried to go a different path down. If you're,
0: not, if you're not burying the truck, you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. And so they, they get out. We're starting to shovel. I'm mm-hmm. starting
2: to help them shovel a little bit. I stop shoveling. They're like, oh, we got it. I'm like... That's what's kind of weird to me about going on a guided hunt like this. Like, you yeah. really want to do everything Well, for cur- you.
0: culturally, too, though, there is a cultural thing. Not everywhere. Not everywhere. but And I haven't been there, so, I, you know, I'm pretty – I probably shouldn't be speaking on it anyways. But I do know some of the cultures of that is like, no, like, this is my job. Yeah. Don't take my job from me kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Like, I take pride in my work. I want to do yep. this work. And so, culturally, there is that. And I, I, I would imagine – That's over there, just because of you know proud people and don't Mm -hmm. come from much that kind of a thing. And I've been around that type of culture before on the international stuff, and it's it's a real thing.
2: Yeah. So we start driving down, and then we have I don't know what it was like maybe an hour and a half drive back to the hot springs camp, which I had never been to yet. My dad was out hunting at the same time, and he actually went to an area where they legit spot a giant ram earlier in the day, and that's why my dad went there. They're like we think we can get on a good ram. It's not going to. My dad was really concerned about this hunt because. He got knee surgery mm-hmm. the same week of SCI previous year, so tall guy problems, man. Tall guy he had problems. knee surgery because he was a crazy person back in the day and was all into dirt biking when he was younger. And when Ooh. he was like 18 years old, had a dirt bike accident and jacked up his knee. So, so not knee. only
0: tall, he also did that. Yeah, so he had <laughs> knee
2: surgery in that in like January of 2021. Uh, but they he, he wanted to do it at that time because he knew the doctor kept saying you'll be fine to go on this hunt. My dad's up training all year. But my dad was like. Very concerned about, you know, blowing himself out on that first stock. Like he, mm. he's in great shape. He's been working out all summer, biking, doing all that stuff. But they had a good ram spot in an area where he could probably get to really easy. And so I get back to camp, my dad's there, and everyone comes over and my dad's like, I shot a ram. I was like, Holy what? shit. I was he like, sh- wait, He he what? shot one that yeah, night. I was like, wait, what? And he like he like grabbed my hand and gave me like the biggest hug ever. And he's like he even said like, I wish you were there. It of was course, the most amazing man. thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm like, my gosh, like, you have to tell me this story right now. Like, stop whatever we're doing. It was dark. I was super freaking windy outside. And we're just, like, standing outside in the dark, like, talking to each yeah. other.
0: Only, by the way, like, we would do it on Porter's Hunt and Call. Only hunting does that. You notice that? Like, only hunting, recounting hunting stories. You you don't go inside. No. You don't. Remember, <laughs> we were all right standing out talking. there. Like, you yeah, just. It's, stand around. Right outside. It's, hunting is the only thing worthy and cool enough that like that's what happens yep. like you just don't even change setting it's just right there immediate in the moment you just start talking
2: you yeah. didn't see his sheep then when you pulled into camp in the camp no so you had no see, indication he, that my, my dad did not have his sheep yet either oh okay so that's the crazy part too so he said they went up and hunted got in a similar situation that like guy did driving the vehicle getting up in the mountain area and there was just rams everywhere to the point where they could hop out do a little bit of a hike set down and they're within distance. Like, these rams were 400 yards away from my dad.
1: Was it the ram
2: that they were looking for? The ram that they were looking for. Okay. That um, definitely so were, doesn't always so happen. So they were like, this is a definite yeah. shooter. Well, like, th- you, like, you should shoot this sheep. Yep. And so my dad's again the same thing. It's like, it's like, I didn't know what to do. This is the first day, the first, literally, my dad shot his ram two hours into the hunt. Wow. Which set a camp record, I said. No one does it that quickly. But I'll get to the details later. This ram was one you instantly see. And, and there's you know, no way you're yeah, passing this yeah. ram. I don't
1: know if I've seen a picture of your dad's sheep. I can show you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: To, I'd like to see it. So he's, set, he's setting up. And he's, this is this crazy story. My dad had 37 rams in front of him. At 400 Holy yards. shit. 37 rams. He's like, almost all of them were very mature. But this giant. one stood out. This one stood out a little bit. So here's, a, here's the crazy thing that happened. They were like, all right, your ram is nine from the left. Oh, oh! Now he's now he's thirteen from from the right. <laughs> that like would just be awful. Just moving into the big herd, like Holy a giant shit. herd of rams going back and forth. Stressful. So constantly, like, okay, count one, two, three, four from the back. Okay, now come from the front. They're trying to like make sure it was the right ram because they had all the time in the world. These rams, I guess, were very docile. They didn't yeah. see him. He had all the time in the world, so he's trying to pick out the ram. And my dad's like, he wants to make sure it's the ram because, like, all right, it's now the ram that's feeding. Okay, now he just picked his head up. Now he's turning. My dad's like, all right, I think I got him, but maybe I don't. I see another one did the same thing. Like, so trying to communicate back and forth with this. And my dad's also like, like me, he like didn't want to shoot one yeah, of on the first day. Yeah, of course. Day. But the guy's like, don't. this is an absolute giant ram. Like this is one you have to shoot right now. And my dad just kept explaining to me how crazy it was trying to count the rams and figure out which one it was. And then the ram stopped and all of a sudden when he got on it, another one walked in front of it and there was, or there was one behind it. So he couldn't shoot. And just the chaos of all these big Rams moving around. My dad said it was the coolest thing in the world. It's like watching these Rams, and of course, that's why I wish I was there because I wanted to film all. Film, this stuff. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I wanted to be behind him and just enjoy that with him, and like help him walk through. And that's why he kept telling me too. He's like, I wish you were there because you could have also helped me guide me through. Because obviously the guides tell him things, but he's like, if I take a shot, yeah, and these guys aren't going to know like oh you know come down half m away yeah, or yeah. they're going to say things like "It's totally different than how we interpret our shooter spotter scenarios when we're sitting there's down.
1: nothing where i mean i've the only thing i could relate to that is like hunting late season cow elk and you get into a herd of cow elk and there's might be 50 or 150 or yeah. 300 it's not too bad being able to pick one out, but as soon as you shoot, the first shot goes off, it's a complete shit show. Yeah, what, where is you, she? Where you, did it go? Like, well, I have one? no idea what one I shot yeah. at. You don't dare shoot at another one. So you're mm-hmm. basically waiting there and watching to see, like, okay, does one of them look hit? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's,
2: yep. it's a cluster. So finally, my dad said the sheep moved away from all the other sheep, and they communicated that this was the ram to shoot right now. So it was 410 yards. And we had all the trouble early with my dad's gun. We set it all in, but something's still going on with his ammo and pressure.
1: A lot and of gun trouble on this trip, yeah, no and kidding. And so
2: he shot his shot his ram. It went right in front of the shoulder. The guys like, oh yeah, you hit it perfectly. But later on, they found out I was in front of the shoulder. Ram runs off by itself, and my dad's just sitting here like everyone's celebrating. Like you just shot a ram, you crunched it. Like congratulations. Like yeah. My dad's like, but is it dead? And they're like, yeah, it's got to be dead. So, he's like, well, you stay here. Because, again, it's one of those things where, like, my dad wants to go with. Like, he wants to. Yeah, of course. He wanted to be there there when they recovered. that. I'm like, no, you stay here because it did drop down on this big canyon. Tons of snow. We'll go over there. We'll grab your sheep. And we'll just bring it back to you. (laughs) Not knowing if it's dead. Not knowing if it's dead. And here's the crazy part, too. They didn't grab my dad's rifle. Somehow they you know the heat of the moment type thing of course they went down there all nice sudden, to know what
0: happens to those professionals too yeah not so, just they to get, so they stuff. got down there my dad was blown away like, these guys professional to me <laughs> 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 no
2: it's it's like it's like my dad's like it's like when he my dad's in africa several times so like that guys in africa are, are tracking masters yes obviously there it's a little easier there's snow on the ground everywhere so you can track things but to like decipher what tracks are what when all these sheep are running off yep. together and kind of like the ram went by himself around the corner like we'll go we'll go get it they walk over there one guy comes back. He's like, yeah, your ram's still up. He, you know, We accidentally bumped him. He's now further along. Like, he's, my dad's just, like, crushed right now. Like, yeah, nightmare. Because his gun, he thought it was great. It was windy, too. What's the wound sh-
0: policy over there? Blood and done. Blood and done. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't get mad at me for the one saying it. That's how it <laughs> should be everywhere. Yeah.
2: So my dad's also has that in his head. Like, oh, my gosh, like. Yeah. my gun shot to the shot to the right again which it shot earlier but we corrected it but now for whatever reason it still shot right or it could have been a little bit of wind because like i said the wind is howling and that's why also my i wish you were there with your kestrel but Ed had kestrel too but he mm-hmm. the moment of he course didn't pull it out yeah it's 410 yards which is a fairly close shot for what our capabilities are and the guides are like well we're going to continue we're going to track the sheep in the dark but i was like you guys are going to do it in the dark we're going to do it right now and find, and find this ram and i was like well, we can wait till the morning too like it's yeah. no big deal I like no we'll find it well another vehicle is going to be coming up in a little bit we'll, you'll hop in that vehicle you'll go back to camp and we'll stay here and, and find it so we're back at camp my dad's telling me all this my dad hasn't even seen his sheep yet but he's trying to tell me all the excitement moment but it's like it's not really that exciting yet because i don't have my ram and i'm fully concerned about this yeah all of a sudden like i think it was 9 nine thirty 30 at night a truck roll up the guys come in like steve got something to show you they found his ram it was hmm. just like it, like they tracked it a little bit in the dark around a corner another little corner and it was just laying there dead in the hole so his shot did kill it it did kill yeah. it his the exit wound on that thing is literally like a pie plate it's just yeah. a giant hole in it he's shooting 195 burgers like it did, it did go it, right did,
1: right into the shoulder or through? He, he
2: went so i guess it was slightly quartering to him a little bit i so think it, it went to the so, right so the exit came out the back side of the shoulder yeah it, it it blew a giant hole in it, but it, these these animals are tough. Oh, I can't imagine yeah. how tough these and are. And that's the terrain and everything. And, yeah, like, you know, my dad had the gun, and they would have walked down there I could have shot it again, but, like, it kept just walking around the corner, and finally it just naturally yeah. died. And so my dad had his ram, and we're both just sitting there like, what did you just do? Like, no, <laughs> What no, did you do? What did you just do? And, and everyone's like, this is an absolute slammer of a ram. And, of course, we're all sitting there in the skinning shack right away, and I'm like, yeah. the ram's now in the skinning shack. I'm like, guys – I hate to say this, but, like, they they drug it down whole, like, guts in and everything. Yeah. Like, they're just dragging the snow. like And then they can obviously find a way to probably get the vehicle around there. Yeah. And, I'm like, I hate to say this, but can we take this Ram outside right now? I want to get a Pictures. photo of my dad. Yeah, a yeah,
1: field photo. But,
2: yeah, because I guess the only downside, like, my dad's field photos aren't the greatest because you know, he had to take it in in the dark back at camp. It wasn't on the mountains. So we didn't get all that snow and stuff. So the fo- harvest photos are just right outside the skinning shack. But we carried it outside, set the ram up. My dad and I got a bunch of good photos together. Shit, yeah. all that
0: matters is you have a picture and you guys are both in it, yep. in my opinion, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. And we're both so like, you shot a ram on the first day. Yeah. Like, my dad's very quiet, as you know. He doesn't get super excited. No. But he was he was pretty excited. He was smiling. like He that's was really awesome. giddy, just, like, shaking everyone's hands, telling everyone thanks, like, you know, talking to all those guys. Like, you it's guys a 16-year-old this old dream. I yeah. mean, that's it's He's insane. He's really been dreaming yeah. about it since he was 16 years old. And then we finally, like, we need to get a tape measure. Like, you, you hate to do it right away, but, like, you want to see what it is. Busted the tape measure out. The tape measure keeps getting longer and longer and longer as you go through the curl. And it was 58 and a half inches long. Holy shit. Which they said is the third biggest ram killed that, that camp this year. <laughs> Just absolute slammer of a ram. So wow. it was a no-brainer. No-brainer. It was,
1: it was one that you shoot on the first day.
2: Yep. 58, and a half, 58 and a half inches long, and it was eight and a half years old. So it – like had some potential if it could go to be an absolute giant like the mass wasn't wasn't giant mass on it so it it had a lot more potential for it but it was just one of those rams where you look at it had everything had everything had the the look he wanted the scenario he wanted the distance everything was perfect and he had a ram in two hours on opening day was he um no regret he was just excited he was super excited he did again he said like he felt like he didn't get a sheep hunt that much, you know, but he's like, I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't pass up this opportunity. And because there was 37 rams in front of me, I did get to experience it for a while. They were laying there in the snow, like yeah. looking at which ram the shoot. And he said, that was the coolest experience. Counting the ram, trying to figure out what it was, communicating with the guy. Yeah. And then, I mean,
1: you also, you think about that, the two of you, I mean, you're both going to kill sheep at that point, you know, kind of frees him up to be able to hunt with you. Right. Well, and, did, did he, did, did he get to?
2: Well, cause then, so I told him my story and everything. And then the next day, like, well, you're going Ibex hunting. My dad was like, oh, I, I can, you know, I'll sacrifice a day. And, like, oh, okay, so break. he's he's going Ibex hunting so now immediately. Like, he's like, no, you're They're going like Ibex hunting One tomorrow. to the next. Yeah. Gotcha. So the next day, we, we all wake up, have breakfast early. Breakfast is phenomenal. Dinner was phenomenal at camp, too. Like we had, uh, I think that night, we had some of my dad's uh, back straps of his ram. How'd he eat? Oh, my gosh. It's good. The sheep is really. So good. Marco is phenomenal. Really? Like, oh, Yeah. Like, I don't, like, you always wonder, like, is it the environment? Are we just out there? Yeah, but, is like, it the
0: other senses being hyper? It was. How'd
2: you eat it? Pan fried? Just, I don't actually know. It was just, like, little cuts and, and yeah, steaks, you know? Yeah, just sticks. Yeah. It was, like, the seasoning to, like, all the presentation of how they put food on the table for us. And every every time I, like, they would stack up. Are know, the guides cooking, or do you have camp cooks? You no, know, we have a camp cook. And the g- really cool thing about the camp cooks is, so these camp cooks are there all season. They don't go back to Karag, which is still, mm-hmm. like, 10 hours away. They stay here all hunting hunting season, and then in the off season they go and to restaurants in the town and are chefs yep. at the restaurants. Gotcha. So wow. they so they learn a bunch. They said they learn a bunch of new cooking methods and yeah. how to prepare stuff during the off season, and then they bring all that stuff over here and do some more experiments and stuff. That's really cool. So they're really really good chefs. The presentation of food. They kept bringing out you know more food. I'm like. I thought that was the main course and then it's the main course afterwards and then it's, you know, fruit and then it's more bread and then it's soup and then it's Holy snacks shit. and just craziness. And then they had like a bottle of uh, of this vodka there that was called Marco Polo vodka. It's like a big old ram on it. It was a Tajikistan brand so he toasted to some vodka that night for celebrating for his ram but
1: well, you are close to russia i mean you got to vodka yeah, kind yeah, so of a thing <laughs> <So laughs> the next, so
2: next day we woke up and uh, the got a
1: couple of potato farmers in the camp yeah <laughs>
2: yeah and like i'm like well i'm going sheep hunting tomorrow we're going back to the same spot my dad's going ibex hunting
1: you're going <laughs> back to the same spot that you'd seen these sheep
2: Yep, yeah, because there was so many sheep
1: there
0: and you said one was big right the one 900 was, yard away. yeah one was really really big it's yeah. so
2: like there's so many rams there's probably way more rams we didn't see and we're going to go back in the same area. We're going to, like, all the rams kind of move this certain direction. So we're going to approach it from a different way tomorrow. So we start driving up the mountains. I see this giant peak in the background, just freaking massive peak. And he's like, Yeah, we're going to go to the base of that. And then we're going to climb up towards that peak. And I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. Like, today we're going to hike. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be able to get all the way up there. We're going to park this truck and we're going to start hiking. We start navigating up the mountain. All of a sudden, we stop at one point and they're glassing over here. And I was really proud. I looked over to the right and I was like, There's a ram. Like, I got to spot the first sheep of the day. I was super jacked. It was a a small ram, but, like, there's there's sheep here. Yeah. And I I spotted them. Yeah. And we started working up the mountain a little bit further, and we parked the truck, and right from the base of that peak coming down, like, no joke, this is 16,000 feet up here. There's just a band of rams in the snow just working across. And I'm like, this day is going to be phenomenal. We get out, start hiking towards them, more sheep everywhere. We're just, like, passing up small rams as we're hiking trying to hide behind all these boulders we have a bunch of ewes like literally 200 yards in front of us we're trying to like hide from them there's big giant boulders so we're working in and all these boulders starting to hide behind these boulders because the wind is just freaking ripping like 25 30 miles an hour snow's just blowing everywhere because like just picking up from the ground we get going up this this mountain and we're going after some more sheep that we think we're down below this next little basin we still have those one rams way up on top that we mm-hmm. want to go to. And we knew there was more more sheep over here to the right that were just over that ridge. We're like, we'll go look at these ones first and then come back over here. We want to be able to check out all these rams to find out which is, you know, the most mature. All of a sudden, I start hiking a little bit, and I'm like, oh, gosh, my stomach's not feeling good. Oh, no. So I had, I had been warned that one of the side effects of Diamox is diarrhea. Oh, man. Oh, no. I signaled to Shoga, oh, no. the younger guide, and I was like, he couldn't speak any English. At how all. many of you? How many people are it's, there? It's just so the driver stayed back in the truck. He's just, he's just a driver. Gotcha. And then Shoga and Shorty. So Shorty's the taller you and two Russian guides. Guy. Okay. Yep. So it's just us making the stock, and again it's that th- same thing too where they didn't want me to carry my rifle, and I'm like, no, I'm totally fine. I can carry my rifle. Yeah. And Shoga's like no yeah. I'll, I'll, so he carry, he's that carrying cul- my rifle I,
0: I can only imagine that's that cultural thing over yeah, there and I felt
2: so weird about yeah, that, like that not having my weird. rifle <laughs> super weird and, and then the guy but that's their that, I mean they, that take, feel their, weird they, to they me. take pride in their work and, and what then, they do and then the guy I was like no take my spotter and my tripod because I want to be able to scope. so he had my 115 Swaro and he just has that sucker just thrown over his shoulder and I'm like hope that plate's on there strong because it's just like the lens caps are off yeah. and everything and I'm like oh my Dude, gosh that's my baby yeah my gun and my
1: optics I was so, like on me
2: so when i was working away up there and I was like guys my stomach and I'm like I said like he couldn't understand English so I couldn't say hey I gotta take a shit <laughs> so I was like I was like motioning like my pants like pulling down yeah. like I gotta go to the bathroom and he's like so he, he walks like literally 10 yards and stops and turns around. I'm like, no, no, no. Keep going. I will catch up. I There's really no cover. Yeah. Like these boulders sometimes are like maybe a little like two feet high off the ground. So I'm going to try to hide behind a boulder. I've right now, watched the, the videos. Wind. There is no cover. No cover. So I no. literally just barely get my pants off and I'm oh, no, just wrecked. <laughs>
0: the oh no express so Thymox
2: oh no. is not sitting good right now i mean but you and get wet wipes i'm sure no i hate wet wipes you we know that they'll freeze in that <laughs> environment because this day i had my in reach and so i pulled brady my does wet- not like a wet butt <laughs> so i pulled up my uh in reach and got some weather report and it was calling for like negative 14 degrees that morning so it was freaking cold and it was windy so i don't know what the wind chill would have been with negative 14 with 30 mile hour wind yeah cold and Too so cold I, for wet wipes. So I, you know, I do my business. I catch up to them, see a bunch more more sheep, and look down this just giant basin down below. And I have this little iPhone video. I'm like, "There's a giant band of sheep. There's a giant band of sheep. There's a giant band of sheep on top of the mountain. Just sheep everywhere. Like there's probably 200 sheep right here." And I'm looking at all these rams, and I actually could now tell like these rams are not ma- very mature. Yeah, right? you're
1: starting to put the puzzle together. Yeah. And then yeah. we had
2: some more rams come around the corner, and they were like 450 yards away. And it's like, all right, get your gun down just in case there's a big ram. Like, get, get comfortable. And I'm like, get comfortable. There's boulders everywhere. It's snow. It's winds like knocking me over. And my stomach again is like gurgling.
0: Oh, no. The true Oh No Express. <laughs> these guys
2: are giggling at you at this point. Oh, yeah. no. And so finally, we figured out
0: these They can't. I mean, if that is a known side effect. Yeah, it's probably like, happened to other people. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they know it's a thing.
2: Yeah, and so, like, you this, like you have to take it because you don't know what that elevation is going to do. Because they did say there's guys that come for sure. up to camp and are wrecked and mm-hmm. literally are sitting at camp for a couple of days because of the elevation. Are you having a hard time breathing? N- luckily, no. I'm able to keep up with them still so and they're like, still fine. No, so, that's no, why I'm like, no issues very other than your stomach. Yeah, of all the other hunts I've done and all the training I do all year, just... Literally, that's why I built my home gym and yeah. did squats and deadlifts all freaking You're not stomach. having headaches or no, any I'm other any symptoms, no. Just, no. just just so, stomachs. So I'm like, this is maybe 10 or 15 minutes later since I already went to the bathroom once. I'm like motioning again. Oh. I had to do it again. At this point, I ran on my toilet paper at this point. Oh, no. So now we're hiking up. <laughs>
1: You're like a dog on carpet. So
2: I use it all right here. We start hiking up again we see another band of, like this is why it's crazy everywhere we look there's sheep we're just hiking there's another little like canyon area there's just ewes and small rams walking across and we figured like well we gonna we'll keep walking they'll see us and just keep spooking that way but we want to see all these other sheep that we saw over here in a higher part of the elevation up to like 16,000 feet and and again maybe 20 minutes goes by and i'm like i gotta shoot again <laughs>
0: so this is number three this now. is
2: number three in a very short period oh of time. no you're starting to wonder
1: what you ate too probably yeah, yeah. They,
2: they, they told me too like the the fruit could be you know there's no coatings like you guys might have back here with how they coat the fruit or it could be salad and vegetables so like later on they, they told me like maybe it is something in the foods so maybe avoid fruit maybe, avoid salad. maybe mean, lay off the i fruit mean veg.
0: plants are trying to kill you just saying so
2: so yeah and i you know me i love meat so like that's easy to me not eat vegetables of so. course
0: Plants are trying to kill you, man. But
2: they definitely said it's probably diamox. So now at this point, I don't have toilet paper. (laughs) I had to do the old take my hand. No. I took my hand. Do you have a knife on you to cut the undershirt? I do not have a knife or anything.
0: I can't. I always, always have a T-shirt. Always. I can't tell you how many T-shirts are in. I can't tell you how many T-shirts. I
2: asked them them later because I was like, I need some. Like, we don't have any on us. And, like, they had some, like weird napkin things in the truck or whatever just like paper napkins <laughs> and so like i'm on the mountain squatting down realizing i don't have any toilet paper. using my hand having to wipe my hand in the snow <laughs> and my hands now my hand is numb because it's 15 oh, degrees. no <laughs> no brady
0: so i don't know if i can shake hands story. with you anymore <laughs> <laughs> I, I left hand or right t-shirts
2: right i'd use my right hand. <laughs> no
0: <laughs> no <laughs>
2: My left hand, I don't use it very often. so I don't, that's, that's the why point, why you use your left hand. Wondering. That's why you use the left hand. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is now just like, wow, I'm sheep hunting. And, and you're the, wiping the, your ass with your hand. And my body <laughs> is in shape enough to dominate these mountains. And it's the freaking Diamox that is killing me. But sh- Wiping my ass yeah. with my hand. Oh, oh no. Uh, no. And, then I, and then the problem is now I'm like... So my hand, I'm trying to clean it off. I'm like, it looks, my hand looks clean, but it, it ain't freaking clean. <laughs> and then I'm going to put it in my glove. <laughs> Do you still oh, have, no, Brady. My, so I had some Traverse gloves. Do you still have these I, gloves? Yeah, I've already washed them a couple times. So I had Traverse gloves. Oh, my God. And then I put my gunner glove over top of it. Oh and I'm like, okay, now man. I'm ready. But my palms are sweating. This is No. <laughs> <laughs> I do
0: shirts, man. Yeah. I have a yeah. a hundred uh, shirts in my closet with the front missing. Yeah,
2: yeah. So not 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 good right now. Just m- my mind is just like, what is going on? My body is not feeling good because I constantly just have to take a shit. Oh god, Brady, did this keep going? Oh, uh, luckily we uh, I felt a little bit better. You know, I did my thing I needed to do. I caught back up with them. The guys are still sometimes, like, near me, too. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I hope they're not looking at me. I'm just bare ass down in the snow, like, <laughs> hiding behind this rock. And now my hand, too. <laughs> oh, oh. Why don't you just <sighs> drop your uh, ass straight to the snow and just. just dog
1: on a carpet. Just Look how cold it is. Run it downhill. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so, then we, so then we start moving up, the, moving up
2: the mountain a little bit. I catch back up to the guys. We're starting to walk. We're starting to walk t- towards just towards one ridge where I said there was all those oh. sheep are up at 16,000 and again luckily like I was you know behind sh- behind a shorty so I'm like kind of looking around he's like walking making the path and I'm so he's basically post in the yeah. deep snow so I'm following his post so he's worrying about the snow and I'm looking up and I'm like I slap him on the back I'm like
0: with your right hand <laughs> yeah i have gloves on okay they're definitely uh,
1: not let, letting sure. you walk ahead of them down uh, no so. they're like so, you in the
2: back so i slap slap him on the back and i'm like sheep coming over the ridge and all these like these sheep are just on these ewes on top of this ridge like working towards us and he's like all right we just we jump down on the snow as fast as we could we lay down in the snow and this is the most magical thing i've ever experienced in my life for the next hour or so just watch sheep Come over the mountain onto our basin. More sheep, more sheep, more sheep. To the point where there was, easily, no joke, th- over 300 head of sheep. And
0: holy shit, them.
1: they're just coming over the top coming of over. Their and first,
2: and the, the first, like I'm just, he's like, get on your gun, get everything ready. He had the spotter. He's looking at them. I keep pulling my binos up, looking at all these rams. A bunch of rangers coming over. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most magical thing ever. All these sheep, like that, that the spot where they're coming over is like 550 yards. So I'm like, I am in range anything has to happen all these sheep are piling into us a bunch of them are bedding down like at 450 yards just on this little small area there's no snow like a windblown area more sheep are piling over i asked him like what are we going to do he's like there's a bunch of rams here i'm seeing some of these rams that look mature he's like we're going to wait as long as we can as long as these sheep because we had the wind now too because the wind is coming from right to left and the sheep are coming from the right yeah so the wind is perfect And we're just, like, we're going to wait until we have every sheep in the valley in front of us so we can look over all these rams. Because, like, I don't want, he's like, we don't want to shoot a ram and then have a bigger ram come behind Mm -hmm. it. Like, we're going to wait. And so that could be iffy because we're going to have some rams that might come close to us. And and get to the left of us into the wind. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, we had enough, uh, like, in front of us where it would be a while before they would get into the wind. But, like, we don't know what these ewes are going to do. There's a big pile of ewes everywhere. Sheep are piling over, piling over. I'm just laying in the snow, like. Every you now cold and then, Oh yeah i had to like turn i had to turn and face away from the snow for a while and put my hands in my pocket dig my hands way down yeah and just t- try to warm up because i only had my traverse and my gunner gloves which was fine moving around but once we started stopping i was getting a little cold that's why i normally would have my backpack but it was like no just leave your backpack and i should have grabbed my ulti mitts and put those on but i'm just laying there getting all my stuff ready i had my Kestrel wind meter out i had my go Hunt ammo wallet plug
0: plug shameless plug
2: Cause that thing's awesome. So I always, you know, everyone knows I single feed everything. So I had two rounds on the side. i laid my ammo wallet down just in case you need it. You never yeah. know. You have to be prepared. This is now coming to the point where it's going to be the biggest shot I've ever taken in my life. The most pressure in a way, no question because all the travel, the cost of what this, you know, sheep hunt is. I have all this effort going into this. I, my body is kind of destroyed right now internally. So like, I don't know what I can keep doing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely gurgling inside that I'm laying there. But I'm like, I'm just got to focus and, mm-hmm. you know, forget about it. And all these sheep are coming over. So like at some point right now, it's probably going to happen where I'm going to have to take a shot. And so I'm yeah. just ranging these sheep. I'm pre dialing for what I expect to happen. I'm reading the wind constantly pulling my Kestrel up, checking where the wind is, adjusting my, my wind, my, my windage. And finally, we had a bunch of sheep in the area, in the, in the valley, and we we're like, there's still some ewes coming over, but there was no rams anymore, and usually, another you know, the rams are in the yeah, back, so yep. we're still, like, maybe there's some behind there, and all of a sudden, a couple more big rams came over. It's like, okay, we have a lot of rams now in front of us. I don't know how many there were, easily 40-some rams. I'm wow. wow. But luckily, they were spread out enough where we could easily determine and talk to each other which one we're looking at, and finally, it's Take like, Take inventory right. easily. Yep. So, it's like, I've looked over them all. There is an absolute giant in the middle, right next to this little windblown area. And there's a bunch of ewes around it. And you'll see there's a broken horn ram. There's a broken horn ram right next to him. That was that other that sheep species. That made it easy. And that was the same broken horn ram from the night before. And I do believe this was the ram I was looking at the night before. It wasn't the big the big curl one, but this was another one I really liked because he had mass yeah. and he still had that look. So I believe it was the one I did just go up the night before. He's like, that's your ram. And I'm like, are you fully sure? And he's like, yes, that's the biggest one. It was 410 yards. Perfect. And my dad, well, my dad, my, yeah, I think I said before wrong. My dad's shot was 411. Mine was 410, yeah. Yeah. which is crazy, too. Like, both shots are really similar. So I'm laying there. I grab my Kestrel again, grabbing the wind, grabbing the range a bunch of times. I know I have it dialed, but there's sheep, you know, there's kind of moving around a little bit. I think I have the RAM. I hand him my phone. I'm like, I right, record some Digiscope, get on it. And uh, so my RAM has its head down the whole time. And so the ram was kind of in the way. Finally, the broken horn ram moved away. And he's like, take it whenever you want. And I I, I know I said something to him. I want to, I want to get a good look at this ram. Like, yeah, you like want to be sure. I don't want to say, like, I, I, I fully trust your opinion. Yeah, but but I, want I want to, to make, see I want to make sure. So his head was down, but and it was sideways. Yeah. Head yeah. was down sideways, so I can only see, you know, big horn coming out. But I want to see a front look. I want yeah. to make sure it wasn't broke. I want lamb tips. I want them yeah. way out. The most... Again, most hungry say it a lot, most magical thing happened. He lifted his head up, turned, and just like not looking at us, but looking in our direction. Yeah. yeah. With his the horns just showed perfectly. Yeah. Like that m- memory right there is literally etched forever of yeah, him that's looking cool. at me. And now I'm like, he said, shoot him, shoot him. The horn is in the vitals because they're so freaking long. <laughs> so I can't. Actually, shoot him. I, yeah, not, so I, so I not can't shoot thinking him of yet. that. You you have to I would imagine
0: like, like the angles really matter because their horns tip out so far. Yep.
2: So, and what's the—that's a wild thought, actually. So his horns are literally in his vital area, and so I can't shoot him looking at me. And I also have bit, like I dialed the wind already. Like it's twenty-five to thirty mile an hour wind. Yeah. At four hundred ten yards, I had to dial almost twenty inches of wind.
0: Hmm. Holy shit. So
2: everything you now is leading to literally like I've taken animals lot further distances mm-hmm. i'm totally comfortable with that but like the wind the species i'm hunting the terrain my body being destroyed like yeah everything just leading up to this shot is, means more to me in my life than any other shot i've ever taken it's such an animal that means the world to me and i yeah. owe it to this animal to make the perfect shot in this terrain and that's why i think you can't go over on international hunt without having tools and to know how to use them like that wind meter if you go to tajikistan on a pole hunt and you don't have a wind meter I don't know how you're going to kill one of these things. Like it is never calm. It's always 20 plus mile an hour winds. Yeah. So you always have some sort of crosswind. So if you don't know how to adjust for that, you're going to shoot that animal poorly and it's blood and done. Yeah. So like all that stuff's also weighing on me, even though that's how it should be on every single hunt, but it's just like different because you're in a situation like this. Yeah. So I am literally on the gun, safety off, I have a round in getting ready to press the trigger. Are you prone? Yep. Laying on the ground. So I had my bipod all dug in all fully situated as best as I could in these rocks. I had my rear rest on there. I'm trying to get the rear rest in the right position. Ram's moving. So when he looked at me that one time, I'm like, well, I can't shoot. What am I going to do? Like, I got to wait till he hit his head down. i like, I totally got it. I'm still trying to like feel that wind coming on my face to make sure it still feels similar to what yep. it was. So I'd make sure I'm not going to overcorrect. Because sometimes if we had some lulls, but then it would really gust again, like higher than that. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure That's I'm shooting in a good, good area. The ram is facing to the right. He all of a sudden turns completely around. And looked straight away from me. I do believe it was straight away. I touched it off, and literally, like no joke. I have it record on Digiscope. You could not place that bullet any more perfect. That was the highlight of that experience. Was I hit that ram perfectly? You made the shot. Made the shot right behind the shoulder. In that, that, that wind, at that distance, reason. everything that was going on leading up to it. Little adversity, no big deal. And I'm I'm laying there, and they're like they're slapping my leg. Like the, the ram runs and it's chaos like i said there's sheep everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. and so he's trying to like get on some sheep and all of a sudden you see a bunch of other sheep run up and those are giant rams but my ram went no joke 60 yards and piled up i didn't know it at the time he's like they're slapping my legs i'm like yeah where is he like, yeah. did he did i kill it and they're just like they're all talking like they yeah. were talking their language at first i yeah. forgot to like say like hey you you nailed them <laughs> so i'm like kind yeah. of like what happened what happened i heard it hit him yeah. but i don't know it was a perfect shot yet and they're like he's down i'm like Say it again. Like, like no joke, I said. Say it again.
0: I'm gonna need you to verify. I'm yeah. gonna need you to tell me again.
2: I jumped up on my knees and turned over and gave him the giant bear hug, biggest bear hug shorty? ever given. Yeah, Shorty. That's awesome. I even said, like, man, like, I absolutely love you guys for what you did, like, today. Like, they know how to stock the sheep. Like, yeah. Yeah, I've hunted mountains all the time. But they know, like, even earlier in the day, when we were moving on the sheep, they were kind of looking at us. He knew when to wait to move when they were more comfortable. Like, we didn't try to rush anything. We got over the right area. We worked all those different sheep band, yeah. bands of sheep. They to got get you to f- that point.
0: They got you 400 yards from yeah. how many sheep. That's yep. pretty incredible.
2: And right where we were was 15,500 feet. Wow. I shot my ram at 15,000. Wow. I think it was 800. They
0: have eyesight like our sheep do, they got that optical. Zoom in there.
2: They they can de- I, they can definitely see, but they are, you know, they're comfortable with you. They don't effort. have the pressure. Yeah, yeah at, at a certain distance, and so turning into him, just gave him the giant bear hug. Literally, I started crying. Like, yeah, I don't know how fun. you wouldn't. It. It's yeah. wild, most amazing thing in my life. And then like obviously Shoga gave him a giant hug, and I'm like, I want to see this ram. Yeah. Like I want to make sure he's down. Yeah. Like, I don't want anything moving. I grab my spotter, put it over, and I can see the ram. Just his horns are on the ground. Legs are just laying there. He's dead.
1: And they got the whole thing on. The whole digit-scope?
2: thing on. F- go film. Yeah. Just the most. Cool. I've replayed that a ton. I have a screenshot of him looking straight on at me in the video. Like it's the coolest look ever. That's the look I wanted. I'll mm. show sure you. It's like when a mule deer like breaks yeah. skyline
0: and turns back to look yeah. at you, and you're just like, oh my god.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just cool. absolutely epic. And then like, they're like we'll go. We're gonna go recover him. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I want to I go up there. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll hike up there. You can stay here. And, like, my hands were, like I said before, my hands were cold. Yeah. Completely numb. And so I had some hand warmers in my pocket, but totally forgot I had some hand warmers buried underneath all my clothes because yeah. I was maybe moving it around trying to find toilet paper earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was a mess. And uh, the guy had a hand warmer handed to me. He's like, you just stay here. We're going to go drag it down a little bit. And then he can meet us whenever. So he, they they hiked up, and I was watching them hiking up, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they're taking forever to get up there because it was super steep and deep yeah. snow, and like it was just shy of sixteen thousand feet. Wow, that's unbelievable with elevation, oh, man. and just like yeah, that's they probably
0: crazy. and too like with them living there, probably like uh like they don't want you doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're used to it.
1: Some safety protocol. Yeah. there. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure.
2: So there's. You guys aren't gonna see it on film. i will throw it on there, but that's the that's the look he gave me. Oh my god! And that's when I knew,
0: bro. It it, it looks bigger. You than look a Rocky. how big their bodies are. It looks so much bigger than a Rocky. Yeah, that's so incredible. That's great to just go. So, first. so while it's I was too. sitting
2: there, while they were up there. I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I didn't have my film camera on me or my my photo camera. I had my phone. So I'm like, I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna try to talk through what just happened. Like. I tried, did my best to film this for a, you know, Gohan original. But, like, I also wanted to soak up some of these moments. Of course, man. So a lot of times when this was going on, I would black out and forget to film. (laughs) Like, I got to capture this Uh. right now, like, my emotions. Like, when I say, like, I could not talk. I, like, literally couldn't talk because it was so emotional. I don't doubt it, man. Like, everything dreamed of how this hunt was going to go and how it happened on, like, my first full day. And I got to witness what, what time did you kill it at? Oh, like 11.23 in the morning. Yeah, that's like awesome. That. Boy, they're stocky.
1: Yeah. So stocky. Blocky-bodied suckers. Look at that. Yeah. Doesn't it look bigger than a Rocky
0: yeah, to you? Yeah, they look...
2: They're so massive. They look like are like Their hoof, no joke, is as big as my palm. That's why. My hand. Like, they're just giant. And then, so finally, they started dragging it down. I was watching them drag it, and they're just struggling dragging this thing down. Like, it is deep snow. They're constantly stopping. I was digiscoping them, dragging it down. And finally, they dragged it down a little further, I'm like... I need to go over there right now. Like, screw what they told me to stay here. Like, I'm going to start hiking over there. So I grabbed all my gear, my rifle, my kestrel, my rangefinder, put all back of my stuff, started walking over there. And grabbing those horns for the first time and just even touching the hide, just like. yeah, I can't
1: imagine that. Pretty cool.
2: There, like, there's nothing (laughs) that describes that moment when I first walked up on that sheep and realized how big it was, how cool it was just everything about it just the sheep is gorgeous the mass on it i'm just like
0: he does look heavy looks really heavy
2: i just cannot put anything into words and then just have those guys sitting there with me and then you know soaking it up a little bit we're just sitting there laughing and then Shogas like oh i'm gonna go back and uh you know we're gonna go try to get the truck see if we can get the truck over here and somehow they got it they got the truck over there. <laughs> he said it was wild and really i'm crazy, sure but he got it really near us and we had to drag it down a little bit further but they got it near there i got my my big camera up as i'm sitting there talking to uh shorty when everything else was going on just like i'm like like why do you guys you know love sheep hunting so much and like because of what you just experienced yeah they literally said we don't we love how much you cared about that moment and that's what it means to them and i was like well that means a lot to me too just like for sure they they love it to see you be happy it's like all i care about is you're happy like you're happy with this ram we are 10 times happier within you i guarantee it like we're over the moon right now hmm. that's awesome and then as we're sitting there taking photos like shoga i don't know if he's ever held a dslr camera <laughs> before because he like yeah like yeah, obviously he's taking much pictures on a cell phone but like trying to walk someone through how to use my ds my yeah my mirrorless camera you know it's like it's confusing i'm like yeah for sure i set it up for him just you know push the button don't have to worry about any focus it's autofocus just make sure this little green box is on me and i saw him pick up the camera and he was like this like totally like sideways <laughs> with it like at an angle and i'm like no no, no we got to do it this way and we got a bunch of really cool photos but like it's also kind of hard too because i wanted to sit there and just take photos for hours of course but it was below yeah. the snow super windy like sure like we had to get that animal taken care of, so I didn't get as much photos as I want, and then the wind's just freaking ripping, like, there's some photos where I'm, like, squinting like this, and there's just, see, like, snow flying everywhere across the sheep, like... That's part of it, though, snow. that's
0: actually really cool to have those kinds of photos. It
2: was, like, even though some of them are blurry and whatever, and then we got him in there and, and show us things, I always, like, I've seen a bunch of other pictures at camp, he always stands back there behind the, the ranch. <laughs> like, that's a big thumbs up, super cool guy. Or, no, no, that was <laughs> Shorty, sorry, Shorty doesn't know. So that was, like, just super cool memories, then we drug the sheep back down to the truck, and... I'm like, do we cut it up? And like, no, we're loading that sucker hole.
0: Just in the in the back, in the back of, the of the Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser. That tarp down or anything, or just throw it right has some, in. some tarp. A little bit yeah. of tarp
2: down, but not a whole lot. So we throw <laughs> this ram in in the back, and I was like, how is this sucker gonna fit? They're just like loading up there, and I'm like, I'm gonna help, and they're like, you don't really have to do anything again, but like the driver and the yeah. two guys were loading it up, and then we busted out. Like one of the like no joke because of everything that happened, the best lunch I've ever had in my life. It was you know a bunch of cheese, a bunch of you know summer sausage, salami, like which you can appreciate. Little the cheese, at little that point.
0: charcuterie board. Yeah. yeah, the cheese would be nice for Brady in the moment. <laughs> yeah. and, and
1: I don't is know. Your what stomach kind of settle che- down? No, no, still going. It's going to get way oh, worse from
2: no. this.
0: Just tell me you had toilet paper.
2: Yeah, eventually I had toilet paper. No, no wet wipes. Hate those things. <laughs> but yeah, we had tons of like the big big thing there is was got like green tea. We had you know lots of green tea, and I don't know what kind of cheese it was, but it's like I'm not a big cheese person, even though I grew up in the Midwest, but like. That cheese was the best cheese I've ever had in my life. I don't know what it is. It's a phenomenal cheese. We had a giant lunch. We're just soaking up, sitting in the snow, like, super cold, but we're all just laughing. They're talking, and I'm just like, I can't understand them again, but I appreciate them wanting to talk all the time, like, with each other. Like, I'm just sitting back doing my thing. They're doing their thing. Just super cool to experience that with them. Had a mm-hmm. giant lunch, and I'm still on cloud nine, and they're like, uh, Shorty turns to me and is like, let's go Ibex hunting. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like now we're gonna go ibex. It's,
0: I mean, just the feeling of being able to keep hunting. You
2: know what I mean? Like yeah, same day. It's
0: gotta be such a good feeling.
2: Yeah. So then we start running down the mountain. You know, driving around. But now we get into ibex country, which ibex country I was really excited to get into because it's, it's gnarly. Yeah. Like those where those buggers live is straight vertical. Like I can't. I don't know how those things navigate that mountain. Like you always see it, you know, when people are hunting the Floridas down here and stuff like that, like the stuff they go through. Yeah. That's a little different up there though. Even watching films over there. I've watched a lot of Ibex films as well. It's like, you're going to work for your Ibex and these suckers are spooky. Like how we said before, we're driving trucks up the mountain, like looking for sheep, like you can't do that in Ibex. They're literally spooking when you're a mile out running up the mountain. Hmm. And so we get into all this nasty, craggy terrain and, again, deadheads all over the place, rams. I'm just like, stop. So wild. I want to take a picture of that deadhead. I hop out, go hike up in the snow a little bit, take a picture of the deadhead, hop back in. We start driving. All of a sudden, we're like, you know, had a little tea break again in the middle of the day. Just, I'm just like, if nothing else happens today, I don't it's care. A, yeah, it's a fucking great <laughs> day. <laughs> you guys want to stop? I mean, how that is, is, is yeah, it's a great
0: day. don't want it to. Yeah, even. exactly. Yeah.
2: And so we're sitting there. and All of a sudden, like, yeah, I, I, we spotted a bunch of Ibex way up on top of the mountain, too far to go after. And we start driving again. All of a sudden, we spot like one ibex bedded, and you can just see its freaking horn sticking up, like skylined a little bit. And like, wow, that's a big ibex. Like, let's go after that one. So we're driving up the mountain a little bit, and I'm like, guys, stop. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom again. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. We're on a we're on a approach to get closer to park the truck to go hike up to go shoot this ibex, and I have to man, go do my the, business. That's the worst feeling too. Oh. Did you have? You you were the, at the, the truck, so you had your backpack, right? I, 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 had, well, I didn't have any extra toilet paper in my backpack for some stupid reason, but we had a bunch of napkins in the truck, so I didn't oh. have napkins. And it's still just that, you know, not to dive into it, but still not not the kind of shit you want to have.
0: <laughs> of course not.
2: So, obviously, those Ibex get away because I... <laughs> Those ibex
0: get away. <laughs> yeah, probably uh, because they smelled me. Uh, and, yeah. And I'm like, I right love God. the fit. Obviously, those ibex get Obvi- away. <laughs> obviously,
1: those ones are gone. Yeah, uh.
2: So, we were driving on all day looking at ibex. Kept having more ibex get, get out in front of us and spook. And we're driving all these nasty mountains and buried the truck again. They like, just completely buried yep. it. And I saw another deadhead. And I'm like, I'm going to go hike up that mountain and go take a picture of that deadhead while well, you guys are digging it out because they didn't want me to dig it out. And I ran up there really quick, took pictures, and just looking back at this valley again, like. How am I here right now? That's what I kept thinking. It's like, look at the place I'm in and that's I'm hunting. That's wild. Like, these mountains are like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm up here just hunting. It's like, why would you ever go to this spot if it wasn't for a hunt? Yeah. And that's what's cool, so cool because it's not just a hunt. It's the adventure side of it. And being in that spot to see all that, just epic. And I had the most amazing day ever. And then we drive back to camp. And, of course, my dad's like, says again like oh how'd your day go and i'll like started trying to explain to him like my day and then we just you know giant bear hugs again like recap did the you whole tell story. him about the shit oh yeah and they were all laughing <laughs> did you Everyone shoot the shit literally <laughs> yeah i told him about my hand and all that stuff. did he shake were, your hand uh i had gloves on
0: <laughs>
2: but uh, yeah just a wild wild day and then i finally was like so enough about me like what yeah. happened to you and he's like shot an ibex <laughs> I'm like, my gosh, Dad, like
0: so he's two or two days. Yeah. So he's done.
2: Yeah, this is like officially day one and he's tagged out because he shot his RAM the day before wow. that. Extra half day. But then the crazy thing is again, his, his gun. So he shot his Ibex and I guess it hit it in the front leg, like not high enough to do anything, but you could definitely tell it was hit. Yeah. And there was a lot of Ibex again and they were doing the whole counting game, trying to find the biggest one and he hit his ibex and unfortunately they had to leave it overnight and it's like we can't go up in that terrain it's really sketchy we're going to come back in the next morning and so he had to leave it all night and he was on pins and needles the whole time. i'm night. sure dude he's just like he's just like i am glad i'm done right now he's like i was hoping that my hunt would go further and i want to take an ibex and i could use your gun for the rest of the time she's like there's something wrong with my gun right now it's not shooting very well and, yeah, uh, he was on pins and needles all night. And this was the night of terror for me as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With your stomach? Yeah. Like, no joke. Did you have food poisoning? No, it, w- it was no? strictly Diamox. Like so, the Diamox
0: one, is that rough on your It c- can be that can rough be, on your stomach? Be, yeah.
2: So, like, the one kid in camp, I honestly can't remember his name. I feel horrible about it. But he's the son of the guy mm-hmm. who used to own it. And he has a medical background. So, he he's like, yeah, dude, like, you're You need to start, like, probably getting off the Diamox. I'm like, maybe I'll try to get off it tomorrow. But uh, this night, literally, I went, I ate dinner. I was super, you know, slow at dinner Um, that night.
0: Were you getting dehydrated at all? Yeah, Yeah, Because when it's that cold, too, you don't drink much water. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So I had a a bunch of supplements. I had Mountain ops electrolytes, and stuff like that. My dad brought a bunch of Pedialyte, like a giant bag of Pedialyte. Luckily, he brought all that. Like, I was pounding Pedialyte, like it was going style all night long. But I was, like, f- kind of feeling a little iffy at dinner. And at one point I had to get up and walk away. And I went to the bathroom back at camp because I want to go to the bathroom in there. Yeah. At our cook area. And uh, came back in. They were all laughing. Like, they knew what I was just doing. For sure. Your like, dad had uh, no
1: issues? mm
2: No issues at all. One of the other guys said he felt a little bit like the Can- one of the Canadian guys. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of the same thing I did. And uh, so I went to bed early that night. Those guys stayed up and uh I think they went in the hot tub that night because we had <laughs> a hot tub? yeah well like the, the, the <laughs> it's camp's natural the camp's called it? Hot Springs Camp so oh, there's natural gotcha. hot springs, it's hot springs. Yeah. so yeah. they basically a lot of the heat in some of these camps too they pipe it through through the spring through yeah it's water. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they so they have all the hot water you shower with is used from that and the camp's heated with it is so it they, sulfur smelling? Cause of not the actually that bad no. it honestly isn't it's like weird as uh, you think it would be but so there's, there's hot spring things all over outside and so they pipe it into this basically like a you know like a hot tub looking thing that's and cool you can jump in the hot spring right there and so they did that now I, like i went to bed early and from no joke from eight o'clock until nine o'clock i shit eight times in one hour one hour cannot get to sleep every time i would go to the bathroom and come back literally a little bit later a few quickly again and have to go back and at one point I was like.
0: How angry was your beehole skin? <laughs> it was pretty good. It was How pretty How angry not happy was it? With me. it? was on <laughs> That's fire.
1: You're like barely walking the next day. So,
2: Just Jake Central. So I Central. kept doing it. Like, that was, I continued through the whole entire night too. I barely got any sleep that night. Uh, that continued through the whole night? continued the whole night. But that first hour was the worst. Like, That's I, awful. I couldn't sleep at all. My dad's was like, yeah, you kept breathing really hard. You were tossing and turning. Like I had the craziest dreams I've ever had.
0: Is that Diamox too? I don't know. Or is that Elevation?
2: I never had a headache or anything really, but I just had crazy dreams. Like, like the dreams were like forcing me to like kept thinking the whole time and not allowing me to sleep kind of thing. And then I was constantly waking up. Yeah. Going to the bathroom, so you are just back, in super light sleep the just, whole night? I'm just pounding PD the How whole chafed night. were you honestly? Oh, it was the worst I've ever been in my life. Like it hurt.
0: Ouch. Like you were walking like a duck or what?
2: <laughs> Luckily I wasn't that bad, but like.
0: Oh, God.
2: Yeah. Ouch. So all night long. So the next morning for breakfast I barely ate anything. You know, I had some uh, porridge and just didn't really eat a lot and i was just like my gosh like i need to get off this diamox so i started get, i got off the diamox then and luckily it was another like maybe 24 36 hours of a little bit of this but i finally never went. as bad as that night though once once i got off diamox started to clear up started to clear up wow because they were like yeah you're keeping up man with that's us. a
0: catch 22 that's a that's a big catch 22 there like yeah, what do you, you have to what do, for do?
2: The but maybe i didn't have to because i trained so have much it, for it yeah you
1: didn't have any issues after you got off of it no. right
2: i was keep they were like wow you're keeping up with us totally fine like yeah totally get off to imox hmm. and so the next day yeah, that's
1: the lesser of two evils <laughs> yeah. yeah next
2: no day question. we split up again cause my dad's going to, to recover get his, it yeah. but ended up being i'll tell my dad's story first my dad just stayed at camp They're like we're gonna go up there like you can come if you want to but we're gonna go up hike all the way up there we're just gonna take your gun and go up and uh, they're like, yeah, we found, found it right away. We had a bunch of birds flying in the air, a bunch of vultures and whatever else they got over there, crazy birds. And uh, found where his Ibex was. And they start stalking up on it, got to a close distance. And they took the first shot, missed. And oh, the other no. guy was, took, took another shot, missed. And the Ibex is now getting up, walking away. And the other guy's like, well, you, should, you shoot it. Maybe I'm you know, not shooting it correctly. Shoots it again, misses. They figured out it was shooting like a foot right all of a sudden.
0: Your dad's gun? My
2: dad's gun. Jeez. So finally they killed the ram, but it took him a bunch of shots because they finally figured out they had to aim way.
0: Yeah. So he was hurting bad. Like he wasn't getting away. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't moving around that
2: fast. But like the scary thing too, because like I said, blood and done. And my dad's gun had some issues on it. And it was a a distance that my dad's totally capable of shooting at it. And just the gun was just not right Hmm. from the travel. Terrible timing. the, The whole like pressure signs on the, on the ammo, like
0: not good. Got to have a little adversity on your dream hunt, though. You have to. Yeah, my day you was. Got to have
2: it. Was he bummed out? He was, he was bummed about that because he's like, I'm yeah. a, I'm a way better shot than this. I hate that these people think that you know my gun was off yeah. and maybe I wasn't prepared or whatever. But yeah. Like, he is very <coughs> dialed. It's <on coughs> Just terrible timing. Terrible timing. Yeah. And he didn't want we have time to change anything. So then you know I'm a, I'm out there driving around. All of a sudden we come across a giant herd of yak, and I'm like, stop the truck! I don't want to take a bunch of photos. of These yaks, yeah. these yaks are just like giant. You know, kind of like the size of bison. Look like a, basically like a cattle, but they have giant horns. Super cool. Took a bunch of pictures of these yaks walking around. That's cool. And uh, so we went through a big, like, little shepherd camp area. <laughs> all these little communities were driving through. We stopped and talked to one of the guys, gave him a bunch of food again, and kept driving through. Went up this big, nasty mountain range, because, again, we're just hunting the Ibex. Getting way up in this basin. And uh, all of a sudden we're driving, and I'm like, stop the truck. Look out. I'm like... Those are wolf tracks, right? Because they're pretty small looking to me. But, like, oh, yeah, there's all, all wolf tracks. Because, like, there's no coyotes in Tajikistan. Yeah. So, I'm like, sweet, there's wolves up here. But, like, obviously they look like they're day old. Keep driving up, the, driving up this nasty freaking two-track road. Like, I'm like, where's the road? Like, oh, it's a road right here. We're just driving up deadheads all over the place again. It's
0: so wild to think <laughs> just,
2: that. Yeah, it is. We get by this, like, so old, old shepherd hut that had, like, these old concrete walls. Obviously no one lives in them anymore. And there's just deadheads stacked up on this, like, retaining wall thing ibex just, uh, there was a b- couple ibex but it was mainly all just rams okay just probably 10 of them Wow. Uh, all over the place drive up a little bit further i was like wolf and they're like what i'm like yeah wolf right in front of us It was like four or five hundred yards away i'm like i want to shoot that thing single well no there's two of them i should back up though a little bit before that i did spot some ibex on this mountain mm-hmm. and we put the spotter on them and it was five ibex and they were all very big mature ones so then we spotted the wolves, and I was like, I want to shoot them right now. And they're like, these Ibex are really good. Like, if these wolves go to the right basin, away from these Ibex, and we see them again, sure. But right now, they want to go after the Ibex. And I'm like, all right, I'm not one to question my guides. Like, yeah. Yeah, I want to shoot a wolf badly, but they really want to go after these Ibex. So let's go up and try to get these Ibex. So, of course, the wolves run to the left, the opposite direction where the they can go. We start driving a little bit. All of a sudden, the truck stops working. <laughs> Just stops working. I guess there's something wrong with the fan or the belt or something like that. So, it's not there. like one of those vehicles out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. So all of a sudden I start wrenching on. I grabbing some parts out of the back and I'm like, "Wow, they're really doing this." And as the guy, as the driver's up on top of the truck, he just has you know big old cigarette lit right in front of the <laughs> smoking a dart out there. Yeah, just, just burning a classic. Heater. Getting out of the truck, he fixes everything. Luckily, and the other guide was off walking around looking to, for ibex and uh so those ibex that we saw were up on that mountain and they were still there so we drove the truck up a little bit parked he's like all right just grab your gun grab your essentials again put i already had my over on so we start hiking up the mountain and it's just straight up like crazy like elevation just right up to the snow and obviously both of us were breathing hard. we're stopping a lot taking breaks get up a little bit higher all of a gonna we'll see some you some like uh, nannies and uh, i'm like oh there the ibex are but we can't see any of the billies like, where are they at? We keep moving up a little bit higher. We're starting to hide behind this one boulder for probably 30, 40 minutes because this one Ibex is, it's like, a smaller. Got gotcha, pegged? Smaller, just looking right at us. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And it was, like, 500 yards away, but we're pegged. Got to hang out here for a while. And, again, that's what's really cool about these guys, knowing when to stop, when to wait. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're just going to wait them out. As we're sitting here waiting, I look down the basin, and two little dots are walking down the basin on the on this ice. Wolves. Wolves. They're coming back down the drainage towards us. Hmm. And I ranged it. And I'm like, dude, these wolves right now are 450 yards away, straight down the mountain, like literally straight down the bottom. I turned to my guide. and I was like, how big are these Ibex again? He's like, yeah, they're they're good. I'm like, are they giant, giant? Yeah, like. Like absolute giant. Mm-hmm. He's like, no. I'm like, can I shoot one of these wolves right now? And he's like, you really want to shoot a wolf? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't care at all about the Ibex right now. I want to shoot one of those wolves. Yeah. And he's like, all right, we've been sitting here for a while. Like. Sure, if you want to try to shoot one of those wolves, get on the gun, shoot the wolf, instantly grab the gun, turn it around, and we'll see if those ibex are like some rock cliffs area that are close to us so we just can't see them. So I get down. I'm literally laying straight down the mountain, trying to shoot down to the bottom. These wolves are on this ice band. I recorded on my phone a little bit walking across the ice. They're just like milling around, must be hunting or whatever. Finally, one of them comes walking over and beds down by a boulder. And so the one's way behind it walking around. I'm like, yeah, they both look about the same size. Maybe the one that's standing up is a little bit bigger but they're both walking around, or the, the one was walking around. The one was bedded. I ranged it 291 yards. Ooh. I was like, oh, my gosh. Get get on my gun as fast as I can and comfortable. Obviously, it was bedded all the time in the world. Super windy again, coming down the canyon. Had to take my, my wind meter out again, grab the wind, figure out where I need to hold, or I dialed, getting ready to do it. he's like, all right, remember, shoot the wolf, turn around, get the gun ready. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be wild. Uh, he so doesn't
1: want you to shoot this wolf real he, bad he really
2: didn't want me to and yeah. like they have a thing too about wolves where i think it's maybe some religious thing or like they, no one wanted to touch a wolf at all either like they were really sketched out about touching it like make me wash my hands after the fact of all this but really i'm jumping into it but anyway i get on the gun laying down i'm like this one wolf the one wolf that's walking comes right next to that one i'm looking at them both i'm like well the one standing that wolf's been walking around all the time and it's kind of fidgety the one that's bedded down looks nice and easy so I had a dial. I just touched it off. I heard it smack. And he's like, wolf didn't move. Grab the gun, flip it around. So I barely even got to soak up. I just killed the wolf. Yeah. And I'm turning my gun around looking for the Ibex. And Tajikistan,
0: he killed the wolf.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. And then these Ibex are, now they, they got up at least five billies. And they're walking up the mountain. He's like, all right, yeah, the third one. one from the back. And I'm like, I got to range. Yeah. And I got to get my gun settled and lay down. And it was like 550 yards. So I'm like, I have to make sure I am dial. rock solid. Yeah. I can't be just like shooting here. This isn't like a 200-yard shot i Ibex are walking up. All of a sudden, this big, giant gust of wind comes by and totally whitewashes out where those Ibex are. And he's like, you see the one that's standing there? That's the big one. And I'm like, no, it's whited out in my scope right now. And I'm getting a bunch of wind blasts too and snow flying. And, of course, the Ibex just get away. Over the top? Over the top. But, like... To are
0: suppressors that, legal over there? I doubt
2: they are. I doubt. You could probably travel with yeah, I them doubt all the
0: way that. over there through all the other airports you got to go yeah.
2: through. So I had a wolf down. But the problem was, right after I touched that shot off on the wolf, the other one just stood there. And I literally could have just. Put another one in and, and shot both. Shot both of them. The other one just stood there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I had to, you know, throw the gun over and turn around. The other. Is side. Is there
1: no no tags? No. It cost
2: one. it cost me a thousand nine hundred bucks. Okay, but.
0: So it's just like a like a running total kind of a thing sure. on wolves, not necessarily. Yeah. You can shoot as many as you yeah, walk. Yeah. you can yeah.
2: shoot the same thing with ibex too. You can keep shooting ibex as long as you want to keep paying. And can, really? And you can
0: <laughs> human arcade or the <laughs> the adult arcade right there. Duck hunter.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I, so I had a freaking I, for a freaking wolf down on the bottom of the mountain, and I'm like ecstatic and he's like yeah the ibex got away like yeah he was bummed out they just didn't really like they understand how exciting it is for probably us to like shoot a wolf wolf. yeah and and like he did say like yeah you just you just saved like 30 sheep and i was like what do you mean he's like yeah they they kill a lot of sheep every single day these wolves do like they're a lot smaller like they are like just a little bit bigger than a you know big coyote like maybe my wolf was maybe 60 70 pounds Hmm. like it was not not a big wolf by any means but that's just the size that they are. Like, they're crazy colored, too. They're not like our wolves at all. Do they see them fairly frequently? Yeah, they see them quite a bit.
0: Didn't you tell me they don't like
2: the wolves? Yeah, they want to get, want to get rid of them. But, like, they're really weird. About. Yeah, you told me this. So when I walked down there, I was touching the wolf or whatever. Like, those 208 Barnes bullets put a giant hole in the exit wound. So I hope they can repair because I'm just going to get a hide. Yeah, just it. Yeah, mm-hmm. just tan it. And I'm like looking at the teeth and stuff like that, looking at the paw, touching it, all that. And I'm like, "All right, we're we gonna load it in the truck." And like, "No, we're not putting it in the truck." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "We're gonna put in this little basket outside the truck." Like they didn't want it inside the vehicle with us. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's telling. I, I told Did him to s- save it for this, but like.
2: Did you skin it out or load it whole? No, it's loaded whole.
0: They don't want to touch him. They don't.
2: Yeah. So we so to skip ahead, when we got back to camp later that night, I was touching the wolf, taking pictures of my dad, and I went back inside. They're like or I was outside the skinning shack, and they're like, wash your hands right now. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, go wash your hands and wash them twice and maybe wash them three times. He's like, do you think it's a disease they issue? They think they have diseases, uh, stuff like that. Or gotcha. Like, they're just like, yeah, they're, they're nasty. And like they also notice like we're not taking the wolf into the skinning shack. They're not going to take it into the normal skinning shack. They're going to go to a different shack and skin it out. And like the guys are going to wear big, giant gloves, and they kind of like don't really like hmm. touching them and skinning them. So I wonder if it's like some of these people, too, if it is a religious thing, or what's yeah, going on. or something about
0: it, I don't. Know. Yeah, it's. I've handled
2: a million coyotes with you know mange and nasty of stuff before, and like hmm. I get it, maybe it's part it's of like it. A thing to them, or just what they.
0: It's got to be a cultural. I don't know something different over there.
2: Yeah, and so I, I killed my wolf, and we're still going to go ibex hunting. So all those ibex are gone. We drove out of there, and went to a new area. Saw some more ibex again. More ibex spooked and got away. And finally, we've gotten this one area where we had a big Ibex spotted from a long distance away and it was the only male in there and it was a giant looking Ibex at that distance and it was a bunch of, you know, females all around it. It's like all right, we're gonna we're gonna try to see if we can drive the truck close, get below the mountain. They're on this other hill behind the mountain so we can stay hidden. And I'm like, all right, we'll park the truck and hike up. I'm like, no. They're gonna drive the truck up again. <laughs> Which is, like, their whole style. Like, they just want to drive the truck up as far as they can well, before we get out. it's probably got a heater, right? Yeah. yeah it's, it's always cold. Out of the wind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we start driving on this mountain. I'm like, I wish we could stop right now. And I just want to stalk and shoot this thing. Because, like, they're calm. Like I said earlier, every time we spot an Ibex, they spook super easily. Like they're on edge all the time.
0: That's crazy. And so we're I mean, they must not see anything. It's weird they'd be that that skittish so we're kind
2: of behind the mountain where they can't see us but i'm like they can hear us it's windy like the wind's coming again from the right to the left and we're driving up and you know the wind might echo through this canyon or whatever and we're just going up in low gear all the way to the top finally we park and i'm like now can we hike and he's like yeah now we can hike so i'm like now we're finally getting out and hiking so i hiked up a little bit saw saw the ibex he's like all right we started crouching low lay down this one little ridge and it was one of those ridges too that's perfect how it's like just lays over yeah. so i can get perfectly sloped on there, over yeah set mm-hmm. my bipod up i range it it's at 620 It's obviously the only big one in there and he's like take it whenever you want and the downside is we didn't have my spotter so we couldn't get, digital get it, scope. yeah
1: is there any question about distance with those guys to the hunter i mean did they ever talk to you about like hey this is what we feel comfortable with as far as they, distance? They, they,
2: they said expect long shots when you're there Like that's kind of the name of the game unless you want to you know, work it closer. But I told them earlier, like I am comfortable,
1: and and I guess with the policy of blood and done, blood and done, it to doesn't them, matter it to them. It matters yeah. not. So is
2: yeah. right. they knew if I'm comfortable with it, they're okay with me taking. It. I told them like, I can take this shot right now. Gotcha. And uh, so it was all. I laid down. I had some. T- I had a lot of time to dial in for the first shot. I could grab the wind again. I get comfortable. I'm laying in the snow. Got my rear S set up. Got my front bipod dialed. Levelled the gun. Execute and what i thought was an absolute perfect shot and all i saw i could watch it in the scope which is why i love having heavy gun again with a big mm-hmm. nasty break i could watch that bullet impact and that ibex pancaked to the ground just pancaked hell yes perfect shot that's awesome and three for three yeah <laughs> you yeah, three for three now <laughs> at this point and and that's, that's day two and so pancake to the ground. Get up. God, day start- two, you got all three. We're starting to celebrate. We're doing all this. I'm like, I'm going to go back down to the truck. I'm going to try to get my cell phone. I want to get my camera. I want to take pictures of my gun and the setup and mm-hmm. the mountains in the background. All of a sudden, I start going back there. And like maybe five, 10 minutes had gone by. And he's like, Ibex is head's up. I'm like, what? Like, no joke. Good amount of time had gone by. Ibex's head's up. And he's just like laying there, head up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'll shoot him again. Like I just got, my gun is literally sitting in the exact position. Rear rest is all dialed. I just made that shot the first time. Mm -hmm. I'll make it again. Like maybe my bullet drifted a little bit different because of the wind. And maybe I hit him, you know, front of the shoulder instead of right where I wanted to, but he pancaked to the ground, just pancaked. And they're like, no, let's hop in the truck and drive a little bit closer. And this is again, these guys are experts at what they do and i am a guest in yeah. their area so i really it's one of those things that baby should have voiced my concern a little bit more and like no i'm going to shoot this animal again because i am comfortable at sh- that's an easy shot for me and like no we're gonna hop in the truck so i've trusted my guide in this which i think you always should do and really shouldn't question yourself when you're in their area their hunting train like yeah well let's hop in the i truck. i entirely agree they're like we'll hop in the truck we'll loop back down get a little bit get a little bit closer and then you could just take a shot. He's not going to go anywhere. He pancaked him. He's been laying there for a long time. He's yeah. Maybe you hit him high and broke his spine. He's just laying there. We No joke, drove 50 yards in the truck. Ibex gets up, starts freaking just walking up the mountain.
1: I'm
3: just,
2: at this point, crushed.
1: Do you it, have any indication of where he's hit at that point?
2: I think, like I said, it might have been front of the shoulder, kind of that neck area. But it did something to pancake him. Hmm. Dropped him to the ground. Like It wasn't moving. And I'm like... What is going on? They kept saying like how tough ibex are. Like ibex are way tougher than a sheep. Like they have the will to live and they live in the. I got tournament. a buddy who's
0: killed a lot of ibex. A lot that T J Sanchez and he oh, yeah. says yeah, J. he J. says beast. they are unreal tough. Mm-hmm.
1: Really,
2: and they're big body. Unreal too. tough.
1: How big? Like how bigs an ibex over there?
2: Bigger than a mule. There still.
1: Really? Yeah. What's like, a, what's what species do you know? Like as far as ibex. I mean, th- it's this is a
2: mid Asian uh, mid Asian. Uh, Ibex premieres, what they okay. call it. They just recently reclassified them on November 24th. They actually, incl- Tajikistan's Ibex look totally different because they have these like patches on the back. So they're big, size they're big. of a mule there. <laughs> I think size of a mule there, yeah. Like not like tall, they have shorter legs, but sto- big stocky bodies. Gotcha. Huh. And so my Ibex is freaking walking up the mountain. And I'm just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Like, I literally could have killed this thing. I'm kind of getting like frustrated, honestly, because like, What's
0: bugging Brady episode right there <laughs> yeah. in the moment. I know my gun. <laughs> I
2: know I can lay down and make that shot again, and then we'd be done. Yeah. Now my Ibex is walking away and And, and you don't know
1: if you're going to get it at and that blo- point. And,
2: like, the mountains in front of it are just straight up, and there's so many places this sucker could go. And so now we stop the truck. I get out, and they're, like, trying to rush me to do everything. It's like 800-some yards. So I'm, like, trying to get my gun all set up, take a shot. Obviously, I miss it because I'm in a rush. Yeah. you flustered. Yeah, and I'm trying to get range. And every time I'm getting to range – I have to continue to walk, Keep so moving. I have to, to rearrange again because yeah. at that distance, 10, huge. 10 15 Massive. yards yeah. is, is a lot of difference on my dope. And I also have to figure out what the wind is doing, and it's snow everywhere, so we're not able to see exactly where I'm hitting. like, give me an idea of where I hit so I can make a better shot. I have exceed walking up the mountain. I'm like, blood and done. That's all I kept thinking about. Yeah, that
1: would be really frustrating. And he's
2: walking up the mountain, and who knows what's on the other side. Is there yeah. an area we can go? Is it just sheer, everything nasty up there? And this is, I think, almost 15,000 feet here. Like, this is going to be crazy, like way up on tops, giant yeah. mountains. And this thing's just going up. And so now we just start hiking. He's like, What's this? we have to hike towards this thing. And I'm like, good. We're not in the truck anymore. We're yeah. hiking towards it. Finally get over there, get set up. It looks like the Ibex was bedded. I'm like, okay, that makes me feel good. I can just see his horns, though. I'm like, I can't shoot. We can't get any closer because if we get closer, it's going to make the Ibex lose the distance because we're getting too close to the mountain and won't be able to see him anymore. So like i just waited out all of a sudden a little bit of time went by ibex starts getting up and starts going down this little chute comes around this little chute i'm like he's like all right there it is and he's like telling me range because that's what he does but like i need to use my range finder because i have to grab all the atmospherics and get my dope so i can't do anything with that and i'm trying to get steady lose sight of him again i'm like oh my gosh like i have to make this happen finally a little there's like a two little big boulder areas like of a i don't know no little avalanche chute thing He's going to come right in between there. I grab the ranger there. The Ibex walks right through there. I can see his head, and he's slowing, slowing down. And finally, he stops, literally in the middle of the shoot. Couldn't have asked for a more perfect situation. Yeah. Enough time. He, d-
1: he did the thing that he, he needed to do.
2: Did, he, needed to do. He, already re- he already bedded once. He stopped there again. I'm laying down on my gun. I'm really comfortable. Got everything dialed now. I think I got the exact wind I need, exact dope. Another one of the most incredible shots of my life because I needed to do something here. How far? Thousand two hundred.
0: Holy shit. It was <laughs> holy uh-oh. shit.
2: Just a poke. And I'm like, I, I mean it, you got nothing to lose at this point. You yeah, got, he's one got one in him. him blood right? and done. because yeah. er, Earlier I'm rushed. And I can't yeah. I can't make a shot rush because I need You have your system. I have my system and I have to follow it. And this time I could fully get everything dialed in, bipod just ground in the ground, Rear rest is all steady. I'm barely putting any pressure on the gun because I'm just laying there perfect, touch it off. And I see his back legs kick up. i like, I hit him. You could hear it too. Like it's such a far shot, but I could yeah. slightly hear it. And I saw his back legs kick up and I'm thinking in my head, like, no animal, when they're just walking, is going to kick his legs up. If I miss him, he's not going to kick his back legs up. He did the whole like, yeah, bucking the, horse. The, the classic, yeah. Kick. yeah, kick out, the mule and, like, kick, I hit him. Yeah. And then he, of course, goes behind that next little cliff area, and we lose sight of him. And we're like, all right, well, we can't go to the right a little bit; we won't be able to see past that little. Cut did where they he's have at.
1: eyes on him at all when you shot? They did, but they it was such did a far
2: distance. It was bi- they only had binos. Yeah, at that that's ways. And so I saw I saw it kick in my scope because again, my gun's so heavy, I it can I can watch mm-hmm. it, watch it impact at that distance. And I'm like, all right, he's behind that cut. He's like, we just got to back out now. And, like, we're not going to be able to go up there because we're, we're going to be in the dark. It's super sketchy up there. Like, so it's just before dark? Just before dark now. And now I'm on pins and needles. Yeah, I that bet. That sucks. And so it went from the best day of my life, killing a wolf. To high stress. To high stress situation. And I'm not very good. Like, I don't like leaving an animal. And I'm already, like, kind of upset at myself that I didn't voice my concern to shoot that shot. Yeah, when I yeah that you got that again. weighing on you for sure. So then, blood and done. Yep. And it's like, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like, you know, go back to camp, tell everyone the story, tell them about the wolf and all that stuff. And I shot something. And, you know, listen to my dad. He, you know, reassures me again. He's like, well, we found mine and yep. your shot sounds way better than what his shot was. And so we get up early the next day, drive all over there. And now this is finally like, we had a weather window that was really good. And later in the hunt was going to get nasty. That's also why they really wanted us to split up. Yep. Why? Makes out. sense. Complete whiteout. You could barely see the road in the morning. When we were driving. I'm like, how are we going to recover my ibex now? Now everything's going against me. It's gonna be buried. <laughs> yeah, and it snowed for how long last night? Mm-hmm. It's been snowing all morning. Completely, all the mountains are white. I like, can't see the road. Drive, keep driving. I'm like, how? I'm like, looking at myself. Like when I drive up mountains or hike in the mountain train, I'm always like, you know, looking at a map trying to navigate up there like know the turns and this is you can't see anything these guys are like oh turning here turning there like this driver knows exactly where to go to get oh i think it's a lost
1: skill i was telling my brother this the other like when i hunted in idaho with him i think there was a time in my life back before gps's when i paid a hell of a lot more attention yeah going to and from and i could tell you i walked past that rock and i would walk back past that rock in the dark and i could tell you exactly what a lot i think I think that's one of the things that technology is actually maybe, I mean, it's a good thing, but I think it's kind of taken away some of that base, base yeah, you know, that we used to have. The classic skill. The classic yeah. skill,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. of being way more observational. Yep, I totally agree.
2: And I don't know if it was that I couldn't see the mountains because I was starting to get familiar with some of the terrain as we've been hunting the last two days and knew where we were at, but I was like, my gosh, this drive seems like it's taking forever because we're going mm-hmm. slower. I just want to get up on there. I want to put eyes on that mountain and try to find yeah. this Ibex. Finally, we get over there, and drive up to the same exact spot where I shot from. And miraculously, the storm is breaking. I'm like, w- "What is what going on? What is going yeah. on in the world right now?" The ibex last night stopped in the perfect spot. Like yeah. and now, now, you today, get a now, break in the, the s- weather. Breaking the weather, and the weather went away. It was like snowing a little bit, but the- you're
0: living right, or you're just getting. Some getting paid back for what you had to live with the first couple of days. <laughs> yeah, uh? the mountain. The m- <laughs> and the a life. bad hand. <laughs> yeah. Pun intended. So yeah, pun intended.
2: We uh, start hiking up there, and we keep glassing. Like, you can't see anything, can't see anything. We keep glassing super close. We finally get down below the chute where, you know, he was up there, and you can't quite see around that stupid little corner. Yeah. And uh, we're pulling for I binos. Like, I'm glassing everything, glassing everything, glassing everything. He's glassing everything. Shoga's glassing everything. And... And finally, he's like, I think I see something. I'm like, don't shit me right now. Yeah. Like, literally shoot me straight. And he's like, no, 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 no. Look up way up on top, like almost at the freaking top of the mountain. Look up right there. There's a big boulder. I'm like, yeah, I see that boulder. He's like, you see those other two small rocks? I'm like, yeah, I see the two small rocks. He's like, look right in between there. I'm like, what? I look up, like trying to focus everything. And I had 16 power binos, which did make it a little bit yeah. easier. And I could just see a horn sticking out of the snow. And that's what he saw. My, my, my Ibex was no laying up there shit, dead, huh? in the, dead in the snow. It, was that close to where you... It was probably 100 yards away. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little bit more because it was, it was a little bit uphill. So after I would shot, mm-hmm. he somehow must, might have went Made back out way up. In the open and then just the laid down The death run, yeah. So he was up there dead in the snow. Just, his whole, I was like looking at it, I was like, dude, his whole body is like buried in the snow. Like literally that horn. And a little bit of the back of it, the black part of his back is just showing. Like you can see that. But like... Hmm. It didn't snow Holy enough shit, to bury the whole man, thing, that but like, it buried a bunch of his body where it was just one horn. I wish I could have had my Good thing they got and, like, those horn go. shapes, huh? Yeah.
0: Was the
1: plan to go up there and start looking had you not glassed it up? We, we glassed it from the like, truck, and then
2: we were working. We, you were, we were go, going to go up there and comb it. Yeah, we're going to start hiking, and we're going to go all the way up. And, gotcha. And like, I had my – the guide, again, was carrying my gun, and I was like, you don't have to do that. Or like, I can – like, literally, <laughs> this is on, like, me right now because – Oh, we're going to give you
1: a lot of shit in the coming years. I know. Yeah, you know, be like, oh, don't go hunt with Brady. you got to carry his gun for him. Yeah, because it's 14
2: pounds. <laughs> So, yeah, like, seeing that IBEX, just a relief of, of thoughts and emotions flipped over me. and I was like, yeah, I'm I so bet. thankful that, you know, we spotted this. We, I, I made two shots on him. And then, and again, I'm, like, talking to Shorty. Like, I'll go up there. Like, we're a team. Like, we're literally a team right now. It's like, you guys are my brothers. Like, we're a team. I want to go up there. Band of brothers. I want to go up there and recover it. Yeah. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, I like <laughs> had this motivational thing. Like, we're a team. We're going to go up there yeah. together. And he's like, no, we're going to stay here. And I'm like okay <laughs> so all right all right cool. so shoga huh. went all the way up there and just drug it down in the snow and i, I, well, I forgot to there was actually uh one of the other guys had came with too on that day and so he went up yeah. there as well and uh they started dragging him down we're sitting there for like an hour and a half like it was no joke straight up i bet man and so was your guy, dad was he that day no because he, he wanted to go explore and possibly hunt wolves okay and so my dad wanted to go with, but he's like, if I'm going to go in that vehicle, and I'd rather have another guy go with who can hike up there and probably better eyes than my dad. Sure. And so he was like, I want to go with you. I really do, but if this other guy can go and get can go spot wolf hunting. And, yeah. Yeah, and go wolf hunting. Gotcha. And so, yeah, they went up there. It took them forever. And all of a sudden I started dragging it down. I could hear them and they're yelling back at each other. And all of a sudden they get to this one spot where there was literally like a big snowshoot. And I'm like, what are these guys going to do? Are they going to loop around? Which would yeah. be smart, like the easy way? They're going to they write, it, it? write it down. All of a sudden, they sent it down. I'm just like, sent it? <laughs> I got it. I, and, then, and Shorty's like, record this, record this. And I'm like, uh, I'm worried about this thing breaking because yeah. there's cliffs all the way down this thing. And this Ibex is coming down in the snow. Snow's flying everywhere. Boom, boom, like smacking its horns against rocks. I'm like, it's pinballing. I'm like, oh my gosh, that thing's broken. Like, they recovered it for me, and I'm very thankful for that. We can recover the horns because we'll probably be able to find them. But if it breaks right now, yeah, this is that's a whole different adding story. to another thing. And luckily, it didn't break. And I thought at one point I had to run out there and grab it because it was coming down fast down the mountain. <laughs> but it was uh, like, part of me was, you know, we got we had a lot more snow. had a lot more adventure side to it. You know, the stress was not needed, but... I got to take pictures in the most picturesque thing on Man, the side I of the bet. mountain, all that deep snow.
1: Yeah. We'll have to throw some pictures up because the pictures are pretty incredible yeah, for sure.
2: The valley, everything. And, and the problem is too, again, I blacked out here and forgot to take any video of my Ibex like on the ground and sitting there. Cause I'm just like trying to soak it up, take some pictures. And then they're always, they're always like wanting to, you know, hurry stuff yeah, down, but yeah. like. I didn't get a lot of good video of the Ibex on the mountain right where there. It the, uh, happens. Where I mean, when shot you're placement. in the moment. So the shot placement was front of the shoulder. So first all, one? First one was front of the shoulder. And it blew, again, like my dad's did, a giant hole in the back. Like, you could see muscle and bones everywhere. Like, just melted. Didn't like it kill looks it like the home. It didn't kill it right away. And the other shot was, I don't know, high, high like, towards the back area. But, like, hmm. it was probably, like, kicked up. But, like, all I want to do at that point is get yeah, it around get one, and one. Do it. And it's probably some of the wind stuff too, and it's thousand two hundred yards. Yeah, like, I mean, poke. just
0: to yeah, just to touch him at that far is that's pretty incredible. And
2: so ways. yeah, far, but I owed it to him to put another shot sure. to him, and he probably might have died with the first one. And who knows? But like, it made it it's easier.
1: It's your only option. You yeah. got one open. And you got, you got nothing to lose. Why not? And you yeah, have, you have the tools. You might as well.
2: So, just epic beyond belief. Everything I experienced up there, and like food, camp, everything. Those guides are, are amazing. Mountains are amazing. So what's what's travel like coming back as far as like getting your trophies? So we actually, so we, when we flew over there, we had we brought these like what they call trophy bags. They're just giant, like, I'm not sure what you would call them. Basically like those river type bags, you know, but like a pull closure on the top, mm-hmm. like, like a, that, like a dry bag, dry, kind of like a big dry mm-hmm. bag. Yeah, like a rubber ones, like rubberized ones. Mm-hmm. Like you just have having a raft or whatever, and we flew those over there, two bags because they told us we could take our Ibex back home because they don't require all the CITES permits and stuff. They do have a CITES permit, but not as extensive, I believe, as the sheep and the wolf. Mm -hmm. So we were actually able to, so every night they scun everything, did it a full body. I was gonna do a full body on my Ibex and a full body on my Marco. You get a full body of both of those? Yeah. I figured i have to do it justice because once I saw my Ibex, at first I was like, I'm just going to do a shoulder mount. Did you mount. get a pay raise?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's a taxidermy <laughs> bill right there. Holy shit.
2: Hey, man. When you're, when you're, you just got to soak up these I, I agree. Priorities, yeah, man. It comes this. back down I'm, to priorities. I'm just kidding. Yeah. See so yeah. once I saw the, the little patches, these, these Ibex have in Tajikistan on their backside towards their, like, butt area, yeah. that like, really defines what that's they really are. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that on a shoulder mount. I just figured they're they're gorgeous. They're absolutely so pretty of an animal, like the big old, you know, beard on the front. And so I was going to do full body on both of them. But uh, we could actually ship them back. So every night they scun them all. They actually had a little heated floor area because of the hot springs where Mm -hmm. they could salt it, do all the prep work, turn the ears, the nose, eyes, everything like that, salt it all and then dried everything. So we could just fold the hide up. And then they actually boiled all of our skulls, too, in the hot springs. Wow. So they have another little hot spring, but they call it just their skull pit. where they It gets
1: hot enough that they can... Huh. Yep,
2: so eventually they th- throw the around the Don't dip your toe in there, that one. Throw the ibex in there, and eventually it'll break apart that core, you know, yeah. so you can pull the horn off. Pull and the sheath. Mm-hmm. Dry everything out. So they got um, my skull plate and my ibex, and the horns were able to fly back home with. So you have those then? Yep. And when sheep? When sheep's going to be, like, they told me it could be a year for okay. all the permits, but I guess they said they just had a meeting with United States Fish and Wildlife Service, and tajikistan and actually united states apologized for how slow the process is and they're trying to speed that up they said you know they gave the excuse of covid and little things like that but it was always slow before but they said they're working on making that process everyone uses that excuse still right yeah so hopefully it could be six months huh and i don't have them here in vegas right now otherwise i'd be showing you guys but like because i'm going to get them a tax term in southern minnesota my dad has a really good tax term so he's done a bunch of his africa stuff
1: Did they do anything they don't have, they don't plug those sheep or anything like that like they do I'm here. i'm not
2: honestly sure. I hope they do because I kind of I think that's kind of cool. The plugs plug awesome. Back. I love having those
0: plugs. Yeah, it's yeah. part
2: part of the process here in the Lower yeah. Forty Eight. Yeah. So do they
1: plug Alaskan sheep. Mm-hmm. They do.
0: Yep. You got to go check it in and get it plugged. Same same yep. process. Same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's
2: a little bit nerve wracking to, you know, trust that everything's going to go right with my hide. It's not. It's all salted and everything, but just make sure it stays in a good environment and nothing chews on it or whatever bugs get in it or, whatever it could be, and everything just makes it back safely because. You know, I have photos, I have the memories, but, like, I want to admire that animal for us. That's your art
0: life. piece. It's like my, my dad, you can either go buy art or you can create it yourself. And if yep. you're not an artist, this is, like, our version of it, that's right? why like this pretty is, much every single mule deer I yeah, kill that's, yeah. you know, over a mature age. Art is what you draw out of it. And if it's something that you have gone through and have, you know, that intimate relationship with of, like, the adventure and getting after it and all that, I mean, that's the best art piece you can ever create.
2: Yep. So it was... It's wild. I wish I could have taken my wolf back right away, but there were some studies permits for that too. So I had to wait on my wolf. Yeah. Get I, my get my, my wolf took
0: a while.
1: Triple lifetime?
2: Absolute triple lifetime. Like I said, like you have expectations of what you're going to experience when you go over there and you've hyped yourself up, you know, for three full years. Once I fully realized we're doing this, been dreaming about it for a long time. My dad's obviously been dreaming about it for his whole life, but like to have it happen, how it did, I could have never dreamed it would have been like that. Cause like, my Ibex, you know, 43-inch Ibex, they say average is 36. Hmm. Ha- wow. Hammer of an Ibex. Yeah. Ibex is, yeah ten, no, Ibex is also 10 and a half years no old. kidding. Hmm. My dad's Ibex is 46 inches long. Whoa. Just an absolute cranker. Because, like, like, Kyrgyzstan is where they have the bigger Ibex. And so that's why you want to go to Tajikistan from Marco. And you you then go, go over, it. yeah, yeah. Like Kyrgyzstan Because yep. they have a different, they're like a slightly different species. Like, like, I think these ones are bigger-bodied but a little smaller horn. Are those but,
0: ones the Kyrgyzstan, the Himalayan? I I, don't know either. I don't know those species I had that screenshot from
2: TJ Sanchez that he posted to his Instagram before I got over there. I was looking at it, but I can't remember exactly. But to take, you know, all the animals we took were absolute giant animals, like above average and just super old. Like I took a 10 and a half old round. Like that's – Yeah, that's awesome. Like an amazing life.
0: That's badass to kill kill an animal that old anywhere, you know, anywhere, let alone on your once-in-a-lifetime like unreal –
2: yeah, the hunt. I just keep thinking too, like how cool would it be to see what that Marco has experienced in his life. Like, mm. was he ever in Afghanistan? Was he one of the ones that migrate over there? Because I've he a probably that saw some shit over. in
0: Afghanistan. <laughs> I can tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> ten years. To, what would you say? Twelve years? Ten and a half. Ten and a half years of
1: twenty.
0: He's 20, seen some shit. Twelve for sure. Yeah.
1: What would you tell people about uh, like adventure style hunting? Like, what? What do you? What did
2: you bring home from that? You got to do it whenever you can, man. Like. Yeah, it's super expensive. Like, that's the biggest hurdle. And the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fortunate that, you know, you guys gave me the time to yeah. go over there because, like, that's pretty crazy, too. Like, but, like, you only have one life. And I, this is how I want to live my life is just hunting. Like, everyone knows how I you know, I don't do anything else. I save money out as much places as I can. Like, I cut off all hobbies. Like, I can validate
0: I'm, that, man. You, you, that is genuinely true. Like, you I, don't spend money elsewhere.
2: I'm a hunter. Yeah. And that's what I want to do. Like I've said before, like if I wasn't hunting, I'd be some crazy like mountaineer person because I love mountains and that adventure. And like, yeah, there's amazing places in the U S but I had never been outside of North America before. And yeah, I'm fortunate to do it at 36, finally leave North America and mm-hmm. do something like this. And now it's like to do that. And that was the top of my bucket list. I don't know where I'd go from here, but it's like
0: blue sheep, di- Russia.
2: I, I really want a tur.
0: Tur. That would be, be awesome. Sick,
2: yeah. But like you just, Gosh, it's the adventure side, like seeing all the culture, the food, the people. Like everyone's so nice, and it's not as dangerous as people say it is. Like I looked it up before, like deaths per capita, or whatever, of Afghanistan compared to United States. Like there's some places in the U.S. that are lots. It's all it's all relative.
0: And, the, whenever you know going down to Mexico, you, you hear all this shit. You hear all the, everyone talk. It's all relative. Like I can tell you, where is dangerous in Las Vegas? Yeah, Equally as dangerous. I can tell you, go downtown Chicago. When yeah. I was in Philadelphia, if I went a couple streets north, it was like game on. It yeah. it's all relative, right? It's just there's certain ways to travel and do it and but it's it's way kinda more, stay away from it.
1: I think there's a hell of a lot more I mean, I don't know what the, what's the saying? Something about uh you know, like an unlived life is simply essentially, oh, yeah. essentially is more I mean, I I would rather put myself in some of those situations and having have experienced some things yeah. than Than just, like, sit around and fear death, you know, or fear fear
2: something bad happening.
0: I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's like, rather die with memories, you know, in my life. And, like, this is how I choose to live my life. And I hope, you know, maybe listening to stories, and I'm trying to do a bunch more gear stuff, and I'm trying to do a lot more content around this time because it is so special that maybe inspires someone to... Want to do one of these hunts because it literally is almost life changing. Like, yeah, oh, I think it I, is. When I come back here now, it is it's like I have a whole new I, perspective on everything. Like, I've been to the top of the world, I was 7,311 miles away from home. Like, that's
0: <laughs> that is pretty wild. That's it, really wild, actually.
2: mind blowing to me. Like, what else is out there in this world? And I barely scratched the surface on it. And I love everything here, but it's like the international thing once you do it once, it's my gosh is international pretty, is pretty incredible pretty amazing especially what they do with wildlife and how they manage everything over there and how it, everything does revolve and like a small place like that revolve around hunting hunting gets
0: it creates its own infrastructure it's wild yeah. mm-hmm. it's wild yeah yep.
2: well cool we're glad we're glad to have you back definitely Could glad you to back. have him back We has got to find a place in this office for some new mounts coming up we'll, we'll find them
0: We'll definitely yeah, find I it. a full, full body. body. I I'm never, I'm never worried about that. We'll, we will definitely find it.
2: Yeah, yeah a full body will take up some space so, Yeah, the story's pretty crazy it was really long but I mean it's so much to talk about and it's I worth could probably it, go into more details you guys know me I'm a detail oriented guy so
1: yeah I mean we. I mean, if you want to we can release this in one or two it doesn't matter to me yeah. I just I think it's cool it's cool to sit awesome. and just hear the whole story I mean I'm genuinely all in one piece yeah Yeah, genuinely really fascinated by I mean and the reason I asked that question is like you know what did you learn or what would you pass on to people that's been my experience I mean anytime I've ever done any kind of hunt like that you know Alaska even a different state it, it changes your perspective i mean it really does open up just so much more possibilities i think it just it's a great thing and i would highly encourage everybody to do it and start looking get outside your box yeah exactly yeah, because tomorrow, the,
2: tomorrow is never
1: guaranteed
0: in yeah. life no it's just not and like you said even if it's the alaska or even uh, the alaska thing or even if it's you know two states over just something entirely different from what mm-hmm. you're used to Yep, hunting the plains somewhere hunting you know big mountain stuff if you are from the plains like it just completely changes everything
1: yep it's yeah. it's a good thing to do well good deal we appreciate it Thanks for
2: letting me blab for a while. No, you're
0: that good. Was man. Awesome. That I was awesome. I loved hearing
2: it that all was super in one, cool. one. I still, seat. since you're here, Trail, I do owe you a lot of photos. So I'm gonna probably show you a bunch of photos on the computer because yeah, it's literally it. endless. I like, want to see the kill shot I Yeah, I've Marco. only ever seen a few. I do yeah, want to see, see the kill shot. Like, I wanna see the kill shot. Th- even the dri- like I said, driving those roads. Like I got so many pictures of you know vehicles and giant semis coming back because yeah. that road leads to China. So like cool, just all the cool things you see like when you're out there trying to document it all. Let's go
0: eat some food and look at some videos. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Thanks. See you, you everyone.